Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Just in time for my bronchial lungs, it's time for the Cigar and Beer Show yeah. uh, right here on the session. I'll cure you. Perfect. Yeah. I'm on antibiotics finally for it, too. I did really? to do the whole thing. Aren't you not supposed to drink on those? That's fine. I looked no. it up. It's all right. All right, good. You know, they said some side effects may occur. None of them were very serious or yeah. bothered me. Problem, uh, most of them are probably uh, less worse than what you have already. Exactly. You know. They said there were things like bloody stool. Have it. Uh, yeah. There weren't. There really wasn't anything I don't already have. Right? Pain in the liver area. Yeah. Maybe weeping of the eyes. The bruising in the groin. Oh. All stuff I have. Or pay for. Right. So I yeah. thought, it's fine. Right. I'll be all right. Sure. No, it's actually, it's, a, it's, it's uh, I don't know, some stupid five-day uh, antibiotic. They said it's fine. I, they did. Have, I have some other. I have some weird skin things happening though. Uh, I have a lot of issues right now. Most yeah. of them are a little disgusting. You want to talk about them? So when I was there for the cough, they brought down the dermatologist too. Apparently, it was serious. Oh, and uh, she's like, "Yeah." So she wants to put me on this stuff, and I don't remember what it is. But she said, "You know, it's pretty heavy stuff, and you can't you can't drink while you're on it. That that you can't drink." And I said, "Oh, well, that's all right. You know, how long are we talking here?" And she said, "Oh, like five or six months." What? You gotta be on this stuff. Oh, sorry, B. There you go. Is it Accutane? Mm, maybe something like that. And I thought I went. I was like, you know, trying not to look like an alcoholic. So I said, 
I said, well, you know, uh, my job is in the alcohol industry. I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to drink. I, I have to drink beer for a living. Yeah. And both my doctor and the dermatologist are there, and they're like, wow, what? we thought we had good jobs. What? <laughs> what's your gig? So they were real excited about my gig. And uh, anyway, they were like, yeah, well, we don't know if we could put you on the stuff. Then you might have to just deal with the skin problem. Forget about it. That's what I said. Fuck you it. Know? I've been fine so far. I'll just keep, yeah. just keep putting preparation H on it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You got a permanent way out of taking those now. Just I mention do. that every time. Yeah. yeah. Say, listen, gotta have the skin problem. What can I do? I wonder why on certain medications and stuff you can't drink. Like, why on a topical because, cream? Can't well, you drink? this wouldn't be. No, this was it's, it's an, an ingestible. Oh. It's and basically the difference is whether or not your liver has to process the uh, the medication mm-hmm. because uh, in most medications your your liver does have to process, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to painkillers and things like that. Uh, they're they're narc- if it's a narcotic, it certainly goes through your liver. And, and and some other, just depending on how intensive the medication is, uh, it, it's hard on your liver. You, essentially, they have, you know, they give it to you in a dosage that your liver can handle. But it's at the maximum that your liver can handle. So if you add to that with alcohol or drugs or whatever uh, else that your liver has to process, now it's over what your liver can handle, and they, they become concerned about that sort of thing. Oh. Justin channeling Dr. Drew. How do you like that? <laughs> I know my stuff. Uh, narcotic and uh, hydrocodone. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where I, I'm. I'm actually fairly well versed in in uh, in like I don't know what you would call personal medicine because I haven't had healthcare. <laughs> I think they in, call it dope. That's the official. <laughs> well, that, well, I haven't had healthcare in 15 years, and even before that. You know, my family, you go to the, we're pretty healthy, so you go to the doctor for whatever's ailing you, like this cough, yeah. and they tell you what you know anyway. Right. They say, oh, you know, you need to eat some vegetables and rest. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> I just paid you $300 for that, you know. Right. So I've become pretty, ad- not that there aren't times that doctors are important, but be- I've become pretty adverse to even going to the doctor because they rarely tell you something that you don't know. Now I'm not advocating that you don't go to the doctor, folks at home. I mean, it's I'm, it's different. I wouldn't say I don't want you to end up with colon cancer because I told you not to go to the doctor. But they rarely tell you something new. And even this time when I went, I, I had this cough now for over two weeks with no other symptoms. Right? There's no sniffy nose. There's no sore throat. So that means it's not a virus. It's a bacteria. Right. If it's a virus, you have everything else. The doctor's just going to say, you know, take yourself some Theraflu and go to bed. Uh, so I went in, she, you know, I went in knowing I was going to get antibiotics, basically. She said, yeah, you know, you don't have any other symptoms, it's probably bacteria, here you go. Plus, I told her I'm going to the desert for five days, uh, seven days, actually, to do nothing but drugs and breathe in, you know, very fine dust. More right. bacteria. For my lungs. So I said, you know, you need to, you need to clear this up quick. <laughs> so put me on one of those five-day, get rid of everything. Horse packs. pills, yeah. Mm-hmm. Neutron bomb. Mm-hmm. And now I'm soaking it in beer. You'd be the healthiest guy in the room. I will be. Except for the cigars we just had to smoke before the show oh, to prepare. What an awful job. Yeah, you were forced. I know. I hate it. It's I'm actually really pissed. So today's show, I'm actually excited about it despite the state of my lungs. I wish that we could end the show early and I can go chill out and smoke cigars for the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. But probably probably shouldn't do that. 
Um, but I am excited about this. We're doing a cigar and craft beer pairing slash tasting slash education show today. And we've got a uh, friend of Scott's, his cousin, I believe, actually, but uh, friend of the show. Uh, Brian Berman is, is on the show with us today. Welcome, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And Brian Berman is going to be our cigar expert for the day. He's going to te- uh, you know, answer our questions, tell us everything we need to know, because I, I don't know shit about cigars. Um, so I'm hoping to learn something tonight. I do know that I enjoy them. Uh, usually while golfing with the whites right. is when I have a cigar. Or very late at night when I probably shouldn't be doing anything except going to bed. You know, they allow blacks on golf courses nowadays. Is that right? Tiger Woods broke the whole color barrier. Not of the ones we go to. He's not really black, though. That's true. He's Capalasian. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. You have to specify that you golf with whites. I mean, I golf with the whites. Chris and Mike White. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I only golf with the whites. Brian is actually a, sound good. a certified, like, uh, he's the Cicerone of cigars. What I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a certified tobacconist through Tobacconist University, yeah. which is uh, the forefront in uh, basically cigar and, and tobacco certification and things like that. So he's like an official, he like officially knows what he's talking about. Is that uh, right? I, I yeah. at least passed the test, so I, you know, <laughs> listen, I don't know yeah. how official I am. And I what's the organization that you work for as well? Uh, my organization is called Cigar Rights of America. Okay. And, uh, you know, we are uh, basically we're the political lobbying organization that's working in all 50 states uh, on everything cigar, premium cigar related. And so that's uh, taxation of cigars, smoking bans, FDA regulation, anything that has to do with uh, protecting our enjoyment, basically, to just sit back and have a cigar. Got it. I like this because we always deal in the, in the beer world with kind of neo-prohibitionist and yep. things like that. and. Yeah. You know, nicotine's really under attack in the last 20 years in America. And some of that I, I, I agree with. Although I don't agree with, with banning anything. I'm not, I'm not for helmet laws. I'm not even for seatbelt laws. I think that people, if they're retarded, should be allowed to uh, be retarded. And uh, I consider it a form of, um, I consider it Mother Nature ridding us of morons. Yeah, Darwinism. Um, right. And so I'm the same with cigarettes and things like that. I'm, I'm happy in California to be able to go to a bar and not have to breathe other people cigarettes yes but i'll say this when they banned cigarettes in california i was a smoker and i couldn't imagine i i don't why the hell would someone want to go to a bar if they can't sit there and have a cigarette at the same time it seems stupid to me but now i get it and when i go to other states where it's allowed uh i i hate it because for one i can't breathe and then i come out of there smelling worse than i already do yeah uh, which that's hard to do and then, you know, so I like that you have to go outside and do these things. But the point I'm making yeah. is I still believe in cigar rights. I would never, I, I, I would hate a day that I couldn't uh, go to the store and buy a pack of cigarettes or a cigar or, right. or anything else I wanted to do. Or you only had to smoke it in your house. Right. You couldn't go outside. You couldn't go to the park. Like in Berkeley. Yeah. If right. you owned a restaurant, you couldn't designate a patio to smoke. Right. Well, yeah. let, let me just say, if I could, you know, you did what 90% of people do, and you went and put cigars and cigarettes right into the same okay. category right away. So I think it's important we, we kind of differentiate on that. And then oh. also, you know, you're talking about not being able to smoke, you know, in your house, your backyard, Calabasas, California, arguably the strictest smoking ban in the entire country. It's illegal to smoke in your own backyard. Any city streets, basically the entire city is smoke-free. Wow. Yeah, so basically, you know, if you want to roast a pig or you want to have a barbecue or a bonfire in your backyard and that wafts over to your neighbor, you're good. You fire up a cigar, uh, they can actually call the uh, law enforcement on you. And really? Where is that at? This is Calabasas, California. It's, it's, it's like a Southern suburb California. of LA. Got it. Wow. Yeah. 
Now, now, why why are we separating cigars from cigarettes? Well, I think, and I think it has to, you know, similar to the the craft beers, is premium hand rolled cigars, which is the industry that that I work for and represent. These are handmade products with no additives, no preservatives, uh, very little nicotine uh, in them, and and it's really it's an artistry. And so, uh, you know, cigarette the industry itself has said that cigarettes are nothing more than a nicotine delivery device. Right. Uh, you won't find. I have never come across somebody that says I need to go out on my smoke break and fire up a cigar and get a fix. Sure. Uh, it's a social, uh, you know, agenda. You can sit down there with the guys and solve all the world's problems. Um, it's something that you want to enjoy. The cigars are very complex. You have, you know, five years from the time you plant the cigar seed, the, the tobacco seed, to the time you actually have that cigar in your hand before it's ready to smoke. And you have over 200 hands that have handcrafted this. No machines. There's no chemical baths. None of that stuff. Okay. All right. I'll accept that. Totally. I'm right? fine with that. Well, it, it falls in line with uh, homebrew and craft brew, right? Yep. Absolutely. If cigarettes are uh, Bud Light, then uh, yes, cigars are your uh, you know Belgian style triples. I'll accept that yeah. also. All right, so that's what we're doing today. We're going to be talking to Brian Berman. We've also got uh, Pete Johnson will be on the line with us in just about uh, thirty minutes from now. And Pete Johnson is relatively new in the cigar world, as I understand, and he's um, I guess he's been making a lot of waves. So we'll find out uh, about Pete when we come back. He's got a great uh, cigar out. It won Cigar of the Year in two thousand nine. His company is Tatuaje. Tatuaje. Uh, oh, Tatuaje. Thank you. And uh, we actually had one of his cigars here before mm-hmm. the show, so we'll be talking about that and. And Pete can talk to us about uh, how his cigars are made. And uh, I, I kind of want to know the difference between, you know, foreign tobacco and, and, and United States tobacco and why it is that, uh, you know, Nicaraguan and, and Cuban cigars are so sought after. And hopefully Pete can kind of talk to us about that because I, I think that he uses uh, mostly or if not all Nicaraguan uh, tobacco in his cigars. Yeah, that's correct. And, okay. and he can give you more of that. Good. So we'll be talking to Pete in just a little while. So the deal is today, if you've got uh, cigar questions, feel free to ask those. It doesn't all have to be beer today because Pete's going to really talk to us about cigars. And then we're going to move over into uh, pairing cigars with beer because it's kind of a, as I just learned before the program, it's really a nice experience and it's just another facet of enjoying craft beer. So if you've got questions about how to pair them and maybe what kind of beers you would like to to brew on your own to go with cigars Mm -hmm. or things like that, we'll take those too as Brian helps us through the the pairing beer and uh, learning more about cigars. So 888-401-BEER, that's the phone number, or join the Beave in the chat room, and she will take your questions for us and pass them over to me uh, as well. As always, all that normal stuff. What else do I have to announce? Did you guys notice, uh, Bevo, are you pregnant? No. (laughs) Do you want to be? No. Good. Are you sure? Let me see you drink a beer. I'm already buzzed. Can you you tell? are okay, oh, and that's your, and you did have the cigars and stuff too. Yeah. All right, I well, showed up buzzed, but there was a rumor. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, in the post-show video, you said something like, "I have to take care of the baby." Uh, post-show video is available in the BN Army blog, by the way. And if that doesn't show up on the website, uh, you can write and complain to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. S C O T T at thebrewingnetwork.com. You've still not registered, Jew. No, sorry, the Jew. I didn't put the Jew. No. And you know why? I thought, you know, I'm not much for boundaries, as as most of our listeners know. What? 
But is that one too far? If I uh, if I start handing out the Jew, the Jew. am I going to offend? Is that too much? I don't well, know. It might, it's not going to offend me, and it's hard to imagine it offending any one of the listeners. So uh, I don't know. Who are you, you're wor- who are you the, worried about? You're probably the... Between you and Jeremy uh, over at uh, Schmaltz, you're probably mm-hmm. the only Jews I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happens if we happen to run across another person of Jewish descent and or faith? Then you're not the Jew, you're a Jew. So should he be the BN Jew? No, it's, it's <laughs> But okay. then it's like we own him. Or top Jew. <laughs> top Jew. <laughs> because we have to account for maybe as we grow, there's going to be another uh, no, no, Jew no, no, that works no. It's okay. We have a system for this in place already. I just do the Hitler walk in front of them, and then if <laughs> and they, they don't get away. offended, the Hitler then they're cool. Walk. That but, was my uh, favorite episode of Faulty Towers, so <laughs> but, I'll not uh, <laughs> be offended by the Hitler walk. He just made it up. It's a dated reference But if there. they are, then they won't be around for very long. <laughs> it's true. It's happened before. What are you going to do? Uh, Bevo? Bevo has done the, what is it called? The the duck walk or something? something What's it called? Like duck face? What's that walk called? You know, the... Stormtrooper walk. The the arms out, legs It's called straight. the Hitler walk, the isn't Hitler it? Walk. It is now. <laughs> Bevo has done Hitler that. Hitler walk. In front of Jews, not realizing it. they were Jewish before. She Jewish. And uh, she never came back to visit us again. <laughs> wow. Wait, really? In my defense, I was just correcting somebody else who was doing the same walk incorrectly. That's true. Someone was trying to demonstrate the walk, and Bevo was like, see, that's not how it goes. <laughs> a, that's expert. not how we learned in youth camp. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I'm still way, on the fence. I'm not pregnant. About all right, well, because then Good. there was, I don't know, there's a couple comments made, and now there's a whole rumor going around that Sam's... Uh, fertile? Sam's actually <laughs> fertile. No, 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 no. No, he's it's not. It's just a, a fun joke okay. that I like to make every now and then. All right. It is fun. Okay. Outside of that, uh, I do have a couple of announcements uh, happening. One is that somebody sent me a new uh, definition of GTL this week. Oh, what? really? Yeah. Uh, by the way, did did you all go home and watch uh, Jersey Shore after no. my uh, recommendation last week? No. Uh, no, I did listen to the Rihanna and Eminem song all the way home. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a lot of people stuck on that. What's GTL? What's the new? Definition? Well, remember GTL was um, first of all. Just gonna mm. stand oh. there. Thank you. Watch me Anytime. So GTL was the gym tan laundry. Oh, that you have to do every day if you're a man yeah. on Jersey Shore. You go to the gym and then you tan and then you do laundry. I thought it was gay, transsexual, lesbian. Uh, a listener sent in guns, tits, liquor is what oh. GTL is so much better. Which fits mm. us around here a lot more. Yeah. None of us have ever even seen a fucking gym. No, or a tit. <laughs> so, but guns, tits, liquor yeah. fits most of us. Not JP. Can we Maybe it should be yeah. guns, testicles, liquor <laughs> for JP and Schumann. Schumann did ask me, uh, he goes, on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate our friendship right now? I gave it a 4. Really? Yeah. Why? I haven't seen him much. <laughs> I see. Mm. You haven't got enough shoot, shoot time. time. Yep. All right. Uh, a couple of announcements I do have, though. Uh, all right. The Brewing Network and more beer will be at the Eat Real Festival uh, next weekend. Yeah. Beginning on Friday. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So come over to our booth. Of course, we're in the beer garden, so right where you want to be anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of craft beer is going to be on tap there. Uh, all organized. The, the beer selection was organized by our friend uh, Dave over at Magnolia. So I'm sure he did a wonderful job uh, getting beers on tap there. So uh, come over to the beer garden. You'll see us and more beer. More beer will be brewing beer every day there. That's correct. Um, all grain, baby. Which will be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we'll be there. Scott uh, will be running around doing some video work for us, doing interviews. Um, and we'll be selling our t-shirts and hats and all that kind of shit. So come out and hang out with us at the Eat Real Festival in Jack London Square, Oakland, next weekend, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Also, we will be at the Great American Beer Festival again, as always. We are the official webcaster of the Great American Beer Festival. I will be in the Brewers Pavilion moderating a bunch of uh, Brewers panels and shit like that. Um, plus a new game show we're going to launch at GABF uh, called Brewers Feud. So come out and see us there, and then we'll have our normal booth. I believe Jipper's going this year. I am. And Moscow's going this year. We're sharing a, a bed, a room with one bed, right? Uh, with no beds. No yeah. beds, as a matter of fact. There it's is just... actually three of you in one room with two beds. Oh, really? Yeah. But we'll get you a bunk. No, nothing. JP doesn't want nothing. the bunk. We're Sorry, gonna have, he has we're going to have a tarp on the floor and just gallons of salad oil. Well, if we'll we see what a, happens. We do a bunk, you're going to take the bottom so that if that scene where the bunk collapses, it's going to be you on the bottom. Great. I didn't say bunk beds. What'd you say? I just a bunk. A bunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They're not going to be the fight. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to call down to hospitality. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, I got these two guys. They really want the stackable bunk beds. But you got anything like that I you like, can roll I up? I like climbing the ladder up how, to the top. How great it would that be if you could get a hotel room? No matter, it doesn't matter how small it is at that point. You have bunk beds. It's extra room. Right. Everyone wants a bigger room. Got to have bunk beds. You do the <laughs> roll away bunk beds. God, I want one now. All right, so we'll be at GABF. Come see us. Yeah, definitely. Uh-oh. Don't forget the new Sean Paxton show, The Home Brewed Chef, Yes, airs on the Brewing Network this Thursday. This Thursday. Is, am I taking that call, Bevo? Or? Right. I don't know. It's Sully. I, got, I put him on hold, so you can hang it up. Okay. Um, new Paxton show this Thursday, The Home Brewed Chef. It's airing uh, the 26th at 6 p.m., so tune in for that, and we'll be doing it monthly to begin with, and everyone's real excited about that. New merchandise in the store, including stickers, T-shirts, um, and uh, the all-new Yeast Book by Chris White and Jamil Zanishev. Available signed by both authors for pre-sale in the BN store right now. So get your pre-sale copy. There's a limited supply, and uh, you can be one of the first to own a, a signed book uh, from Jamil and Chris White. I saw that thread that you put on Facebook, and uh, it seems like it's going to sell out. I think people were pretty I mean, excited. People are already buying it, man. We sold a couple hundred in the first two days. Really? So that's wow. what I'm saying. You want to get in there and get your signed copy now. Um, also, you can go to iTunes and buy the Brewing Network app, the BN app. I think you just search uh, Beer Radio or something like that, or Brewing Network in the App Store, and that allows you to listen live anywhere you want to go. It's like a buck ninety nine. It's it's worth every cent. I think, right? Well, a buck ninety-eight. That last penny is just for profit. That's true. Yeah. I would have charged less, but I have to. I didn't even realize I have to share the profits with the assholes who made the app. Oh yeah, sure. German assholes they are. Yeah, which I don't like. I didn't remember reading. It was like tiny fine. Pr- I paid for the for the app to be built. Yeah, thinking that I would then own the app. But not only do I pay them to build it, then I have to profit share with the fuckers. Probably uh, Apple too. Maybe it gets a little cut of that. I would I'm imagine. sure they do. But I don't have to do any work for it, so that's exciting to me. That is good. So pay your buck ninety nine and like it. It's a good app. <laughs> all right. You can get all these announcements over on Twitter, twitter.com slash brewing network, and of course Facebook. Facebook. All right. Uh, send your show ideas to how about let's say Scott at the Brewing Network dot com. S C O T T at the Brewing Network dot com. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I like and, Justin uh, at the Brewing Network dot com. Mm-mm. Any guests that you want on show ideas? If you want them ignored, send them to Justin. <laughs> and then of course send your feedback to feedback at the Brewing Network. Lots of people have already sent uh, me guest ideas, show ideas to uh, Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I appreciate it. There were some good ones in there. I heard that you actually reply to people when they send you an email. Is that That's not common around here. <laughs> not that that surprises me. It's pretty cool. That I, got, I got emails saying, 
Thank you for having Scott reply to me. It's, <laughs> wonder, it's wonderful to be acknowledged as a human being. Yeah. Justin's like, I didn't instruct him to do stuff. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't know how things work around here. I would, so I would I like reply. that, Scott. Keep it up. You're I would gonna, reply if I got emails. You're going to get all the mail now. I know. Okay, I'm not replying from now on. Here's your, <laughs> here's your prime directive as a new BN employee, Scott. Limit all of your time hanging out with the rest of us. Because you're coming in with some really good habits. Yeah. And I don't want to fuck those up. Yeah. I don't want you slacking off. You know, if you come in here without wearing a, a collared shirt next week. <laughs> I'm or, three for three. Or the collared yeah. shirts. And one day you come in here all slobby and yeah. uh, tired. I'm going to be pissed off. You don't start acting like everybody else around here. With throat infection and a cut above my eye. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm falling apart, man. Don't, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Fair enough. The time that you come in looking handsome, you're fired. That's right. Thanks. You're out of here. Leave immediately when the show is done. Yeah. (laughs) Like I do. All right, what do we got? Sully on the line here? I think he just wants to make sure you know he's still alive. Yeah, honestly. Uh, The listeners were concerned in the forum, I think. Everyone's been concerned about Sully. What's happening? Hey, I I just want to let you know that I am alive, and uh, I I actually am living in, like, a little bubble world, but I am okay. Where Where is your bubble? In a box somewhere under a freeway? I haven't seen you in a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, you know, I was going through some, uh, you know, professional development. And uh, yeah. anyway, long story short, I'm back. I'm here. I, I know there's some concern in the forum about me, even though nobody responded to that thing I noticed when I checked on it like yesterday. Oh. Uh, but uh, I, I, and who's Scott, by the way? Is this, what happened to Chad? What's going on there? Oh, suck it. As well, if we haven't worked together for three years. Yeah, you know Moscow from the <laughs> FM show, and Chad's now a professional. He's got no time for us. Professional what? Brewer. <laughs> oh, he's brewing. He's gonna. Well, he's gonna well, be. Bartending right now. But. Sully seems shocked about that one. Yeah, Sully's like, what? Yeah, welcome to my world, professional. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop laughing. Yeah. Now, the question on everybody's mind, Sully, since you've been gone so long, is: uh, I'm not gay. Did the penicillin work? You know what? I, I have a, actually I have a long, convoluted story about that. It did work, and uh, good, and it's 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 great. I'm doing well. So, and are you going anyway? To- I'm looking forward to actually. I, I'm actually calling to plug the mixtape show that I think that we're going to do next weekend while you're off oh. out of your mind on Burning Man. Oh, so, good. Someone's wow. got to work around here. Yeah. So you guys are doing a mixtape show next week, huh? <laughs> I guess, maybe. I think we are. I think it'll just be as limited. Long as JP- yeah. Go ahead, as long sir. as JP can figure out how to hook the hose up, or the, the cord up, excuse me. <laughs> the hose. Oh, I can tell this show's going to go well already. Yeah, this is how long it's been exactly. since Sully's seen the inside of his studio. He's calling them hoses. Hook up the hose. He's a brewer. Everything's yeah. a hose in his world. Just is going to be, like, tripping out on ecstasy with, like, some 13-year-old, like, you know, lost <laughs> child. Like, and we're calling out going, like, where do we put the, uh, the mini uh, plug in? Listen, that was one time, and she <laughs> told me she was 18. <laughs> And she was a man. Yeah. <laughs> and she told me she didn't have a penis, too. Yeah. Where do I put the hose into the robot? <laughs> Listen, when you're high, exactly. penis just feels like a bottle of beer. I didn't know what she had in her pants. <laughs> uh, you've done that, too, huh? <laughs> All right. So and Anyway, I just want to call and, yeah, I just want to call and say hey and... Uh, I just want to make sure that the, the, the show is still on the air because I, you know, I, I keep sending my checks every month for the sponsorship thing, yeah. and uh, I just want to check on you guys. No, this is our first show. I've been billing you for months, but we haven't done a show in a while. <laughs> we went over that we weren't going <laughs> to. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll see you at GABF in a couple of weeks, huh? 
You will. It's Scott. It's good. To, it's good to hear you again, man. I'm uh, glad you're there because God knows those guys need something. It's true. I hope to see you soon, Sully. By the way, hey, right, girls. By the way, Sully. Speaking of like just going somewhere and tripping for a few days, didn't you go to like every fish show in Berkeley a couple weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I did. I went to all three fish shows at the Greek Theater. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like yeah. I've never done anything like that before. But literally, it's like down the street from my house. Okay, and. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in deep on that right now. I can't believe I'm admitting this on the air, but it was like, it was, it was, dude, it was epic. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, uh, did you dance barefoot in the grassy knoll? Dude, I had, I had the grassy knoll. I was, uh, I had a hula hoop (laughs) and I was wearing a bra. (laughs) And a hacky sack. You're full hippie now. Yeah. I'm full on hippie. Perfect. I don't even, I can't even tell you about the experience right now because I'm just getting those brain cells back. All right, listen, take my advice. No matter how knowledgeable or old the crazy hippie guy is, do not insert the tabs anally. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It lasts a lot longer than three days. Justin, have a good time at Burning Man. I always worry about you when you go up there. I know you have air conditioning, but please, be careful. I will. Thank you, Sully. All right, I love you guys. Take care. Later, Later, Sully. All right, the great Sully from the 21st Amendment. Always a good time. All right, have I talked to you guys about Beersmith lately? I don't think I have. One of our wonderful sponsors, uh, you can go to Beersmith.com and check out the brewing software. Uh, You know, I'm just going to say it outright. It's better than that other brewing software, and it's better than whatever you're using right now. I agree. The beauty is you get a nice big free trial when you go over to Beersmith.com. You can download the program and get yourself a free trial, so you don't have to take my word for it. You can just use it for a few brew sessions, and if you don't like it, of course, don't buy it. Brad over there at Beersmith doesn't want you to do it, and neither do I, but I have I'm pretty confident that you're going to dig it. The interface is beautiful. Um, It's up to date. You get customer service if you have a problem, which is uh, unheard of in the beer software industry, as far as I can tell. And uh, they'll give you everything you need to know. You can create custom recipes, uh, keep control of your inventory. You can even upscale and downscale recipes. You can do everything that you're used to doing with your current brewing software and probably a whole lot more. Plus, it works better. It doesn't uh, look like something from when you had to boot up your computer with a floppy disk yeah. and you didn't uh, have to go into DOS to run it. Yeah, you didn't have to go into DOS and and press like CD colon, dash colon yeah. button um, run <laughs> and modems made those horrible noises. Favorite software enter. You didn't have to do all that. No, and there wasn't like a. Like a funny little stick man that came out. Hi, I'm Brewing Software Guy. How can I help? Or whatever old software. Have. Right? Isn't that how... I would like, want that in my new software. Hi, I'm JP, your Brewing Software friend. Sounds pretty cool. Click yeah. here for how I can help you brew. <laughs> All right, maybe that will be in Beersmith 2.0. Do it. It's a great piece of software, and I use it now when I'm creating recipes, which I know isn't very often. But I still like to go in there and dick around and create a recipe and play with the numbers, especially when we hear about new hops and new malts around here. You can find it all over at Beersmith.com. They're a supporter of the show, and uh, in all honesty, I, I really do dig their software. I'm trying to get everybody using it because I, I just think it's superior, and I'm into superior things. Let's face it. Like me. Like Whitey. <laughs> like Whitey. The whites. Like Bevo and the rest of the whites. I'm into superior things. I don't know why she settled for Sam, but uh, I guess he was white, and that was about the best she could do. And that was right. Oh, he's superior. <laughs> Is that right? Superior at what? You just don't know. <laughs> you don't even know. Soaking up my money. <laughs> That's not funny. 
So this guy that we're having on the show in a little while, Pete Johnson, his yeah. name is. You said Johnson. He's like the young uh, tattoo guy in the in in the cigar world. I think he's making a grip of cash. Yeah. I got a feeling that Bevo is going to dig him. I don't know if he has an accent. Is he? He's not foreign, is he? No, no, he's right from L.A. Well, that's strike one. But everything else, uh, I'll show you some pictures at the break, Beave, and maybe when we get him on the line, you can uh, spark you know, it. He's up, up Bevo's alley, huh? Work yourself in there. I think so. The, I can she, cyber whore myself out. Yeah. Sweet. She needs the opposite of Sam. She needs like the tattooed guy with the goatee. Who could make yeah, a like living? a man. She's yeah. a man. A man. Yeah. Someone without a vag. I'm perfectly happy with my husband. Well, because you Thank don't know you. any better. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we can get Pete to talk about his paycheck, and then we'll see how happy <laughs> you are with Sam. Okay. All right. Chat's not here to do his announcements. Oh. What the f- I should have done him. Where is he? He went to that, uh, him and Tasty both actually went to that- um, The Stumptown Brewing Festival. Yeah, the Russian, Russian River. River. Brew Festival, which is not at the Russian River Brewery, but it's on the Russian River at Stumptown Brewery. And to be honest, I'm just jealous. I've been wanting to go to that festival for years now, and I just I can never pull it off because it's like a big barbecue slash beer festival. Yeah, it's right on the river. They're representing Team Triple Rock this year, I think, with uh, Homer Homer from. uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Homer's part of Team Triple Rock. Yeah, he's their ringer for the barbecue contest. (laughs) How come he? How come he wasn't Team Oak Barrel? I don't get it. No. Somehow we got corralled into that thing through Chad and Tasty. It sounds pretty cool to me. Trevor Rock probably paid the way. And, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Know, he's like, shit, I'll, I'll barbecue Free for tickets, anybody. barbecue? Sure. Yeah. Is it a contest for barbecue, too? I think it might be. I'm not sure, though. Oh, I hope Homer yeah. won. Yeah. So what, what was the deal? That uh, Chad and Tasty and Randy the Mexican were Homer's bitches for yeah. the barbecue? That's right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, wait, I should have sent Scott to video the thing. That would have been good. Must have been good. They're still on their way back, you know. You don't think Tasty uh, gave Homer any of his cookies, do you? Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Homer's like, this is the best rib I ever made, man. <laughs> For hanging out two days with Tasty. All right, well, I guess they're on their way back, so you don't get announcements today, unless he does them at the end of the show. But I do think I have time for feedback, right? Yeah. You got all the time in the world, baby. I do? Yeah. Uh, I got to get to this Pete guy by 545. He has things to do. I hate it when we have guests that are important and have things to do. <laughs> All right, let me do the feedback. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback is brought to you today by the Cicerone Beer Certification Program. You can go to Cicerone.org and become certified to be a uh, essentially the equivalent of a beer sommelier. You can become the beer expert in your neighborhood or restaurant or bar. And uh, we had them on the show last week. And, uh, you know, Ray Daniels is the uh, uh, proprietor of that program and uh, not only a good guy, very, very knowledgeable. It's a good program. So check it out over at Cicerone.org. I didn't have too much feedback this week. One thing I got was actually for Tasty. We can talk about it anyway. You know, I'm always giving Tasty shit about filtering beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like homebrewers, you know, come on, you need to filter beer. Pain right. in the ass. It is a real pain in the ass, actually. It's a waste, you know. Yeah, waste of time. Another chance for infection, and why do more work? Yeah, you give me a cloudy beer as a home brewer. If it tastes fine, it's expected. I'm good with that. Yeah. In fact, if you give me a cloudy professional beer and it tastes fine, I'm fine with that. Flavor right. crystals. So I'm not all about the. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's see. Bike to brew from the middle of nowhere, Kansas. He says wrote into me that he found a uh, bumper sticker from Bell's Brewing Company. Yeah. Out there in Michigan, right? Uh, yeah. Or Mass? Yep. Michigan. 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 Yeah. 
Sticker says, if God wanted us to filter our beer, he wouldn't have given us livers. It's pretty good. That's not bad. I do yeah. enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Maybe somebody from Michigan ought to send me that sticker so I can stick it on Tasty's uh, Forerunner and not yeah. even tell him I've done it. He won't even notice for a long time, right? Absolutely not. And neither of his friends will either. Uh, Tasty told me yeah. recently he was considering stopping filtering for he a while. He told me so. that too. He, yeah. He's going to try some of these new findings. Yep. I'm all for findings, you know. Go for it. Yeah. You don't have to take the beer outside of the vessel and, That's right. and run it through some disgusting filter. Less chance of oxidation. Yeah, no, what's in those filters anyways? Where do they come from? Yeah. Aren't they like Chinese or something? <laughs> no, they're uh, German. No. At least the oh, ones, no, they're at least probably, the ones oh. more beer sells. They're probably pure then. They yeah. want their cut I too. take it all back. Yeah. They are, I mean, the, the filters do work, but they are a real pain in the butt, man. No, they're I a know. real pain. And Tasty's beer is wonderful. I just dick with them about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I'd like to stick that bumper sticker on his car either way. All right, thanks for uh, from Bike to Brew. Let's see. Hey, Justin, uh, just want to say thanks for all the awesome programming. Been listening to the podcast on my uh, commute and from wor- and at work for over a year now. My beers have certainly improved because of it. Uh, I entered a couple competitions this past few months, and I promised myself that if I placed, I'd finally get off my ass and become an actual subscribing member of the BN Army. Uh, well, my Dusseldorf Alt took third, oh, and yeah. my Southern English Brown... Um, which I actually intended to be a chocolate porter, took second at the South Shore Brew-Off. Nice. Good job. Nice work. Well done. My American Wheat took home gold in oh. a small comp sponsored by a local package store, Yankee Spirits. It's got to be hard, too. Gold in American Wheat. Yeah. True that. So many thanks to you and your asset-wearing brethren uh, way over there on the left coast. I just signed up as a recurring donor, and I'm officially a proud member of the BN Army. Yeah. Cheers from Jim, PFC, Masshole Division, Privateer Brigade. Thanks, nice job. Thank you for supporting us, Jim. We need it. All right. Uh, what do we have here? I guess it took listening to another brewing podcast to realize how together you actually got your shit. I won't mention which one because it doesn't matter. And on the same day I deleted said podcast because of its lame nature, I decided to listen to the Destroysa show again. Oh, it was man. so good, I had to listen to it again. Epic. That was a great show, I have to admit. We gotta do that again. You guys produce a fine program, and I, for one, am glad. I can't, I can't listen live. So here comes uh, the suggestion portion. So you should respect the European holiday calendar. These free Mondays are the only chance for those of us with respectable jobs to... Uh, tie one on and make a run at Drunk of the Week. Twice I've tried to stay up and listen live, only to be disappointed by a no-show. Just looking out for my expat BNers from Horst, Sacktown Brew Kid, living the Bavarian dream. You know, he does make a good point, and I get a lot of arguments about that from uh, Australia and Europe, that um, it does seem that every time they have a holiday, or a bank holiday as they call them, yeah. uh, we have an off week. And I could try to look at the Euro calendar if somebody wants to send it to me, but I can't make any promises. I got everybody's calendar to look out for over here. So, I don't know. Maybe Europe should go on our calendar. How about that? Don't How- Europeans have like 150 sick days a year? Something like that. Just oh, yeah. pick a sick day. You get paid. Yep. You got more sick days than JP, and JP's the sickest guy I know. That's right. So, I don't think you need to go by the holiday schedule. I think you get, like, every holiday in the world and a bunch of invented ones. And then a sick day for everything from, like, a pimple to, you know, bronchitis. Like, everything. And then they take, like, a three-hour lunch every day that they do work. Yeah! Nobody works in Europe! I don't want to hear it! 
So just take the Monday off and call him for Drunk of the Week. When are we moving there? Soon. Very soon. I want to live the Bavarian dream. Let's do it. What is it? I am going back there. I'm going back to France again this year. Yeah? Yeah. What is the Bavarian dream? It's a strain of weed. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Something like a... If it's not, it should be. Yeah, it should. Some sort of opiate. Ultra dank. Hey, man, I got the Bavarian dream. (laughs) Totally stony, man. Oh, take it out. Give me couch lock for hours. (laughs) You still smoking weed, Scott? No, man, I quit. You did? I did. I, I thought you were more lucid lately. Yeah. I announced that to you at uh, the Southern California Homebrewers. Ah, that's right. Uh, fest, and I've uh, stuck true. What, did you uh, finally graduate high school? No, middle school. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, no more weed. I'm out of high school. I knew that I be, uh. I knew I was done with middle school as soon as you stopped hitting on me. High five. Yeah, baby. How's it going for you, all weedless in Seattle? That's cool. Jews <laughs> don't have the addiction gene, by and large, so I've been all right. Is that right? Yeah, Except plus to I, paper I, money, plus baby. Plus I started coming out here and drinking beer with you guys. You so should, I, I'm just substituting. You should take up heroin and stuff. If I didn't have the yeah. addiction gene, I'd be doing a lot of stuff. I'm say, well, who says I haven't been doing that? I, I chase the dragon. You're too fat for heroin. Don't judge. So when I quit smoking weed years ago, yeah. uh, the worst part about it was, and I was smoking all the time, all day, every day. I was constantly high. And so when I quit, um, I started having crazy lucid dreams. Because you don't really yes. dream when you're stoned. You're right. You just, you know, you, you just don't, or you don't remember them, right. I suppose. Right. I, you don't remember much. And they were weird dreams. I died in every way fashionable, every way you can imagine in my dreams over like a month-long period. I was ravaged by dogs in one dream, <laughs> plane crashes, I fell off a bridge, I was flooded, I mean, you name it, I just, for some reason, I died every night. You were like that montage scene from Groundhog Day. He's yes. Got the toaster in the bathtub, <laughs> he's hidden by a truck. I was that, and I don't know why death was my lucid dream, but every night for like two months, I had a very vivid, and they're more vivid because I hadn't dreamt yes. in like Five years. Yep. Did that? Did you have this yeah. dream thing? That uh, that's pretty close to a universal experience from people that uh, stop smoking for long periods of time or start. You don't dream when you're when you go to bed high, and when you go to bed sober, you you really and like you said, it gets exacerbated when you've when you're used to not dreaming at all, right? And then you start again. They seem there. You remember them. That you wake up sweating. Yeah. It, it's not necessarily a good thing. Gives you insomnia. Then you have to get a prescription for medical marijuana. Right, <laughs> right. And then you're just ba- it's a vicious yeah. circle. Yeah. I'll probably go back one day when I'm real old. I think when I don't have to care about stuff anymore or yeah. be lucid for any reason. So I'm gonna, next year. I'm going to start smoking again. <laughs> Once you're just waiting to die, it's going to yeah. be, you're going to hit the bong again. Why not, right? Why not? Like when you don't have to work anymore or do much of anything, why wouldn't you just be high all it's the time? It's true. It makes everything okay. Yeah. <laughs> like dying. Yeah. Like, it'll make my lack of retirement fund and severely injured body yeah. Yeah. okay. You mean the BN doesn't have a 401k? Oh, oh, you misled me, man. See, I'd rather just get Alzheimer's, personally. Because then you don't know where you are. Then you forget about shit. You have dementia. You have nothing. Yeah. You have no idea what's going on anywhere. And you can amuse the hell out of your friends and family. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're amused, but you don't give a shit, which is the key. And you won't remember how miserable your life is. Exactly. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Nope. Here's a dinosaur to feed me again. All right. I'm going to take a break because it's about that time. I got to get to Pete. So, quick break. This is the uh, cigar and craft beer show. And we're going to be talking about pairing those two together. When we get Pete on the line here in a minute, we're going to talk about uh, it's Pete Johnson from uh, Tatuaje Cigars. And he's going to teach us uh, a little bit about cigars so that we can lead this discussion. Great. And then uh, we'll move forward from there. And so, we'll show his picture to Bevo so she can, you know, yeah. ruin her chair. 888-401-BEER. That's the number for questions. Or join the Beeb in the chat room. We'll be right back. It's the session.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This month, More Beer wants you to meet Darren Schleth. I've been with More Beer for 15 years. More Beer partner and manager of the manufacturing shop. I've been home brewing for 15 years. I've been all grain brewing for one year. I took home one of the flat 10-gallon systems to do some more of the testing with what we do at the shop. Darren heads R&D for all of More Beer's great innovations. My favorite part about working at More Beer is designing and coming up with new products, like our redesigned conicals with the pressurizable lid. Pretty excited about the way it turned out. So what five things are you going to put on sale for us this month, Darren? The five favorite things I like to brew with is uh, the Ultimate Conical. It has a little more cooling power. Beer Kit 2. Olin and I started with it. I like the fact that it has a carboy so you can see the ferment. The yeast harvester so you can collect your yeast for the next batch. Keg pressure engage to transfer beer keg to keg. And the glass scrubber to clean glasses a little bit easier. Get to know Darren this month at morebeer.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
What's up, BN Army? Jake and Mike here from Brewing TV. Brewing TV is homebrew culture in video. Asking the big questions, who and why. We leave the how to the tubby know-it-alls. Check us out at brewingtv.com. The first webisode drops May 7th. Like Crosley's pants in a Louisiana jail cell. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Welcome back to the program. I'm sitting here with the Cigar Snob Magazine in front of me. I don't know. What month is this? I think it's I think June, right? Yeah, that's the last uh, issue. It's the May-June, which has this uh, has a cigar and beer pairing page in it. Oh, really? More importantly, who is this broad in the cover? Because she's all skinny like I like. I like them like anorexic oh. skinny. <laughs> Bevo like used that? to make fun of me for that. But she's a little fatter than I think you like. Mm, she does have a little meat on her. Who is this broad? Is she famous or she's just a hot chick who likes cigars? The, the latter. Go to page that's four. all they do. They just find hot chicks that like cigars? Mistake. She might not even like cigars. She might have just hammered a paycheck. I'd like to think she likes cigars. She does have, she kind of has a unibrow, but I can look past that. She Go to page 46. Find out. You could pluck those. She got they the small boobs, though. Didn't airbrush did it small out. boobs? Sometimes it depends. If everything else is real skinny, I don't mind a little. There's like an inch between her eyebrows. It's not a unibrow. Well, they yeah, but you can tell that they made that inch about five minutes before this photo shoot. (laughs) Whatever used to be connected. All right, I think I got uh, Pete Johnson on the line, Uh, uh, who is a big deal in the cigar world today. Pete, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show, man. No problem, no problem. Now, Pete is who's the girl in here talking? Well, oh, that's a Bevo over there. And Hi. <laughs> now, Bevo's our call screener. I meant to show her some pictures of you, Pete, because um, she's real easy sometimes. And she's <laughs> hot, too. <laughs> I, who, we didn't predict that Pete would be the one into Bevo. We thought it would be the oh, other way around. Man. Hang on. let me, let me Right got, off the bat. Just for the record, I am not a whore. Oh, here we go. Doesn't mean you're not easy, though. Bevo, come here. Come look at Pete. I'm I get, coming. I got a picture Are right you, Already? Oh, you know Bevo's going to be into Is this a picture it. of me with a beard or without a beard? No beard. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're, this is like you with a cigar and showing off some of your tattoos here. I'll, I'll show her a couple. Don't worry, Pete. I'll and, I, and I don't have a unibrow, right? No unibrow. You're good. <laughs> All right, so that's one. All right, Bevo. Here, let, let's take another. Haha, <laughs> Bevo, you're and, on the spot. Uh, where do we go here? Let's find a wow. nice one of you. That one's cute. Which one? This one here? With the Asian guy? Which, which, which one's the Asian guy? What about that one? The black and white one. He looks good. That's, there he's got the little beard. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out here. I think that Pete makes a grip of cash, and I'm trying to help you out. I'm married. <laughs> yeah, but you're... It's a but minor detail. But your husband would be homeless if it wasn't for you. Not for long. That's true. Yeah. Yes, you are very attractive. There we go. All right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> trying to help you both out here, Pete. Walk away now. All right. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> we'll be back here on Loveline right after this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, now Pete is involved with, uh, he's actually the founder, owner of Tatuaje Cigars, which is a, a fairly new company, right, Pete? And a mouthful, too. I'm glad that you're able to pronounce it correctly. It's early in the show uh, still. 
<laughs> You're not drinking yet. Not yet. No, we started the company in 2003. So, yeah, we're pretty new still. How'd you get into... If, if you don't mind me asking, can I, can I have your rough uh, age? Because you seem like a young guy to be in the cigar world. Uh, actually, surprisingly enough, I'll be 40 in December. Oh, is that right? Really? That's, yeah. that's young. What do you mean? That's young. 40's still young? Yeah. Is it? 40's the new 30. I hope so. I'm getting there no, myself. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. No, yeah, I, I've been doing the, the cigar business for probably 18 years, but uh, my own brand for seven, so. Okay. So yeah, tat- cigars are good for the skin. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Now, tatuaje, which means tattoo in, in what language? Spanish. Just Spanish, okay. I didn't know if there was some, yeah. you know. I thought it was like Navi. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Uh, and uh, so you started Tatuaje. This is your company. Um, but yeah. I, how did you get into the whole cigar thing? I don't even know how you would start a tattoo company. So I guess I want to back up before that. You know, what, what uh, uh, a cigar company. How do you live Actually, Tatuaje, it was a nickname that people gave me, uh, Tattoo, uh, because I had tattoos on my body and I had a couple cigar brands tattooed on my arms. Okay. So they called me Tattoo Pete. Gotcha. Okay. So it kind of stuck. So when I was looking for a brand name for my company, Dr. Y it was kind of obvious. So, all right, yeah. And how do you get That's into cigars in in the, in the first place? No, you know, I was a musician, and um, I actually started smoking cigars while I was playing on stage. Winner. And I thought it was. What's that? Bevo just <laughs> you, she just lightened up when you said musician. You just oh. got hotter in my book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, uh, the chat room is asking where they can ogle his. Lovely photographs. Oh, just uh, tell him to Google image him. Okay. Pete, Pete, Johnson. Pete Johnson, you're going to come up with a whole lot of guys. No, he came up pretty quick. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. No, I think was... there's a porn star, actually, with the same name. So. <laughs> Perfect. Pete yeah. Johnson. Pete Johnson is the black guy with the really large forearms. <laughs> His real last name is like Bergenstein. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry. Go. On. So you're in the band scene, and uh, how do you get into cigars? No, just uh, goofing around. I I just decided I wanted to smoke cigars one day, and uh, before I knew it, the uh, music business in Los Angeles was failing miserably because of a thing called uh, grunge. Okay, and uh, <laughs> I decided I wanted to move back to Maine, where I'm from, to uh, open up my own cigar store. All right, I actually never left. <laughs> my my local store that I was shopping with actually gave me a job. So right there in L.A., you mean that was. Yeah, I'm actually in Studio City, California. The shop's no longer there, but um, it was really actually the oldest shop in California at one time. Okay. Until they closed, so. I see. What kind of music were you playing that grunge came in and ruined it? No, we were like uh, Sunset Strip hair metal. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like oh. like the last days of Guns N' Roses yeah, or more than that? Nice. Yeah, kind of like that whole thing. Um, we were actually starting to be compared to a band called Stone Temple Pilots before Stone Temple Pilots was around. Okay, yeah. And the funny thing is, we actually had the same uh, lawyers at one time, so... Right. Yeah, it just didn't work out for us too well. Well, you probably should have had the same heroin addiction, and you might have done better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I think that's why I never made it in music. I never got into the whole drug thing. Yeah, that's the I think cigars are too, like, clean, you know? True, true. Okay, so... You're relatively new to the cigar world, even though you say you started it a few years ago. Uh, you, you've made a name for yourself. You had uh, the best cigar of 2009. Um, how do you get... Con- well, actually, the 
Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing. They they rated all the brands based on like what what people were talking about. So I was like the hottest brand in 2009, but uh, I, see. I wasn't the uh, the best or the best selling either. <laughs> I didn't really understand the. Uh, the poll that they did, but uh, it worked for me. So sure. Well, it's good marketing too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, great. Actually, <laughs> I like that Pete's honest about that. Though we've gotten that sort of thing too, like best whatever, and we're like, yeah, there's two other beer shows. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best out of four. Yeah, I like that he's honest about how the poll came out. Um, well, tell me a little uh, bit. It about just your... happened to be. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just curious no, it about to be your. From, uh... <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Let's do that again. Go ahead. Well, I'm curious about your cigars because you seem to have a a pretty strict philosophy about them. I did a little research, and uh, your favorite cigars are not from the United States. And um, I don't know much about cigars, but uh, you seem to know where the good tobacco comes from. So so tell us where that comes from and how they're rolled, and give me the whole lowdown. I'm actually a big fan of Cuban cigars. Um, Not much anymore because I think the quality of the tobacco has kind of gone downhill. Um, I just wanted to recreate um, something that reminded me of that style of smoke. I don't think there's it's a point to like go ahead and make a wheel square. If you if something's working, try to follow that and and not try to uh, reinvent the wheel. Okay. I don't know. I'm just uh, passionate about history. Like if I were to make wine, I would probably choose to make something like a Bordeaux or a French wine because that's where the history came from. So sure. <laughs> I don't know, like beer. I mean, I wouldn't want to make a uh, a California beer. I would want to make a Belgian beer yeah, or German beer. All right. That makes sense. But- yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, the history part really gets me, and I, I kind of stick to that whole philosophy, like, you know, go with simplicity and not try to overthink it. Okay. Now, Brian, uh, who, who's with us uh, here today, too, and I think you know uh, Brian Berman. Um, Brian's there, huh? Yeah. What's up, Petey? Hanging out Is the he talking? <laughs> Not yet. We're going to grill him after you. Okay, good. Now, Brian's, uh, Brian Berman, uh, our, one of our directors for the CRA, wonderful person. Great. Well, so Brian's telling me a little bit about, um, you know, who you're involved with to make your cigars. And it sounds like it's kind of a, a sought-after guy who, who, who helps you make your cigars. And I'm curious how you get involved. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about him and how your cigars are made. Yeah, actually, Jose Garcia, everybody calls him Pepin, uh, P-E-P-I-N. A lot of people say Pepin, but uh, it's Pepin. Okay. He's um, he's a pretty established person. When I met him, uh, he was brand new to the United States. He's from Cuba, and uh, it's kind of been history over the last seven years. Like, no one's ever seen the growth pattern for such a an unknown person like him and then of course such a small brand like myself my own brand so it's been uh it's been quite a you know hell of a ride since we started in 2003 right he used to roll cigars for uh castro is that right he used to roll cigars for a lot of people in cuba um i don't know his exact um you know story down there i actually visited his hometown with him one time um he kind of oversaw a bunch of factories and did a lot of different blending and, and rolling inspections down there. I don't know exactly like what dignitaries he actually rolled for personally, but I'm sure he, he might have. Okay. I, I never really asked him that part of the history because I, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Leave it alone. As long as he knows how to roll a good cigar, I guess is the key. 
Yeah, he's considered uh, probably one of the best in the industry as far as uh, the quality of uh, craftsmanship, but also the fact that, that his whole family can roll cigars. It, it's very rare that you find cigar makers in our business or cigar designers like I am where everybody can everybody in the family can sit down and roll a cigar. Right. Their whole family is skilled at doing it. I mean, you could go to some of the names in the business and they wouldn't know how to put it. So they, they might know how to put a cigar together, but they wouldn't be able to roll it for you. Right. Yeah, that's impressive, the whole family doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the true art and, and craft for them. I mean, they, they really studied it and they know how to do it really well. So it's nice to be partnered up with them. So, in the craft beer world, you know, when I started the Brewing Network, uh, I just I started out of my garage and, and, and didn't know anybody, but I had a passion for craft beer, and I got into it, and I got into home brewing, and I really just mm-hmm. went out, and I made nice with as many people as I could, and shook hands, and shared beer, and learned as much as possible, and that's how I got connected with some of the brewers that, that we're able to talk to today on the show, and I'm curious if this parallels kind of how you got started. How do you get involved in being able to design a cigar? No, yeah. I, truthfully, when I was just working retail, I was working retail before 2003, I, I just knew a lot of people in the industry. And I would go to events and shows, and everybody knew my face and knew my, my name. So when I actually took a chance on making my own cigar with, with an unknown guy like Pepina at the time, it was easy to establish it. Um, I had a lot of friends. You know, it's nice to have friends yeah. uh, that took a took a chance on, on what I was doing, but they believed in the product, so... Um, it, yeah, it was a no-brainer after after um, my friends got involved. You know, okay. Once once your friends actually start buying your product, it's a uh, and they actually reorder. That's a good sign. So <laughs> reordering is definitely a good sign. <laughs> so how do you end up? And I, I really know very little about cigars, Pete. I know that I enjoy them, yeah. but I know very little about them. So when you say design a cigar, what does that really mean? I'm more of a of a cigar designer. I I don't sit down at the table and and profess that I'm gonna you know make every cigar that's made. I'm I'm the guy that kind of like walks in and says, "This is what I want. This is the profile that I need. Let's try using these tobaccos." And the masters like Pepin put it together for me, and I say, "Okay, it's good or it's not." It's all blended to my palate. I don't. Uh, I, I had a recent conversation with a couple of retailers and one of the actually more than one retailer has referred to me as the Steve Jobs of cigars so okay it's yeah a kind of weird uh, parallel but um, I'm, I'm a designer you know I'm an idea guy um, guys like Pepin Garcia and his family they're the they're the manufacturers they're the makers I uh, I play with tobacco I know what tobaccos I need to get the flavor profiles I want but I don't actually sit down and roll cigars. Okay, so let me make a like a parallel. Um, you're, mm-hmm. the, you're the guy that's saying uh, you're not the guy that's brewing the beer. You're the guy that's saying, "All right, I think we need to do a cappuccino stout, and we need to have the you, right." You're you're the idea. Yeah, it might be like um, none of the guys that uh, I mean, these big beer companies anymore. None of the, none of the head brewers actually do any work anymore. Right. They know what they're looking for to make sure they're the they're the taste guys. They go, okay, let's do this, let's try this, and then the guys that, you know, that run around the factory all day and, you know, or the brewery all day and actually do the grunt work, 
right. they're the ones that bring it to him and say, is it good? And he says, no, it's not good. Try something else. Okay. So you, I don't, I don't see those, I don't see those guys running around the factory anymore, you know, putting a little bit more hops in and stuff like that. Right, right. Well, so you're talking the, about... The television commercials show them doing it, but... <laughs> they do. In the big... Yeah. They show them triple yeah. hopping that Burying beer. Burying his nose and hops <laughs> and smelling it, yeah. So, do you give that... Now, you say that you know what tobacco you need and you know what flavors you want. Um, yeah. Does that mean that, that you're saying to them, I want 30% Nicaraguan this, I want 20% this, or are you saying, I want... A cigar that tastes like such and such and such. Make it for me. Well, I, I do that because sometimes I might be stressed for ideas, okay. and I'll ask Papine, and you know, I'll tell him, "Hey, Papine, I need a little bit more sweetness." He has, you know, this knowledge in his head of what could go better uh, with with the tobaccos I'm already using to give me that sweetness. Okay, so. But, I mean, since I've been working with them for seven years, it's easy for me to go, you know what, I need I need this tobacco instead of that one. That's going to give me the flavor profile that I need. So it's it's not really, it's not really you know, guessing anymore. It's, it's actually kind of like educated guesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, I walk in there, I go, okay, make me a cigar with this. I, I won't, a lot of times I won't work with Pepin or Jaime, his son, directly. I'll work with one of the rollers in the factory uh, that will put the cigar together for me based on what I've told them to do. So it's a, it's a lot. You know, sometimes they're really busy working on other things. And uh, luckily, with my relationship with that family, they allow me to kind of goof off in the factory whenever I want to. So if they're busy with one of their other clients, I can walk into the rolling gallery and, and ask the head roller to put something together for me. Okay. And that's how a lot of the cigars that I'm doing have been put together lately. Um, they they kind of trust that I, I can do whatever I need to do to get stuff done, and then I, I place an order with uh, Jaime as soon as I'm done doing my taste testing. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not an exact science, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Jaime, Jaime and those guys know that uh, that, that I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing, so they they kind of leave me alone a lot of times. Well, it sounds like you have to have a palate for the for this sort. Yeah. Of thing. So it maybe the yeah you do okay. It's it's it's, it's like tasting, I guess, a food critic or uh, like, you know the critics in, in in general to me are are basically self professed palate makers, you know what I mean? They're the ones that, that basically have said, my palate's the best. I'm I'm the one who's going to tell you whether it's good or not. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, I'm just going for what I like, and I'm hoping people like it also. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... As a brewer... And we we have a couple brewers in the room here. JP and Nate are my co-hosts who, 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 are, who are better brewers than I. You know, it, it's kind of a parallel. You know, when we're designing a beer, and, and there's certainly better brewers than us doing the same thing, we go in and, and we taste all the malt that goes into it. And we smell okay. and feel all the hops that are going into it. And we design a beer. We make a combination of these malts and hops in order to yeah. design a beer that uh, in some cases fits to a beer style and in other cases just fits to our palate. Um and it sounds to me like, but, but we can taste all those ingredients individually and kind of then know how they combine together. 
yeah. I'm real curious how that goes with tobacco. If you are making a blend of tobaccos, is it? No, it's, it's it's very similar. Okay, it's very similar. I mean, we we touch the tobacco, we we smell certain components, uh, certain portions of the plant that that might be stronger uh, or milder than than other portions of the plant. Uh, there's there are certain tobaccos that are very sweet uh, and aromatic, so you really want to smell those to make sure that the fermentation is properly done. Yeah, it's the, the parallels are it's like it's like cooking, truthfully. I mean, wine making, brewing, uh, cigar making, uh, being a chef in a kitchen—they all run neck and neck with each other. So, Pete, when uh, when you and Pepina are evaluating these various uh, tobaccos that you're deciding mm-hmm. to use for your blends, there the curing and fermentation is already complete, correct? Or do you, or yeah, do I mean, you guys... sometimes sometimes we'll actually look at tobacco. Uh, well. For me, I'm a little bit different. With Pepina Jaime are in in their tobacco warehouses constantly. I'm only down there once a month, so right. I don't get to play around in the raw material uh, section as much as them. But when they say we have something put aside for you, come check it out. Yeah, we go and we smell it, we look at it, we might smoke a little bit of it, and to make sure that it's you know up to par of what I wanted. So that makes sense. Yeah, they're. In the brewing yeah. world, we often use uh, malts that have been pre-prepared for us. The brewer doesn't often do the malting process themselves. It's somewhat similar. So I was curious how much uh, folks like you guys would steer that process of the curing and fermentation. That's normally done before you get your hands on it. Correct? No, yeah. Right. Yeah, I rely on the experts to make sure. I mean, even before Pepin started growing his own tobacco, um, which he did you know, a few years back now, um, he actually used to buy tobacco from other people. Of course, it was already pre-fermented, but he would always try to do his little spin to it to give it his touch. Um, that makes sense. For me, I don't have uh, the space or the time to to tell him, you know, hey, put that aside and do it like this. Right. Uh, because I rely on them to make sure that the tobacco is clean and ready to be ready to be used. Right. So we don't do any type of like processing to it to where we add flavor in or anything, so it's not like uh correct. I can really change anything. And the majority of your tobaccos are coming from Nicaragua, correct? Yeah, we use wrappers from um Connecticut, USA. Well actually right outside of uh Connecticut on the border of Massachusetts and Connecticut. Um and then also Ecuador. Yeah, we tasted one of the Connecticut so, ones before the show. Yeah. A little bit. That was delicious. I used to... Which, uh, one's, uh, which one did you do before the show? Well, we tasted your Tuaje Red, Tatuaje Red. Okay, that's that's Habano, Ecuador. Right. And then the I think rapper. it wasn't one of your cigars that was from Connecticut, was it, uh, Brian? No, that was the new uh, Jaime Garcia Reserva that uh, just come out. Oh, yeah, the Broadleaf. Yeah, yeah. Broadleaf. That was the first time Jaime put that, that relief on their wrappers okay. and their cigars. Yeah, I've been using Broadleaf for a long time, and... Uh, I mean, just started using it uh, on his brand, uh, which actually is a pretty full-flavored, full-bodied cigar. So I'm from Connecticut. I used to date abroad when I was a teenager who worked in the tobacco fields in the summer. And uh, oh, yeah. she had the roughest hands I, I can ever remember in my life. Those tobacco oh, chicks, yeah, that, man. That just sounds like a hard time. <laughs> it was a hard time. I wish, it was more, I wish I was this age, though. I could have gotten some good tobacco out of her. They... they 
I don't know how. I guess cigar people know, but the, the rest of the U.S. I don't think they know uh, that a lot of good tobacco comes out of the Connecticut. Uh, Would you say mass border right there? Sounds like an entry. Yeah, no, in the- yeah. The Connecticut River Valley, you know, shit. It's it's one of those uh, areas that just grows great tobacco, yeah. and uh, it has for for years and years and years. So I mean, luckily that there's still farmers that keep up with the tradition of doing it. I mean, the farmer we use in, in uh, Massachusetts slash Connecticut, um, his sons are really into the business. So it's kind of nice to see that the younger generation is actually still interested. Right. I mean, it's um, our industry is kind of like, a, unfortunately, it's kind of like a weird sector. And it's almost a dying industry because we're, we're being kind of pushed out of business in a sense by uh, the government and everything. But uh, it's nice to see the younger generation getting into it and uh, wanting to carry on tradition. So hopefully, hopefully our industry won't die out completely. So do you feel, you know, that you, you are constantly under attack, just like the big tobacco and cigarette companies? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of sucks because uh, we, uh, we're we such a small, like, sector. Uh, cigar smokers, I don't see any 12-year-old kids walking into a cigar store to get, you know, $20 cigar or sure. $10 cigar. Right. Um, but I see them buying a pack of cigarettes here and there. Um yeah, we get lumped into the whole thing. I mean, it's, I guess they're both vices. I think cigars are like a luxury item, like a bottle of wine or, or craft beer. Yeah. You, um, or a fine, you know, a gourmet meal. It's, it's just not for everybody. It's, it's really for someone who wants to, to enjoy and relax with life and, and can afford to, uh, to waste, you know, money, but basically you're going to burn. Yeah. Um, Cigarettes are a lot different. You know, they're very addicting, and uh, I don't smoke cigarettes myself, and truthfully, I could drop cigars tomorrow if I had to. Sure. I, I, I love the flavor profile. I love the way they taste, but I, I don't need them. Right. It's, it's a different type of uh, different type of experience. So. Yeah, I got to say, it's a great uh, point that you make about the, the cost of them and about seeing a kid going in to buy, you know, buying a, a, an expensive cigar. We This is a state-by-state state fight that craft brewers have year after year, and that's that a lot of states in the U.S. still have um, alcohol limits on beer. Uh, of course, you're allowed yeah, to sell scotch yeah. and whiskey and everything else, but if it's a beer, it's not allowed to be over X percent. And a lot of states have had to battle that. And the biggest argument that uh, lawmakers usually have when when brewers go in there and say we really want to be able to um, you know make beer over this limit, their 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 biggest argument is oh well now you're just making beer for people to get drunk. And the truth is, the beers that end up being over a certain amount of alcohol tend to be twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah. And no kid and no yeah. drunk and no nobody who's looking except to enjoy a fine beer is going and spending twenty bucks on twenty two ounces of beer. And even if you wanted to, yeah. you couldn't really drink four, five, ten percent beers in a sitting. Right. Well, no, I, exactly. It's, it's not a cold forty five. <laughs> exactly. So I just I like the point that you make. I can understand now when you put it that way, kinda that that you're under the gun. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some crazy beers. I don't drink a lot of beer, but I've had some crazy beers. And I I had a beer called, uh, I think it's called Deuce. Yeah, yeah, the uh, champagne-style beer. In my, yeah, champagne-style beer, yeah, uh, Deuce. Both steals. It's like $100 a bottle. <laughs> it's like, really what kid's going to go buy that? It is. It's really expensive. 
Uh, and there's Amazing a lot of beer, things yeah. like that. It tastes like champagne, actually. You're right. Yeah. I guess it, it's actually uh, sent over there to actually do like the last fermentation or something. That's right. They use I a have no champa- idea. But... They use a champagne yeast to finish the beer. Yeah, and that's this, the champagne method of riddling and disgorging. Method the... champagne. Yeah. yeah, exactly, JP. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's an excellent parallel. Well... Listen, Pete, I know you're short on time. I just had a couple of more things I wanted to get through with you. No problem. Um, I've got some listener questions in front of me. And okay. Before I get, I, uh, forget I wanted to talk about your cigar that we got to enjoy before yeah. the program. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we had the Tatuaje Red. Um, mm-hmm. And what we did was we, we paired it with an English beer called uh, Fiddler's Elbow. Which, what kind of beer is that, JP? It's an English pale, I believe, right? Okay, yeah. I think so. And... I'll Fiddler's tell you, Elbow, I love the name. Yeah, it's a good one. Fiddler's Elbow, it's a nice beer, and uh, you can get it, uh, you can find it down there. You can find it almost anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. if you have a big uh, package store like a Beverages and More or something. Who, who, what's the brewery name? Witchwood, I think, or something like that? The name of the brewery of the Fiddler's yeah. Elbow? Yeah. I didn't look at the bottle. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right, JP. Something like yeah. that, yeah. So, I found, first, uh, my, my first impression of your cigar was that it was one of the nicest cigars uh, that I've ever smoked, and... Uh, now, don't forget that I'm no cigar connoisseur, but I really enjoyed it. It had a nice uh, smoothness to it, but it was also bitter, like a like a cigar tends to be for me on my palate. Um, just a little bitter, and that's what made it actually go perfect for me with the Fiddler's Elbow because the Fiddler's Elbow is kind of a sweet malty like a, beer. Yeah. And so I got that kind of bitter bite from your cigar, and then I would take a drink, and it just rounded it out with that maltiness of the Fiddler's Elbow. I loved it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's um, the, the it, we call it the Havana Six, the red label. It's um, more of a medium-bodied cigar. It actually has a, a very floral character to it. If you really sat down and like, you know, experimented with that cigar, you'll actually get floral notes out of it. And sometimes those floral notes can turn residual, which would be actually that bitter, you know, flavor that you're you're finding. I see. Okay. And and let me yeah, tell you this. Yeah, that's good. Actually, I, I like I like you know smoking that cigar, and like I said, I don't drink a lot of beer, but I uh, I like uh, like a wheat beer would be perfect for that because it's got that sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of like IPAs. Um, because I think they tend to have a little bit more, for me, they tend to have a little bit more of that bitter quality to it that kind oh, of yeah. like clashes. It would clash with that cigar. I would yeah. think so, Directly, too. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. I specifically didn't pick up any IPAs to pair with cigars because, yeah, the hoppiness, not really a great compliment. Well, and an IPA is... No, yeah. No. That's hard to pair with food, too. You tend to do it with, with, with foods that you need to really clean off your palate, like yeah. spicy foods and or things like that. Like greasy. Like I, I greasy, eat yeah. with like a, like a steak... Yeah. Or something like that, where, where you're going to have stuff that's really coating your mouth, and you kind of want to cut through because you want to taste the right. food again. So I agree yeah, yeah, with yeah. the cigar. It's almost any cigar, I would imagine, is a little too bitter for an IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just I, I found it to be a nice pairing. And, and let me tell you this too, uh, Pete. Just so you know, we only got to mm-hmm. get into a little bit of of the cigar. And Brian was kind of pointing out to me, you know, if we were to be able to get halfway through the cigar, you'd actually get a completely different flavor here in the middle. Um, and oh no, yeah, it'll change up a lot. See that it'll I didn't know that. It'll actually give a little bit more cream to it, and uh, those those good solid tobacco notes that that. Uh, that shouldn't be bitter will come through and you'll actually get like earth notes around it. 
Now, um, is that because yeah. the remainder of the cigar becomes saturated with the, sm- the smoke you've drawn through, or is there different tobacco? Yeah, a middle? little bit. Okay. I mean, we, we joke about the whole sweet spot of a cigar, and it's been an industry industry uh, little uh, joke recently. But um, it's the sweet spot is usually because the, the uh, cigar has been used as half of a filter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, that's what I thought. You, you're basically, yeah, you're smoking through that cigar and you're, you're basically burning the filter in a sense yeah yeah okay yeah it, it mellows down it actually it, it will actually it changes considerably and that's that's where i call the sweet spot is when you when you see that change okay now did you guys uh, jp or nate have any other notes you wanted to just because folks at home i think can buy the tatuaje red right yeah it's, it's readily available uh, i think in about 600 stores around the country. Beautiful. So wow. in case anybody wanted to pick it up, did you guys uh, make any notes about when uh, you did the, the pairings? It really made a really nice pairing with, with that beer. I think at first, it had like brought out the Crystal 120 type of notes or like a real burnt sugar almost type of uh, quality in the beer. And then yeah. as getting into it more, getting into the cigar a little bit more, the base malt flavor in the beer came out a little bit more. The Maris Otter type of biscuit, bread, that kind of thing. It was... Really nice compliment to the beer. Okay, yeah, I got a lot of that How too. You found that? <laughs> the uh, from from the cigar, I got a lot of like spice, uh, like a nutmeg, uh, maybe even definitely a, a, t- a tiny bit of like an allspice uh, uh-huh. thing, and then p- that paired with uh, the beer, um, I did get all. Uh, it did accentuate the the crystal malt, the heavier kind of malts. Um, that you can get uh, with those English kind of beers, um, and for me, they combined and made uh, almost a gingerbread yeah. uh, flavor in oh, my nice. mouth. And it was it was um, I I'd, I'd never done this before. Um, I you know so well, actually you say that ginger gingerbread actually has a, a tinge of bitterness to it. Yes, if you yes. really think about it. So that's but I like the I like the pairing. <laughs> It was. Uh, it was. Like the sound of it. Yeah, it was a great uh, result. I've you know smoking cigars off and on for a few years, and uh, and I've just never really sat down to pair it with a beer. I've had right. it with a beer, um, but I've never really thought about trying to find the two flavors that really match. Um, and and yeah. for me, that style of beer, the English English pale with the kind of deeper malt character, really went very very well with uh, with your cigar. I think the esters yeah. are pretty critical too. It brought the esters in that English beer. Paired yeah. really well with the the flavors from the tobacco. The earthiness of that tobacco really came through, and I could see yeah. why you would like to have a hefeweizen with that uh, beer or yeah. that cigar. Pete. Or even that a seems to make sense. Yeah, yeah, I, beer, I, yeah. I just, that sweetness. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm not a huge beer guy. I I get to experiment every once in a while. I'm, I'm more of a wine guy. Surprisingly enough, I I drink red wine with uh, with cigars, which should clash completely. But mm-hmm. for me, it works. Yeah, I mean it, it's not. Uh, no one's got the same palate. We all have you know different profiles, and you might like a beer more than uh, one of the other guys like uh, likes that beer. Um, it's the same thing with cigars. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, we do I, I make a lot of cigars now, a lot of different brands within within the Top White Company because I don't want to have pizza every meal of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you probably guys would probably get pretty bored if you had to make the same beer every day. Oh yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah, yeah and I got to taste the crazy beers up in Seattle from a, a young beer maker up there. Um, he had like shiitake mushroom beer, which was amazing. Wow, cool. Um, 
Was it a home brewer or a brewery? No, it's a small... I wish I had his card on me. Um, it's a small brewery um, up in the up in the Soto area of yeah. um, of Seattle. And uh, I bet we know him. I'm trying to think of the name too. I think I have his T-shirt hanging in my closet. As a matter of fact, huh. uh, cool young young uh, yeah company. Yeah. I wish I had the, his card on me. Yeah, no worries. But I think the kid's like 26 years old, and he just decided to start it. I'm a fan of people who take risks. You know, just never, you just never know when when something's going to work out for you. Right. Well, then you should love us. Epic ales. That's (laughs) what it is. Epic ales. Epic. Yeah, epic ales. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, His name is Cody Morris. Okay, we'll check it out. Yeah. JP likes to take risks. I do. That's why he spends a lot of time in Oakland. I do. I share needles a lot. <laughs> I share a lot of needles. Yeah. And um, right. Yeah. That's around my lucky crack pipe. <laughs> Don't bring Brian to Oakland. <laughs> uh Oh, I'll stay away, Pete. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed that uh, that 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 Pete doesn't sound like a big dummy because I thought maybe he was like the Cat Von D of uh, cigars down there. Oh God. Hey, I told you, Justin. This guy, you know, I think he's more humble than than you know on the phone here. But Pete's he's this guy's a masterful blender. He's a great guy. He just knows his stuff. Right. He does. It's too bad. No, you know, Brian. He, one thing is that uh, I know what's good for me. The <laughs> fact that you guys actually liked it. It's a bonus. Right. <laughs> right. You know what? That is so craft beer of you, too, man. A lot of the brewers we interviewed, they say the same thing. They just say, you know what? I brew what I like. We brew the yeah. beer that we wanted to drink because it wasn't available to us. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and yeah. people loved it for you know because of that. So You know, this will be a good, uh, a hard guess to get a recipe out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, Pete, I was supposed to ask you a little bit about your, your blend. Can you tell us anything about the Tatuaje Red blend of tobacco? Yeah, it's uh, predominantly Nicaraguan uh, tobacco. I mean, binder and filler Nicaraguan. We uh, don't use any uh, Lajero in the blend, which is the top of the plant. Uh, that's where you get a lot of strength out of it. Okay. It's mostly uh, a base of Viso and Seco with a little bit of Volato, which is another part of the plant. It, I wanted that earthy, like that mild earthy note, but I wanted to also get that floral character because I have a... I have another cigar um, in my line that's like its big brother, and that's that's the one that has the strength and the, the heavy, deep earth uh, without that floral note. Okay. Um, the wrapper's from Ecuador. It's Habano seed. Um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Corojo and Criollo seeds uh, grown in Esteli and Jalapa for the filler and binder. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, experimenting with parts of plants right you just never know which uh which parts of the plants are going to work for your palate and i always figured it was just the leaf like one particular part i didn't know there was you know uh certain parts of the same plant yeah that you can get these different flavors from yeah i mean there's strength levels because uh, whatever's closest to the sun whatever's closest to the, the earth you know um, which, uh, whatever's been on the plant, the longest gets bigger, it's going to be less concentrated, the smaller leaves are going to be, you know, really bold and and uh, strong. And just, I'm sure there's parallels in the, in the beer industry that it's kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you find, uh, I'm not really sure, do you find hops from different parts of uh, 
different farms that taste different. We do. Yes. Absolutely. That's absolutely true, you know, depending on the soil that they grow from. Um, as, as far as, I think, you know, being the different part of the hop plant, it's actually more generational, I think. They, they tend to say uh, kind of a lower yield and less of the bittering acid in the younger plants. And after a year or two, you get the full alpha acid, we call it, and, and, and a big yield out of the plants. But I think whether you're taking the hops from the top or the bottom, um, it's not, it's so not intricate enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not um, impactful, I guess. That would be, yeah. that would be, I think it would be a lot of work. With tobacco, it's a little easier to separate because there's not that many leaves right. per plant, and they're pretty large. But to separate hops... <laughs> yeah, you just wouldn't of, do uh, yeah. <laughs> And what happens is you put so many together that you're not really talking about a huge difference in bitterness. The combination is just what you get. It evens out, yeah. yeah. But yeah. from different growing areas, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. 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 You take Cascade from Argentina versus the Pacific Northwest, and they seem yeah. like they're entirely different hops, even though it's the same. Oh, variety. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's parallel to the wine and tobacco, then, because it, you could have the same tobacco grown 20 feet away from each other, and they could taste differently. Right, right. It's kind of like wine. You know, I think you really, maybe tomatoes grow better in, in certain parts of the, the field than other tomatoes. I don't know. You know, I think it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, depending it, on sun exposure or moisture. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, let me fire off some listener questions to you so I can let you go, Pete. I know you got to get moving. Okay. Uh, let's see. In our chat room, hanging out with Bevo, a few questions came through. One person writes, what's the difference between Cuban seed and Cuban grown? Does it make that much of a difference? Uh, Cuban seeds, uh, usually tobacco uh, or seeds that came from, from uh, Cuban plants, that you know, first-generation Cuban seed. Yeah. Everybody uses that term, Cuban seed. You really want first-generation Cuban seeds, because I think um, some of the seeds that Cuba used came from different parts of the world, and then <laughs> then they became Cuban seed. Um, Cuban-grown, yeah, it could mean a few things. Uh, Cuban-grown, the farmer could have been Cuban. <laughs> Cuban rolled, the roller was Cuban. Yes, his, I like uh, that. His name could have been Cuban. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean... It could be Mark Cuban out there growing these things. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> right. That's hey. my that's my new cigar company. Cuban Grow. Cuban Cigars. I'm changing my name to Cuban. <laughs> right. There's a place in Texas called Cuba, Texas, that I want to move my distribution company <laughs> to. <laughs> Ship directly from Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, it's uh but Cuban grown it's probably he's probably referring to uh you know, the the fact that the tobacco is grown in Cuba by uh, you know, on on the soil that the, that's been sought after for for so many years, but yeah, Cuban seed could mean a variety of things. But you really want first generation Cuban seed, okay? So, but uh, I mean, all the seeds we use are all Cuban seed. Uh, luckily, we have first generations, um, but we're starting to use second generation of, of certain seeds that we have. So, you know, it's basically we we crop seeds every year. Um, on the farms, or Pepina and I do on their farms, and they use it for upcoming years. But they try to get new seeds from from the island here and there. So, okay, all right. Another question that came through. Um, mm-hmm. This one's kind of broad, but maybe you can give us a, a, a short insight. How, what is a cigar? <laughs> one listener <laughs> wants to know: How do we tell the difference between fine cigars and cheap cigars? What qualities do we look for? <laughs> is that? Oh. Uh, well, you know, some, and that's a tough one because there, there are, you know, inexpensive handmade cigars. Um, okay. 
but it's really how they've been put together. I mean, you might have to look at the inexpensive ones, just the quality of the roll, to make sure that there's no, uh, you know, awkward lumps in the cigar or the, the head where they where they put the cap on the cigar is is pretty, or there's no huge blemishes on the wrapper. Um, there are like the difference between like the extremes, like Philly blunts and a quality cigar. You're talking about uh, Philly blunts are are made with paper, you know, and some paper in the filler, but also homogenized tobacco leaf uh, for wrapper. So it's not even it's not even. And plus, they're made by machine. Okay. Uh, quality fine cigars that you see um, in like a real tobacco store, you're gonna you're gonna see that you know the cigars are handmade. They're made by uh, you know people who actually have been doing this for years and learned the craft of rolling something in their hands. Um, not too not too far off from pot, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Quality quality cigars are you, you'll you'll notice the difference. I mean. Okay. You. you the biggest difference: handmade and machine made. Okay. And you know what? Yeah. I think I might even be able to tell that nowadays, having seen a few nice cigars and, yeah. and machine made. You know, I think you can feel that. You make some good points yeah, about I mean, the lumps, you'll, and you'll see the difference. I mean, if you if you even go into a cigar store where they have a range of a dollar cigar all the way up to a twenty dollar cigar, yeah, you'll see the difference in the quality between those. Uh, sometimes when you get into like the five six dollar range compared to a twenty dollar range, you might not see the difference as far as aesthetics go. It's all about what goes into it. Okay. It seems like care for the yeah. product is really critical too. Similar with craft beer. You could have an excellent craft beer if it wasn't properly stored at the right temperature and shipped you're, that yeah, way. You're gonna, you're gonna ruin the the beer. It seems like it was a similar thing with cigars. If the right humidity and temperature it hasn't been stored properly, it's gonna deteriorate fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Actually, I have a question for you guys. How does uh, how does shipping uh, affect craft beer? Very critical. Yeah, it's, critical. and it's a big fight that uh, that craft brewers have right now because you know a long time ago the big beer companies set up uh, the shipping routes for for and, yeah and, and, uh, and ended up owning the dis- yeah there you go so they end- <laughs> are perfect so nice. you know yeah so they had a monopoly you know they really understood the need to ship and store beer cold and so they made that yeah. they made a point out of that well when the little guys came in who some of them not so little anymore. Um, it's still a big fight. Usually they can get their beer shipped cold, but once it arrives on location, especially at like a big box store, like a beverages and more, um, you know, that stuff sits in a hot warehouse in the middle of California somewhere until it gets brought to the liquor store. And there is, you know, a lot of the brewers do their own studies. We're talking about, it only takes days, not even weeks for a beer to deteriorate in the heat. So yeah, you, you know what? Um, I I find it with with uh, big wines. I mean, the expensive wines that, that come into the states from from France. I've actually gotten in on some deals for some really good bottles of wine, and and I open them up, and I'm like, wow, this was stored at like a high temperature at one point because it, it's almost like the beer has been. I mean, the uh, the wine was aged almost ten years, and it's it's a brand new wine. I mean, that's yeah. exactly right. It's, Same with yeah. beer. It could be, you know, in that case, it could be just smaller distributors don't don't have the the uh, the warehousing to 
Yeah. You know, to meet the demand. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly what happens with the. We had uh, Sierra Nevada on the show a couple of weeks ago, and even a oh, company, cool. even a company of that size, they still have to deal with uh, you know distributorship problems uh, because of, the, of of treating their beer right. So it's a big, wow. yeah, makes a big difference. All right, couple more questions here from the chat. Okay. Um, oh, uh, one of our guys wants to know where your cigar factory is. Actually, uh, Papine's factory, he has two of them. Okay. It's actually uh, him and his family. Um, one's in Miami. That's where the the brand originally started. Uh, well, actually, it started in Los Angeles, but uh, that's where the, the first cigars for my company were made. Okay. And then in 2006, they opened up a factory in Nicaragua. Um, they just finished a brand new factory about a year ago in Nicaragua. It's probably one of the most beautiful facilities um, you could actually walk into. And if they go out of business, they can always sell it to like Budweiser because it's that big. <laughs> <laughs> wow, beautiful. Okay, and my last question for you is: if you can talk sure. to us a little bit about how you're involved with the uh, Cigar Rights of America. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really that involved. I uh, I don't know, Brian. This might be a question for you. <laughs> Well, I think... I'm, I'm just a supporter of the organization. Um, okay, I do what I can to support, you know, within my means to support uh, a grassroots operation like that that uh, is really trying to get consumers to stand up for their personal freedoms. Got it. Um, I'm a, obviously a big fan of my consumers. Uh, they're the ones that keep me in business, <laughs> right? So, um, so I want to see them continue to have their rights intact and not stripped away like they've been constantly after over the last few years. So, Okay. See, I think, I gotta yeah, tell you. Yeah, just a big fan. I have this picture of Pete. Yeah. Kind of like the way I'm trying to mold the BN, right? Yeah. He's not do he's not rolling the cigars himself. He's not making the cigars himself. Right. I think he works like five hours a week, which is what I'm going for here in my life. I think he sits around tasting these cigars and goes, Yeah, hey uh Pepin, listen, yeah. buddy. Hey I, wa- I want it to taste yeah. like this. And then you know He uh, became Italian suddenly, by the way. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> be honest. I am I actually the last name is Johnson, but my mother's maiden name is Suzo. So, yeah, I got the oh. Italian in See, oh, and I'm go. telling you, Pete doesn't work more than five hours a week. He's not doing shit over there. No, actually, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, Love it. Between all the, the plane flights, I don't really have much time to sit and actually work. Right. <laughs> so I'm usually taking a nap sometime around those days. Beautiful. Sounds great. Uh, so you do a lot of promotion for the company? People have you moving around and talking about it or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I might be home 10 days a month. Wow. Yeah. Um, and this month, uh, coming up in September, I'm actually in, I don't know, six states and uh, three countries. So. Wow. Amazing. That's perfect for Bevo. Her husband doesn't leave unless she pays for him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, now, what does this travel I- I- involve? Is this, are you doing sales travel, or is this more appearances? What's the deal? No, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, when I'm not, like, I'll go work. Some of my sales reps will do events for retailers uh, and just do meet and greets with the uh, the consumers. Um, I actually, the, the joke was for me is that uh, I actually thought I was going to be signing albums for a living, and I ended up signing cigar boxes. Nice. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but we work between events. We end up hitting hitting stores to see how our 
our retailers are doing. So okay, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to what you see in your industry. Yeah, I mean, but then again, I, I don't think uh, Bush himself goes wandering around anymore. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, JP can't walk from one end of the room to the other without having to sign autographs. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, he's he's signed more yeah. penises than you can imagine. <laughs> That's it's, true. It's disgusting. Really. It really is, too. <laughs> yeah. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Pete Johnson from Tatuaje Cigars, and I, I believe there's more brands underneath that. So look for Pete Johnson's names on, on a lot of fine cigars right now, and I do appreciate your time with us, man. No, thank you. I'm off to the airport now, so. <laughs> I hope we didn't make you late. Safe travels, brother. No, thank you again. Okay, take care. There you go, Pete Johnson. Not That's a bad good. dude. No, yeah, definitely. That Sounds cool. like he's uh, living the good life. You know, which is kind of the whole, that's another parallel with the cigars and the craft beer. Yeah. If you go into business under them, you're not really looking to uh, spend your life behind a desk. You're looking no. to get out there and have a good time. You know, right, right. So JP's Pete, still working on that. Pete's life is yeah. no nonsense. Yeah. I like oh, no nonsense. Your lifestyle. It's very no throwback. Wow. I think I brought it back. Yeah. I think our one FM listener just smiled at that. <laughs> yeah. And that was me. <laughs> going, oh yeah, I remember that. All right. Uh, well, thanks again. You can you know you can Google Tatuaje and you'll find a lot of reviews of the cigars and different information. But uh, I, I from what I found, Pete's only website is just a great logo of Tatuaje and no information at all. I think it's under construction. Unless I found the one. Yeah. So, yeah. but you can find a lot of reviews about the uh, Tatuaje Red that we talked about that we smoked, as well as some of their other cigars. And I think it's worth looking at if you're a cigar guy, and even if you just think you're a cigar guy, uh, it's worth checking out. I really enjoyed that cigar, yeah. and I by no means am a cigar guy. I just enjoy it every now and then. Yeah, Wikipedia had a whole bunch of stuff about the whole laundry list of awards that he had won and, and really? whatnot, too. So, yeah. Well, I like to see that. Cool. He seems like just a guy who's passionate about it, and, and that's kind of our thing. We dig seeing small guys like that make it big. So, good deal. All right, thanks again, Pete. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick leak. Yeah. I'm actually going to take a long leak. Can we hit another cigar? And uh, No, time? we're going to do that no. at the next at the break after this one. Right. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Brian Berman when we come back about the Cigar Rights of America as well as some more beer pairing. Hang in there. Listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Publications is proud to announce their newest release, Yeast, the Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation by Chris White and Jamil Zanishef. The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation is a resource for brewers of all experience levels. Chris and Jamil thoroughly cover yeast selection, storage, handling yeast, and how to culture yeast. Learn how to set up your own yeast lab, the basics of fermentation science and how it affects your beer, plus step-by-step procedures, equipment lists, and a comprehensive troubleshooting guide. Professionals and homebrewers trust Dr. Chris White, who founded White Labs Yeast more than 15 years ago. And Jamil Zanishev is one of the most respected and most awarded homebrewers in history and co-author of Brewing Classic Styles with John Palmer. Visit Brewers Publications on Facebook for more information. Order your copy at shop.beertown.org or from the Brewing Network. Yeast, the practical guide to beer fermentation by two of the most trusted names in commercial and home brewing. Proudly available soon from Brewers Publications. 
Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 19th century Burton-upon-Trent. Ah, Merry England! Something is amiss, my friends. Be on guard. Are these casks of white Zinfandel will stand the Queen's men in good stead in far Bangalore? Ah, oh, hell no! Blush wine out of Britain be worse than microwaving a kitten. Maharaja Dodgers drinking pink be vomiting predominant on the subcontinent. Oh, dear, you can't drink blush with Vindaloo! Oi, <laughs> what should I do? Ship hogsheads of this high carbonate water. <laughs> no, sir. Please, wait. Just a moment. Well, bless me. A parcel from the future. From one northern brewer. Use this malice auteur, my good man. EKG at a high rate per barrel make ladies wet like Colin Farrell. Now quit Burton ruining the Burton Union and get Burton brewing. Forgettest thou not the bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and keep that nasty-ass bog myrtle inside your sackcloth, Brother Abelard. My stars, but this India Pale Ale is better than wine. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next we dead. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of The Time Brewers. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, boys and girls, talking about cigars and beer pairing here on the Brewing Network this week. And I know I can see the emails and the comments already. You didn't talk about beer the whole show. I don't want to hear it. so bad for you. Why? Oh, yeah, a bunch of whines. We posted uh, the show on the the Facebook. There were some comments about that. Like, uh, what were they saying, Scott? Like, oh... 
I don't. I won't listen. I won't support anything. I'm not for the advancement of tobacco. Yeah. My good. I had a friend die of cancer. He adjusted his monocle and then went to his keyboard. Listen, your friend didn't die uh, because of big tobacco. Your friend died because he smoked a shitload of tobacco. Your friend died because he chose to Over die. Well he, well, he smoked cigarettes, specifically. Well, even still, all tobacco will kill you. I'm not going to lie to people about that. But, uh, you know. Yeah. My point is, when I die of liver cancer, I don't expect anyone yeah. to blame the beer companies uh, for my excessive drinking. You could sue them, probably. <laughs> As a dead guy? Yeah. Well, remember, I was... I expect you to blame me, is my point. The there, person... Take responsibility for yourselves. There was a rash of uh, lawsuits, I think, in the mid-90s against gun manufacturers, saying that the gun manufacturers were responsible for people's deaths right. due to that gun. Right. Retarded. Uh, and they would win. <clears throat> take responsibility. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's talk uh, Nico's announcement before we get into anything else. All right. You had to do a live read here. Should I do it in some sort of Who's broadcaster Nico? voice? Nico I can do it. I like doing live reads. All right. There you go. That's Nico's right. read for today. <coughs> Perfect. Um, BN Army members, would you like an even better deal on hops? Listen closely. NicoBrew.com has just made public its membership program. For just $5 a month with annual membership, you can order up to two pounds of hops per month at 30 to 70% off their current list prices. Current example prices are Simcoe for $14 a pound, CTZ for $7 a pound, and Cascade for just $6 per oh. pound. So if you'd like to be a part of Nico's member... Ship program. Log on to www.nicobrew.com and click the bare bones link at the bottom of the front page. Nico Brew will donate $3 to the Brewing Network for each order of membership placed within 72 hours of this announcement if you mention that you heard this first on the Brewing Network. So go ahead, add more hops, and extend your member ship to Nico's Bare Bones Club. <laughs> there you go. Go to nicobrew.com. Check it out. Good job, JP. Um, you don't get paid extra, you know. Fuck, dude, I'm fucking out of here. I'm going to take it back. Now, do I have to delete it out of the archive now? I have to read it backwards now. Call your manager. Yeah. <coughs> you get double your normal pay. I got two managers <laughs> right here, ready to talk at all times. I've got an important, uh, important piece of the important. Uh, important piece of the feedback. What is it? What is important? Someone was upset uh, because they couldn't stop singing "I'm on a boat" after last week's session. <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. Because I'm on a boat. They said I was watching the YouTube video of this awesome song and realized that it was just featuring T-Pain. It wasn't really T-Pain. The group that put it together is The Lonely Island, and they think that JP might be involved with it. They wanted me to check out uh, their other song, which I think we mentioned on um, the last show. We mentioned this song. Check it out here. That's why they think JP's involved. Lock the room, down my drink with the rhythm's boom. Take your hand and skip the names. No need here for the silly games. Make our way through the smoke and crowd. The club is the sky and I'm on your cloud. Moving close as the laces fly. Our bodies touch Good. and the angels cry. Leave this place, go back to don't yours. Don't shake your head, JP, like you don't know. Leave us fist pumping. got in store. Whisper in my ear that you want some more. And I is in my pants. Oh, yeah. happens, you can take my word. I won't apologize, that's just absurd. Mainly your fault for the way that you die. So now I is in my pants. 
Plus, don't tell your friends or I'll say you're a slut. Plus, it's your fault you were rubbing my butt. I like that. Don't tell your friends or I'll say you're a slut. <laughs> Why do they think you're involved, JP? I don't know. I actually heard that one. I didn't really like it. Really? Yeah, I don't know. After Dick in a Box, you can't come with jizz in my pants. It's kind of hard. The best part was when the guy jizzes in his pants. The the visual, the the look on his face. That's awesome. Uh huh. It's yeah. a good one. You like that, Scott? Mm-hmm. You like how guys look when they jizz? <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you enjoy? Oh man, it's a cathartic experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> Actually, I heard the uh, the new hotness is now Major Laser. Major What's that? Laser? I'm sorry. Did you just say new hotness? The new hotness. Oh my god. What is that? Gosh. Is that the group name or the song name? Uh, it's the group name, apparently. Is it a, are we talking parody group like that or no, like a real? I think it's like a real uh, deal, but they have a video that's directed by one of those guys in uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show. If you ever seen that on Comedy Central or Cartoon Network or whatever it is, we're super cutting edge. We're like actively discussing videos that were posted a year and a half ago to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, go on YouTube. Oh, they are. Yeah, keep get, keep it going louder. That's a good one. But the video is just creepy. I didn't really mean to go through all this. What does this have to yeah. do with beer? Oh, it's a remix. Oh, you suck, JP. Yeah. Get, How do gonna, I suck? <laughs> gonna I, didn't, out, I didn't ask you to Google it. At least my ideas uh. were prepared. If you're going to throw things out, be ready. For what? It's not my fault. You picked the wrong one. It is actually your fault. Is it? If you're going to bring it up, give me the right one. Major laser. Don't argue with me. You're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so what we're here to do is talk about craft beer and cigar pairing, yes. and uh, we've also got Brian Berman in the room, and Brian came in prepared. Let me say, let me let me explain to you folks how this goes. So Brian comes in, uh, he's got magazine in hand. He was in Cigar Snob magazine last month with this hot broad on the cover. Interview with Brian. Yeah. All right, big magazine in the cigar world. Which you haven't even put down since you looked at that hot broad. I can't listen. <laughs> she's uh, she's pretty unbelievable. Nobody else agrees? No, I agree. Hot. I just, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Because I was going to call you a bunch of homos there. She needs there a in cheeseburger stat. Much better than the chick on the cover of Beer Snob magazine. Put a cheeseburger all over her. That's fine, too. <laughs> so he's got an article in here. He comes in with a with a bag of wonderful cigars and everything you need because he knows we're not going to have all the shit to light it and, right. and cut it and, and do all that. And uh, totally hot wife that doesn't even speak English. <laughs> and great. listen, what kind of amazing... Uh, <laughs> this guy's got a point. This guy uh, knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, he's not fucking around. Listen, it's, uh, it's a gift that some of us have. You know, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Where's your wife from? Uh, she's from the Dominican Republic. How'd you meet her? I was actually down there doing mission work with my church. Is that right? I was, and uh, down there doing some cigar stuff, and sure enough, she uh, lived about uh, two minutes from the cigar factory. And I see. It was love at first sight, and then I just had to convince her to re- reciprocate on my side. You know? Right. So. <laughs> Another white man comes down to the Dominican and steals their women. <laughs> the men down there gotta be pissed. <laughs> they gotta be real Get gringo out of here. How long have you guys been up? married now? Uh, we just passed our one-year anniversary. So. What is she, 17? Uh, no, no, she's uh, she's in her 20s. Is that right? She's in her 20s. She's exactly 20. <laughs> no, she's no, in a little bit, older, little bit older than that. Oh, she's cute. So, Good job. She's a great girl, man. She's a nice, wonderful... I am blessed. Nice lady. All right. And you brought us a bunch of cigars, which was a, a very nice of you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Anytime. Help facilitate the discussion. We've got another pairing that we'll talk about with Brian here in a few minutes, and then when we take the next break, we're going to go and actually smoke the, the third and final pairing that we'll talk about tonight. Uh, Bevo was even smoking cigars with us out there. Yes, yeah, she yeah. was. 
Which, she did uh, a great job. Yeah. yeah. She really knew how to handle that cigar. She was kind of holding it like a wiener. <laughs> Shut like, up. Don't oh, she, hold it like a wiener. She kind of shake. She kind of shook it over her face like <laughs> yeah. a bottle of ranch. Yeah, she held it up and then just, oh. She's like, how does this thing work? And yeah. she kind of like was wiggling it over each eye. Pretty much. <laughs> she kept like squinting, just waiting for it, something to come out of it. Yeah. It was weird. She had muscle memory just to reach out for the balls. Just reach out for them. <laughs> Other hands. Oh, hi, Beef. Reach out for the balls. Hi. <laughs> All right. So Brian uh, actually is the uh, membership director. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. For Cigar Rights of America. And we, we mentioned it briefly, but uh, explain to us what Cigar Rights of America is once more. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, basically, it was a cigar movement for consumers that was created. It's it's we're a nonprofit organization, uh, consumer driven in all fifty states across the country. And basically, listen, we're just a bunch of cigar enthusiasts that want to continue to enjoy hand rolled premium cigars. And so, uh, our organization, Cigar Rights of America, we work uh, at all levels of government at the the local level, the state level, the federal level. We work on taxation uh, of cigars. We work on uh, smoking bans where you can enjoy cigars, regulation of cigars, uh, and also our big uh, undertaking is to separate out cigars from big tobacco. Okay. So. Well, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. How'd you get into cigars? You're a young kid, too. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I've enjoyed cigars for several years, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer when they asked me to come on board and, and help to develop the organization, uh, but I, I love it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm learning every day, and I'm around some of the most uh, creative and, and ingenious minds in the tobacco industry, and uh, it's just, it's a great art firm to, to really see the history, the, the history that comes behind all this stuff is just amazing, so. Okay. And now, is it a full-time gig for you to to be the membership di- uh, director there at CRA? Yeah, at I'm, this point. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, we have full t- uh, two full-time employees with us at CRA, but uh, we have 114 uh, CRA ambassadors that work with me. Uh, basically, those are your local representatives. Those are your guys that are out in your areas talking uh, about what CRA is doing, the legislation, uh, recruiting new members, basically spreading the cause. Yeah. So uh, people probably never know who I am, but you'll know your local ambassador, and that's and that's the most important thing. I don't know if you guys see the parallel here to the American Homebrewers Association as well. I mean, just really working on making sure that home, you know, where it's illegal, that it becomes legal and, and keeping us able to carry our homebrew to events and shit like that. I really dig it. Isn't it crazy, though, that this day and age, we have to have these little lobby organizations to let us still maintain that th- to do the things we want to do? <laughs> I should it, just be normal. I know. And I agree with you. And I, I think you, I think you're absolutely right. Although I think, you know, it, it comes with population. And again, it, it's yeah. it's part of the territory. I'm, I think we're blessed um, as a country that we're not that there aren't other countries that are allowed to do this and more, but we're blessed as a country to be able to have these organizations to to, to speak out and fight for us too. That's the first know? positive thing so. I've ever heard you say like that. That's really great <laughs> about this country. I, I want to applaud you. I do. <laughs> Actually, you're changing country. Other than that, <laughs> there's, there's that Good puritanical man. mindset in the U.S. a little bit when it comes to things like tobacco or beer or whatnot. So you have to vegetarianism. Have, yeah, exactly. You yeah. have to have these organizations that will. Uh, you know, mobilize those people. <laughs> Otherwise, you never know what could happen, JP. Yeah. Well, it's also part of uh, keeping your mouth shut. You know, you, you have someone who come into a neighborhood or a community. They think they know what's best for everybody. Right. Nobody says anything. It's like, oh, nothing's going to happen. And then next thing you know, you're not allowed to do the things you enjoy doing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's great that we have little, uh, you know, uh, 
people like this, organizations, yeah, like to help this. us out. So it can be they can be our voice when we can't. Nobody's seen it yet, but Nate just started the "Don't Kill the Furry Little Animals for Your Food" organization. Dot <laughs> org. Shh, we're not supposed to talk about that on the air, Justin. And, uh, uh, I, I think he's going to talk to you. My image here. You know? <laughs> I think he, Brian's going to talk to you at the break about how to get ambassadors in each part of the world too to <laughs> stop us from eating the furry yeah, animals. Steal their model, <laughs> their <laughs> advocacy right. model. Right. That's right. Now, why were you in Cigar Snob Magazine, which has the best cover I've ever seen in the world? You know, Cigar Snob is a Miami, Florida-based uh, publication, but recently they've expanded across the country, and uh, they came to me. I'm not sure why they picked me. Maybe everybody else was busy. But uh, they came to me <laughs> and basically asked if I would be the uh, L.A. critic or L.A. Uh, uh, you know representative and kind of give some spin and my experience and what we've got going on in, in Los Angeles, California, and... Uh, I humbly accepted, and it was been, uh, it was very nice. It was a great honor to, to work with these guys. It's a great magazine, and uh, the cover's not too bad either. No, <laughs> I keep trying to see a little nipple, but it's well hey, covered. It's well placed. Hey, uh, brush that thing out, man. Well placed shells that yeah. she's wearing around her uh, her uh, body there. So the great, the other great thing about this magazine, which is actually kind of what instigated this show, is just uh, on the page right before your interview, they've done uh, a really nice. Uh, it's a very uh, not a lot of text, a very short article with some nice pictures, which is probably why I like it so much. Uh, about uh, perfect pairings, a celebration beers actually and cigars, huh. and what the author did. Uh, Eric Calvino is the author, and what he did was take. Uh, what he called three celebration beers, um, which it looks like two of them are actually uh, limited release beers, and, and one of them isn't. It's bro- Brother Thelonious, uh-huh. which is now a regular release. North Coast. Although it is yeah. a celebration of, of a person, um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, that's from North Coast Brewing. Uh, yeah, Lagunitas Wilco Tango Foxtrot. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Multi robust jobless recovery ale is how they describe it. Huh. And then, of course, the uh, Sierra Nevada 30th anniversary Fritz and Ken's Ale, uh, uh, which is a nice beer. Perfect yes. for a cigar, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Brian and I drank uh, 30th last night, just enjoyed a cigar oh, out on my balcony. Awesome. And, yeah, it was a great pairing. Yeah. Ooh, I thought you were balcony. unemployed. Do you have a balcony? Yeah. Unemployed? Well, I work here. Working the BN. That's practically unemployed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And your me. other gig is playing poker, so let's face it, you're unemployed. I'm a Jew. Jews have money. <laughs> I was born with millions of dollars in my bank account. What does your balcony overlook? From Hollywood. Uh, the Bay. The San Francisco Bay. You shitting me? Nope. What's going on with you over there, Moscow? The yeah, I'm rolling there. in it, buddy. Are you a are you a mama's boy? No, no, no. I got a Jewish mom. She annoys me. Okay. No, I love my mom, but but she's not, not a mama's boy. You're not never like a trust me. fund baby. She might be listening. No, I'm not a yeah. trust fund baby. Yeah, she might be listening. I love you, mom. Hmm. Have to see this balcony of yours. So, brother Thelonious was paired with Alec Bradley Tempus, Magistry. Great it cigar is the cigar. Um, he also describes these cigars as celebration cigars in the sense that. You normally would have them on a special occasion, so they must not be $5 cigars, I'm imagining. No, these are some of the nicer stuff. Okay. A Davidoff Royal Salamonis. Mm-hmm. Am I saying these right? Yep. Salmonilla. Right. Please feel free to correct me. And then finally, the Padron 1926 Saray, 80th anniversary. Yep, 1926 Saray anniversary. It's a great cigar. Does that mean that this cigar is from 1926? What does this mean? No, they're celebrating uh, some of their heritage from 1926, but that cigar does have aged uh, tobacco in it, you know, from several years. Very high-end cigar. The Davidoff, also a wonderful cigar. Okay. Uh, and, and the Tempest, too. Alan Rubin from Alec Bradley Cigars uh, created that, and it's a, uh, it's a great smoke. 
So in the article, uh, Tempest was paired with the Thelonious, the Davidoff was paired with the Lagunitas, and finally the Padron was paired with the Sierra Nevada 30th anniversary. And really all they did was, you know, they, he didn't go into depth about the beer along with the pairings. He uh, It looks like he's just recommending the pairings here, and he talked a little bit about the cigars and a little bit about why they go together. Um, which I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm not real excited about that. I, I, you know, one of the complaints we get about the show is when we bring up a topic, but then don't really go into depth about it. We don't cover it. So, um, next time you should have a uh, cigar snob and particularly the Hot woman snob. on the front uh, contact me when they're going to do the perfect pairings article about beer and I'll help them get a little more in depth about the flavors, which hopefully we'll do. A little bit here on the show. It won't be the only perfect pair Justin's interested in. <laughs> yeah! I don't get it. In depth. <laughs> Is it like bowls? They are small, though. I like small boobs. See, I like the big boobs. I like small What's boobs. the like about small boobs? I don't. I guess I don't care about them. Hmm. I mean, like, grab them real easy. <laughs> I can't he just gritted his teeth. Yeah. Did he just grit his he teeth did. to say that? Can feel his anger. Oh, like, you just, like when you close your teeth and you have to like talk. Like a stress ball, you know? Uh, it just says sex offender, by the way. <laughs> it's like those stress balls where you squeeze it and the eyes pop out. I just gotta like grab them! I don't want to see the eyes pop out! Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I enjoy them. Alright, so some good pairings there. And uh, so I want to ask you a couple of things about cigars in general before we get into the pairings. Talking sure. Because there's a few things that you mentioned. Uh, Nate brought it up in the interview with Pete, and I heard you mention it outside when we were uh, tasting these cigars to begin with. And that is the word fermented, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously is is big in the beer world, and uh, everything we do is fermented. So yeah. what part of a cigar is fermented? The, the entire cigar, what happens is when the tobacco is brought in and they're drying out the tobacco, they actually go through a fermentation process where they put the tobacco in big bale-like uh, you know, pallets. And the whole point there is they're fermenting out uh, some of the ammonia that's naturally in tobacco uh, to get some of the bitterness out of it. They're also fermenting out some of the nicotine. Actually, quite a bit of the nicotine is fermented out. And as the tobacco is fermenting and changing and drying from a green leaf, basically, to the brown leaf that you see uh, on the finished product or a dark leaf that you see on the finished product, um, that whole process is creating flavor. Uh, it's packed very tightly in these bales, and so you have uh, tobaccos kind of marrying with each other uh, as far as the flavors are concerned. And so um, that's the that's every cigar is fermented. So uh, all the tobacco leaves are fermented before they're put into uh, a rolled product. So fermentation to us is, and, and by the way, the same thing takes place. All these flavor profiles, but fermentation to us is is, is that yeast goes to work on on fermentable sugars and and creates a byproduct and 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 there are several the two main byproducts are, are co2 and 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 alcohol but during the process we also end up with flavors and esters and aromas so but it's actually it's it, it, fermentation to us is the act of a, of a yeast consuming fermentable sugars so when you say fermentation of tobacco, are you describing the same thing? It's it's similar, yes. When these are fermented, they're, they're housed at a very high temperature. And matter of fact, when the tobacco begins in the fermentation process, it begins uh, from a, a lower temperature, say 80 degrees, 85 degrees, and will rise as the bales are compressed, as they're inside these, these uh, fermentation rooms, okay. uh, over 100, you know. And so and during this process, that's when you're fermenting out moisture, you're fermenting out, you know, the various the uh, aromas, and the various ammonias and other things that are coming out of the, the tobacco leaves. So it sounds like it's it, it might be this kind of the same process, I especially it if it's be, generating yeah. heat. 
Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. Oh so. yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's something going on there. Okay. Now, how does the um, what is the active culture in there, and do you have to add it, or is it a natural process no, where it, they just it, pick it's it a natural process. and pile it, and eventually this stuff kind of happens? Yeah, what happens is is you have the master fermenters, which will stack up these bales, and they'll, they'll do it. Uh, you know, they obviously know much more than I do, but they'll do it in such a way that they'll rotate the bales every so many days, thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, and as the heat's rising in the middle of the bales, they're rotating that middle to the top, or rotating the bottom to the middle, and so on and so forth. So there's there there's a whole process that's involved uh, with that. I love this. The seller masters of tobacco, in yes. that sense, really yeah. having to move it around. How much you want to bet that's probably some Britannomyces or wild yeast fermentation, too? It's got to be. Some lactic, uh, maybe something. So, Brian, it seems like it'd be critical, too, to keep the fermentation from going too quickly so that leaves don't rot or something like this, yeah, too, abso- also. Absolutely, and that's what's going to give you the difference, in part, you know, with the bitterness or the sweetness to a cigar, how, how the uh, aromas are coming off of that cigar. Right. Uh, and it's you know it's done very precisely. It's charted out on the walls, uh, and they and they watch it very carefully as it goes through the. the so process. even those those yeasts or the the parts that take part in the fermentation process are there naturally. The process is fairly controlled in terms of how quickly and at what temperature and those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's fairly rudimentary, but it's very controlled. And and these guys absolutely know what they're doing. And that's the difference between you know a, a good fermentation and a and a poor fermentation. So. I cool. think since it might also be, like you guys are mentioning, Britannomyces and, and whatever these kind of natural uh, bugs are, mm-hmm. it's got to also be pretty location-dependent Exactly. on whether it's good. In other words, you know, I could make a cool ship in my backyard here in Pacheco, but it's not going to taste like Cantillon, is right. it? So it, does, does where this fermentation take place, uh, is this something that cigar connoisseurs look for? Uh, I don't think so much where the fermentation takes place, okay. because it's more of the blends and where the tobacco was grown from and how it's hybrid and how it's blended. Okay. Uh, but certainly it has to be controlled and it has to be done in the right environment. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the humidity is controlled, the temperature is controlled, the, the uh, time that it's kept at certain locations in the pile, uh, in the bale, is controlled, among other factors. So. Okay. Well, I would imagine it's probably more what organisms are on the leaf at the time rather from than where they airborne grew. stuff. Yes. Right, like you get yeah. you know, plums and fruits and even... And grapes have it. A lot of our wine yeast is cultured from from wild yeast on grapes in different parts of the world. So maybe uh, I imagine it's maybe something like that, where it's whatever's cultured on the leaf. That's what starts working, you know, in the dark and the heat. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, as he was saying that, where it really depends on where it came from. I was thinking the same thing. That I guess it probably comes with its local flora and fauna at that point. Yeah. Flora. Probably not fuck? fauna. Yeah. Probably not fauna. <laughs> Might be. What the fuck do I know? I, don't know. <laughs> I just like sounding good. Yeah. Now, the good. other part I want to ask you about, uh, to me, there are two parts to the cigar. There's the blended Front or back. unblended tobacco innards, and then there's this outer layer. And what is the outer wrapping? Because that's a bit of tobacco, too, right? Sure. There's actually three parts to a cigar. Okay. So what you have is you have your, your inside, which is called your filler, that's wrapped with a binder, which keeps it all together, and then the exterior is called a wrapper. Okay. And, and each play a different role. Together, the three are going to give you the, the complexity and the aromas and the flavors of the cigar. But basically, it's it's all broadleaf tobacco, so it's not your shredded uh, portions of tobacco that you're going to find in, in a cigarettes or in maybe some uh, other types. Uh, they're all full-leaf tobaccos, and so you have your, your filler, which is inside, 
uh, wrapped with your binder, that's going to give you a certain taste. And then you put on a uh, wrapper on that, and that's p- partially done for aesthetics. You want the cigar to be pleasing. That's what, uh, you know, some people talk about the imperfections in it. Uh, these are natural leaves. You know, that's all they are. So they want to keep them looking consistent. Uh, they remove the veins from the leaves to make it, uh, take out the bitterness, to mm. take out some of the unesthetical pieces of the cigar. Uh, but also the wrapper is going to give you taste on your lips, not just the, the smoke on your palate, but it's going to give you the flavor to your lips and, and the, either a sweetness or a tartness or a spiciness as well. So the three parts of the cigar is what, what makes them together. Okay. And they, they don't remove all the veins, because you were pointing this out to me last night, um, that you can still see some fine veins in the wrapper. Yeah, well, the wrapper, mostly, they're going to have the main, especially the main uh, stem or the main vein taken out of it. Yeah. And that's, that's mostly going to be there because the wrapper's a very pliable, uh, you know, part of the of the cigar. But inside, depending on the type of tobacco used, if it's a Viso or Lajero or Seiko, they're going to cut that leaf as they're folding it and, and putting it into the cigar. And you may actually have some stems in there, but only in the inside. You, you will never find a stem in a, a premium cigar uh, on the wrapper uh, at least that's not what you're supposed to do. Just like when I used to buy good weed. If it had stems in it... Stems and seeds, no good. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was from Mexico. And uh, otherwise, it was from NorCal. Spare tire weed. Yeah, that's right. Humboldt, man. <laughs> See, you know, if only I knew, you know, now, or then what I do now about, uh, you know, 13, 15, oh, 14, yeah. buying pot, a bunch of seeds, and throw them in the dirt. Yeah. See what happened. Well, you would have grown that bad Mexican weed is what you did. <laughs> Free <happened>. weed, though? <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what would It's happen. the right kind of flora and fauna. <laughs> now, are there good all-American cigars where the tobacco is from the U.S. and they're rolled in the U.S.? And You know, uh, a lot of tobacco is rolled. It comes out of, you know, Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper. Uh, Pennsylvania has some great tobacco. Uh, okay. Different other places throughout the country have great tobacco that's used mostly for the wrapper. Okay. Uh, most of the cigars you're going to find have uh, tobacco that comes from either Dominican Republic, Honduras, Nicaragua. Those are your kind of your three big ones. And then you also have Mexican tobacco and tobacco from Jamaica or the Bahamas uh, and various other places that are in the proper climates to grow the, the, the healthy tobacco plant. But okay. as far as 100% uh, U.S. grown, U.S. rolled cigar, uh, it may be out there. I'm not aware of it, uh, but it's not it's not common. Okay. That's a good answer, by the way. Yeah. That's a good answer for no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not really. Yeah. Uh, it does make sense, though, too. I mean, so cigars aren't native to to the to the US right well or is this something you know, listen, that we have cultivated our, our native Indians you know have been smoking tobacco for you know years and years and years before the settlers came in and you know took it over basically and wars have been fought over tobacco so it's been here in some form and you know it comes up also a hundred percent you know natural wild tobacco does it even exist anymore because tobaccos have been married and blended and seeds have been mixed and uh, crossbred of plants so do you have just the original strain, if you will, of tobacco. Uh, I don't know if anyone can point back to that original strain because it's been used and seeds from Cuba have been brought over to various countries. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, but it, but it's been here for years. I mean, tobacco's sure. been used in the United States for years. Okay. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the pairings that we've done, too. And so what we did was uh, Brian bought us a, uh, brought us a, a few cigars uh, to try. The first one that we talked about was the Tatuaje Red, and we had that with the, with the Fiddler's Elbow. We talked about that because Pete was on, and it was his cigar. And that was a nice pairing. And I, I will say that, you know, one of the things I found consistently across both pairings that we've done so far is that the, the sweet maltiness of a beer has helped the... the 
kind of bitterness of a cigar. Absolutely. At one point during our pairing, uh, Bevo asked if we got the burning sensation on our palates. She was getting it more after drinking, um, taking a sip of the beer, uh, as opposed to just having the cigar. And I was getting it more when I was peeing. <laughs> you got the, more of a burning sensation. Yeah. It's a different topic. Oh. I definitely, I will say that uh, when I smoke cigars, I do notice a, a burning tinge uh, on the palate. Even when I'm down at the the beginning of a cigar, right? Not even, I don't just mean that the coal is up close. But to me, I actually found that when pairing it with beer, I was able to kind of smooth that out yeah. and, and, and quell it a little bit mm-hmm. in a really nice way. It was probably the most enjoyable cigar I've had because of the, of, of, of the pairing. It's like a coating. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I found, you know, it's uh coats your mouth in that you know that way that a malty beer can. Right. Um, yeah. So the second cigar that we did and we can kind of lead into this discussion is we had the Juan Garcia Jaime. um which uh, uh, sorry, Jaime sorry. Garcia, that's right. You're right. I I can't even read my own writing. The Jaime Garcia, which was a kind of a limited cigar. Yeah, what originally happened, this is the one that we smoked was called the Jaime uh, Garcia Reserva Especial. Okay. And basically Jaime Garcia is uh the son of famed uh, Jose Pepin Garcia. And uh, he made this cigar for a party in New York that he was going to. It was just going to be a limited run, and they asked him to bring some cigars, and he blended the cigar up. And so many people asked him how they can get this cigar that they eventually he decided to you know mass produce it in, in a limited run. When I say mass produce, I mean it's it's now available to the public. You can get it at your fine tobacconist, but it's it's done in a limited run. Okay. So, and this cigar, you know, something to note and back to all of our tasting is we've been tasting medium-bodied to full-bodied cigars, uh, medium-flavor to full-flavor cigars. Body or strength and flavor is is separate. They're two different things. So you can have a full-flavor cigar that is a weaker cigar, or you can have, a, you know, a cigar that's a stronger cigar and, and wouldn't have very many flavor at all. Uh, we didn't taste anything on the lower end, like a, a low-bodied cigar. So we're, we're into the more flavorful, the more heavy cigars. Um, and, and this cigar here is more towards the high end of that. So this is what they would call a full-bodied cigar. Okay. So it's got, it's got great strength, it's got great flavor, uh, and it's the first time that Jaime ever used a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper on his own cigars. He's done it on Tatuaje products and a few others, uh, but traditionally he's never used it. So he just uses Nicaraguan tobacco, and now he's got a Nicaraguan binder and filler in this cigar, and he's wrapped it with the Connecticut broadleaf, which just gives it a phenomenal uh, look and taste and just an enjoyable experience. So it's a much darker cigar. First of all, and from from the Tatuaje red that we had, mm-hmm. does that indicate a flavor profile to me yeah. just by the color? It, it could, yeah, it could, and not necessarily, but it could. You know, when you see a darker leaf, you know a couple things. You know, either one that it was grown with more sun. Uh, a lot of tobacco, and when you see lighter cigars, you're going to see them what they're called shade grown, or they actually have these white sheets Seen over that. the top uh, over the top of the tobacco. Yeah. Uh, this tobacco, uh, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how they grow it, but I would imagine that it's grown with more sun. It's fermented longer, maybe at higher temperatures, which gives it that darker uh, the maturity to it, which brings mm-hmm. out the darker uh, kind of oily oily yeah. flavors to it as well. So. so it's not just indicative of the leaf. It's the tobacco inside will will contribute to the color of the outside or no no, no just the color the of the outside okay. is going to be the outside the wrapper outside. okay just that wrapper okay now one thing I found from this one that that kind of heat that we're talking that I was talking about on the palate mm-hmm. I got more of that from this cigar um, more of that kind of a hot uh, sensation it's not just like spiciness yes maybe? that's what I was going to say because yeah. it's not just temperature heat it's a spice type it's of peppery heat that almost. I get it's like mm-hmm. a peppery yeah. so I got more out of this. But then 
so what we did was we we paired this with Affligem Triple. Mm-hmm. Do you want to correct me on that pronunciation, Nate? Am I doing that right? That's correct. Affligem yep. Triple. And um, now this is it's it's very effervescent. Yes. And it's also kind of sweet. Yes. Um, not in the English malt kind of way because it's a lighter body mm-hmm. um, than than the uh, Fiddler's Elbow that we were having. But sweet nonetheless, and I think even contributed from the Belgian yeast, I get more of the sweetness. Yeah, that too, but definitely the residual sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's essentially a golden strong, right? Yeah, it's a triple. It's yeah. A gold, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this, again, was a great pairing because the, the, the cigar itself had a, that, that, that more heat, the more spice to it. It was, it was even a little bolder than the, the Tatuaje. Uh, so having the, the Afligam triple, and mm-hmm. certainly with the effervescence that kind of lifted it off of your palate, like the high carbonation of the Afligam that kind of lifts things off your palate, mm-hmm. in any case, food or, or whatever, I thought was awesome with this cigar. Huh. The cigar would have been too much for me. It's too, it, it's too you said, full-bodied, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's too full-bodied for me to have on its own. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But having it with this beer, the effervescence lifted it off my palate. It cooled it down. And um, the last thing that I found that it kind of gave it was, I didn't have a better description for this, so it's not going to sound good. But it was, it was a tainted citrus flavor. So I started hmm. to pick up citrus. Like a too ripe citrus kind of flavor? Well, it was kind of like the beer itself I wouldn't have described as citrusy. Right. Even though that's right. a common beer description, I wouldn't describe Affligam as citrusy. No, no, no. And I wouldn't have described the cigar as citrusy. Absolutely not. But when you put the two together, it was this kind of weird, like dark, maybe like a dark. I like like a burnt. Like a, I don't want to say rotten because it's right. not. I'm not talking about a bad flavor here. Maybe overripe. But it was like this kind yeah, exactly. of yeah. over like this weird citrus flavor. And it didn't exist in either of them before. It's before. somehow that, that pairing brought it out. Yeah. and cool. I enjoyed the flavor. Even though it wasn't a fresh citrus like I'm used to if I pick up citrus in a beer, it's a very kind of bright and fresh. Yeah. Like this, it, it was kind I mean, of an old citrus that I really dug. That's what I mean, like a darker, yeah. maybe more earthy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I too, really, I, well, I, I dug the cigar a lot. That's kind of my, uh, like in my, you know, janky humidor at home, I have a lot of Maduro with the darker wrappers. It's kind of more of a flavor I really enjoy. Okay. And uh, when I was taking some notes on the cigar, I was telling Nate, I was like, I'm going to actually describe a cigar as smoky, just like a retard. Right. But, but but I can but understand I that. But I kind of it's almost akin to a stout, where you kind it's kind of roasty, smoky almost, um, but not in the you know obviously it's on fire smoky. Right. right. So I got and kind it, of a deeper like flavor. That, like that longer that. ferment in the of the tobacco and the brighter sun and the things yeah. that Brian was Yeah, and, and in contrast to the first cigar that, that you enjoyed, the Tatuaje Habano, uh, that's an Ecuadorian wrapper, which is known for its sweetness. Mm-hmm. So now you're having a, a Connecticut broadleaf, which is known for a little bit more of the earthy, spicy stuff. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why you're picking that up. So you guys, you know, properly, your palates properly, you know, picked that up, and, and that's exactly where you get that from. Okay. Yeah, I, I had, and I actually thought it was a little mellower than the Tatuaje Red. A little bit. Oh, you did. Okay, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it was I, it was a little sweeter. I got kind of a sweetness from it, and then paired with the Affligam triple, kind of brought out uh, the fruity esters. Exactly. I think that's what Justin was picking up on too. Some yeah. of that marriage of those two flavors was due to the ester content. Yeah, in okay. the beer. I would perhaps. never. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe that beer as uh, overly fruity or having a fruity kind of you know connotation to it. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. But with that cigar, it really brought that out. And then a little bit later, I, I, it kind of brought up more of the softer malt for some reason. Yeah. 
That's, which, the which CO2 action find. of the beer that was was pretty critical had the, those, that scrubbing action. That's yeah. what on I... The palate, definitely. Scrubbing bubbles? Scrubbing uh, and, bubbles. Well, and that was a really yeah. significant thing Very. for me. And it's the same thing that we talk about when, when we were just talking to Pete about IPAs and how JP said an IPA is great when you're pairing food that's very fatty and that lays down on your palate to cut through it. Well, to me, the carbonation in the affligum, that effervescence, was great to cut through. Yeah, it was really critical for this pairing. I the think. strong flavor of the cigar, yeah. yeah it, let, it let the base malt come through, yeah. and it let the ester come through in that pear or almost too ripe of a fruit kind of way for me. It right. pretty interesting. Yeah, I got pear. Yep. I got pear out of that Which I sure. wasn't getting on that beer on its own, just tasting no. it before we had, had no. tried this cigar with it, which is pretty cool. So that was the most fun part to me as a beer guy, because I've had Affligam, uh, 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 I don't know, 50 times before. It's a, it's a nice beer. I enjoy it. And for the first time, I got to experience some different flavors about it because of the cigar. Mm-hmm. Another thing, now, I've mostly talked about what the beer um, added to the cigar for me and, and how it kind of enhanced those things. One thing that the cigar added to the beer was a nutty flavor for me. Oh. I also, so whereas I think the citrus came from the beer combined with the cigar, mm-hmm. I got this nutty flavor, which I know doesn't exist anywhere in the Affligam. There's no, <laughs> right. there's no nutty character yeah. to this beer. So along with that kind of odd citrus flavor that I was getting, um, if I would, if I would take a, a, if I would take a drink and then a drag of the cigar, uh, you know, I got this kind of complex nutty flavor to it. You know, it. It. I was getting um, a common theme between the two, and I, I want to pay attention to this when we try our third. Was uh, kind of a bready uh, nuttiness, almost yeastiness. Yeah. Uh, that maybe that those two um, things combined to 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 bring out. You know, that's sure. what the cigar is bringing out in the beer, uh, not just how the two flavors kind of meld, but. Um, I don't know, sometimes when I taste, one thing kind of dominates a little bit more sometimes, and then it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, and so I, I got some of that, and maybe that's uh, some of the malt in this that brings out, because I put matches malt. Uh, really what I meant was kind of bringing forward some of the more malt characteristics. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's along the same lines as that. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was some kind of techniques for, for pairing. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of teaching myself on the fly. And Brian, I don't know if you can contribute to, to techniques, but I, I, I did it kind of two different ways with, with each of the cigars. Now, with the Tatuaje Red, I actually smoked the cigar first before I ever had a sip of the beer. And that was because we just, it was more by accident, to be honest. Well, we, just, it, we were lighting yeah. them and, and just trying to get going. Sure. We, were, we were getting ready for the show. And I and I and I love the cigar just on its own. The, the like I, I said it to Pete. I'll say it again. It was a, a really just a. That's more my kind of a cigar. It was it was smooth and round and and just easy to smoke. So I re, I was really enjoying it. And I had that before I had um, the beer. So then I would take sips of the beer after I had already been puffing on the cigar, and, and I got some nice uh, notes out of that that we already described. With the Jaime Garcia, I did it the opposite. I. I um, you had lit the cigar for me, Brian, mm-hmm. and then I sipped the I sipped the affligam first, and then puffed on the cigar, and I got a completely different tasting experience um, than I did the, the the first time around. And I think it's something to play with when you're doing these pairings. And I don't know if you, if if there are rules for this um, uh, of how it should be done based on the on the flavor of the beer and the flavor of the cigar. Let's make them up right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just uh, for me. Uh, 
the Afligam, I really wanted to know, I wanted to remember what the beer tasted like. And I knew uh-huh. it was an effervescent beer, and I knew that it was a golden a triple. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to taste the strong alcohol and the carbonation before I got into the beer. Yeah, I did the same thing for the same reasons. Like, I wanted to remind myself of that beer because I'd had it so many times, and then recalibrate to what the tobacco and, and the cigar was going to do for that. Yeah. Right. So when I got to the cigar, it was a it was a really nice complimentary flavor and I was actually able then to pick out what the beer had added mm-hmm. and what the cigar had added. Hmm. The first time around when I started with the cigar, I wasn't really able to pick out what what was coming from what other than the sweet malt was obviously coming from the beer. Yeah. But the other, you know, you talked about nutmeg flavors and other spice flavors. I wasn't able to decipher if it was coming from the cigar or coming from the beer when I did the when I did the cigar first, because I think that a cigar is a pretty tough thing on your palate, and maybe yeah. you can talk about that, Brian, because you even said, you know, we're having two cigars in a short period of time here. Your palate's going to get beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know cigars. Uh, first of all, you've got all a range of cigars. So we we joke that we have there's breakfast cigars, which are lighter, a smoother, a creamier cigar, very light wrapper to them. So you know, as, as a general rule of pairing, I mean, I would just say that you know you want to choose uh, a beer that would be complementary to the the type of strength or body. And, and you can read different reviews on cigars. You don't have to be an aficionado or know uh, how to do it. But, you know, the, the bottom line is you want to make sure that you can enjoy it uh, all the way through. And if you think about it, as you're smoking a cigar uh, and enjoying a cigar, you know, you're going to be socializing and maybe having some beer in between. So typically, you know, you're not going to smoke the whole cigar first and then drink the beer second or right. vice versa. So it's going to kind of be intermingled. And I think that's when you take, you know, two wonderful experiences and, and marry them together. Uh, to mention the thing you talked about, the palate. Yeah, I mean, the palate, uh, it's just that. It's going to change. It's going to have uh, residual effects from, you know, whatever you had previously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have three and four and five cigars in a day. And, wow. And, you know, if I'm you know doing any type of intelligence as far as, you know, reviewing a cigar or talking about a cigar, uh, I'm not going to do it after three, four, five cigars a day. You just can't. You know, I, th- right. I don't think it's fair to the cigar. I don't think it's fair to you. And frankly, by the end of the day, even if you're a... You know, well-versed cigar enthusiast, you're just wiped out. So, so you know, you want to keep it uh, fresh. You want to keep your palate fresh. I think for us, you know, we did a pretty good uh, test here. I think uh, while we did have a couple cigars, we had time in between. Our palates were, you know, able to freshen up a little bit, and we progressed from kind of a lighter or medium into the fuller. So, and our last cigar will be a full-body cigar as well. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're we're building from lightest to darkest, if you will. Great. Yeah. So, if you're reviewing cigars. you know, writing text for a magazine or reviewing for a competitive event or something like this, would you typically only taste maybe one or two cigars in a in a day and then rest the palate, basically? Yeah, before? I mean, I would ideally just like to have, you know, one, nothing before that cigar. Let's just put it that way. Right. Whatever I'm going to have after it, that's fine. But, you know, nothing before that cigar. I want a clean palate. I want to wash it out, you know, with some uh, club soda or mm-hmm. some seltzer water just so my palate's clean. You know, be conscious of what I ate. You know, just a while back, uh, right. how I'm going to eat it, because all of those things are going to affect your experience with a cigar. That makes sense. You know, and and uh, cigars, uh, I would imagine, just like beer. Um, you know, depending on what type of day you're having, I could smoke the same cigar in two different days, and you know, if uh, it's a bad day at work and I'm stressed, that cigar just doesn't taste the yeah. same as when I've uh, had a great day. So yeah. that's all. It's a mental effect as well. Uh, that's a good point. We should have talked about in the tasting show last week about your mental, uh, at, you know, <laughs> yeah, attitude. Uh, it's actually that. <clears throat> That matters a lot. I mean, in beer judging, a lot of that judging takes place in, in the morning, 9 right. or 10 a.m. in the morning. Right. Some beers just don't taste right to some judges at that time of day. I have a 
sure really tough time with beer on my palate at that time of day sometimes maybe i want coffee or something like that that i'm yeah. used to having at that time of day maybe not uh hefeweizen or imperial ipa or something like that but it also doesn't give you a chance to have a shitty day <laughs> right that's true, true. So, you're coming you know. into it with a fresh mental <laughs> yeah uh, at least the only thing you're pissed off about is not having coffee <laughs> right you're not getting up too off. early <laughs> yeah not about the guy who cut you off or uh, yes you know now, this is since we're talking about. So, last week's show, uh, we had Nicole Ernie on the program, and she talked to us about how to taste beer. And now, she didn't mean this directly about this program, but um, she was talking about really how to enjoy a tasting. And, and, and somehow, tobacco or, or cigarettes got brought up. And I know there's, that we've already discussed them, them not being the same. But I thought it was interesting because what she brought up was what, now, why would you ruin a good beer? With smoke, mm-hmm. why? Why are you going to do that to me? And, and she was not talking about cigars. She she was talking about cigarettes. Which, sure. And then we kind of all said, yeah, we, we even agreed. We've we've had people uh, hand a lot of times at, at at beer events. We'll we'll share the beer. I don't know if that takes place with cigars, mm-hmm. where you allow people to share the cigar. Do you guys do that? You know, not as much, only right. because you may have the sloppy Joe who's that's uh, what I think. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to share that. Yeah, and some yeah. people chew on the end. Uh, right. You know. Well, in beer, we'll, we'll, you know, at events, we'll, we'll pass it around because there's, sometimes there's just not a lot of it. And, and anyhow, yeah. you always know when the guy who just had a cigarette handed <laughs> you his beer. Yeah. And it really does ruin the beer because you, we do this, you know, we smell the beer. Yeah. We, we, we go for every bit of it. And if it smells, it ruins everything if yeah. it smells. Well, so we got to this thing and I thought, and I, and I said to her jokingly, well, you know, we're doing the smoking and, and beer show next week. And, I just wonder what you think about the idea of smoke on the palate versus us being able to taste flavors in beer. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think what, you know, my assumption is what she was probably talking about, mostly is cigarettes. The guy that's, you know, smoking that cigarette and he's got all that chemicals that uh, on the glass that you're passing around. Yeah. Right. And, you know, yeah, it's going to, you know, I, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life and I would never try it. And I've never had a cigarette, by the way, even as a smoker, that, that smelt good. No, I, I don't enjoy it. But, yeah, you know, exactly. one thing to, one thing to point out in, in, is, as far as, you know, having a cigar and why would you ruin a good beer, um, I think it's a couple things. I think you, you, if you're judging a beer or you're trying to evaluate it, whether it's, you know, on all the complexities and you're getting very technical with it, it's just like a cigar. You're very mindful of your attitude of what you ate, what's on your palate. And, and I would imagine that you may not necessarily want to taint your palate with uh, any type of cigar or tobacco or anything else for that matter. Yeah. But if it's, if it's to enhance the experience and now you're marrying two wonderful things, a microbrew or a craft beer, uh, you know, with a cigar, now you've taken two great things and mixed them together and you take an A and B and now you have C and it's just, uh, it's a whole new experience. So I don't think, you know, it necessarily ruins it. Uh, right. I think if you're trying to judge it objectively, I mean, you want to probably take out all the factors. But as far as an enjoyment and a relaxation factor, I think it would be a great marriage. You know, to ha- to have. I, I love drinking. I drink uh, just like Pete. I actually drink wine often when I'm uh, smoking cigars, which is typically you know contrary. Uh, but I also like to drink a beer. I'm not yeah. a Scotch or a bourbon or a whiskey guy, uh, as you know what's typically enjoyed with a cigar. Uh, but for me, I like to have a nice beer or a glass of wine, and 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 I'll pair them. If I'm having a a full body cigar, I want a full bodied beer or a full bodied mm-hmm. you know wine, vice versa. Well, with the cigars I've had in the past, I have not paired the beer with them. Right. So I've actually not had a good experience putting the two together. Well, you just drink them. until today. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's a difference between pairing and drinking. Yeah, you're you know absolutely I mean? right. Yeah. 
So now that we've kind of done this where we've actually focused on a pairing and, and put the two together and, and, and thought about the flavors between the two of them, I think it's a big difference. And yes. That's huge. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I think I'm going to do it more. I did see, you know, we talked about the comments of people complaining about the tobacco when we posted on Facebook and things like that about the show. There were other comments about people saying, I love to pair a good old yes. English barley wine with a cigar. Yeah. And now that I've had that the first English ale that we had with a cigar... I'm. I think it was. Um, I think it was buggy. Bug eater, yeah, that. yeah. I am all about trying to pair an old English barley wine with a good cigar. I think, I think that'd that be perfect. I think they're onto something there. And Scotch ales, I think too, is the other. I thing think that said. would. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I even almost thought that the Fiddler's Elbow might be a Scotch ale when I was putting them together. Yeah, but it, no, it's not. Any of the, I think the Shilling beers or the Scotch ales, definitely. I think it would go. I, maybe a Shilling beer, maybe with the with a mild cigar, with the breakfast cigar, as you call them. The Scotch ales, I think, could go with these more, you know, medium to full-bodied ones that we're having. Thinking about thinking about this show, I was thinking the the milder cigars would be better for like lighter beers, like uh, wit beers, maybe especially because you have kind of the fruitiness, and uh, some of those cigars can be kind of lighter in those areas. So I thought those might be might be better, you know, playing off the the peppery notes in the wit, yeah, or even just a wheat beer or something like that. And then as you go down the uh, the color line to kind of darker, full body, more robust. I think you need that backbone to keep up with the cigar. You know, and maybe it depends on what you want. What do you want to be forward? Do you want the cigar to be forward and being supported by the beer, or vice versa, or kind of uh, mishmash together? Uh, I think all that stuff is going to play in on how you pair this. Yeah. You know, because if you have a barley wine, to me that's beer forward and the cigar kind of mixing in. Um, whereas if you kind of take it down a step to maybe a Bach, um, then that might be more of a, of a balance. Yeah. I don't know. And, and let me just say this, because I'm sure your listeners are probably wondering, you know, how do I pair? I mean, how do I do it? And, and on the cigar side, I would say, you know, go into your local tobacconist, your brick-and-water tobacconist. You can buy cigars online. All you're looking at is at pictures. So unless you know what you're doing, stay off of line. Go in your local tobacconist and, and, and explain to them uh, what you're looking for. Do you like uh, stronger flavors? Do you like sweet flavors? Do you like spicy flavors? Your tobacconist will bring you into walk-in humidor and is going to show you three, mm-hmm. 400 cigars. And they're really going to steer you in the right place because what you like on your palate and, and, and may enjoy, I, I may not have any desire for and so by talking with your tobacconist, especially a certified tobacconist, yeah. uh, you know, they're really going to be able to drive you somewhere that you want. And then once you have that cigar, uh, you can look at some craft beer that, that would go nicely with that. Uh, so it's, it's important to kind of steer in that direction. Yeah. So it's, this other magazine you gave me is called The Tobacconist. This yeah. is that Scott gave me here. Yeah, that, that magazine is uh, specifically, that's more of an industry magazine that goes out to about 5,000 tobacconists across the country. Yeah, it doesn't have the hot check on the front. No, you can see the difference. Can it's I got a bunch, of, uh, <laughs> bunch, a bunch, bunch of, of Latin dudes. guys in the front, dudes, yeah. in a tobacco field. So uh, Academic magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell the difference in those. You're not keeping the sealed for a reason. No, that's that's your copy. <laughs> that's uh, the pristine limited edition. I know. I'm, I'm just ripping <laughs> yeah, it's it It's the open. last one that's available. Hand packed hand packaged by Jaime Garcia. It has it has pop out Latin dudes oh, on, the, yeah. on the cover. Yeah, I don't know if you can see wow. that again, but any magazine with pop out Latin dudes is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there a little trigger I can pull and they and they like smoke the thing like a like a your old pop out books, you know? Great. Scratch Hi. and sniff. I am smoking. 
Hola. Yeah, that, that guy oh, that's on the front. Hola. Uh, that's that's uh, Avo. Uh, Avo is uh, one of the most famous cigar guys, uh, cigar makers, master blenders in the world. He's with Davidoff. The guy in the center? Yeah, the guy in the center with the hat. He's uh, in his 80s and plays the piano phenomenally. Uh, he could be a Beethoven or Tchaikovsky or something like that. But, really? Uh, the guy just loves cigars and... Uh, when I talked to him, I said, you're getting older in your years. You know, what, what have you learned or, you know, how's your health doing with cigars? And he said, my, my doctor actually told me I have to cut down to just about four or five cigars a day. So <laughs> That's a know, good doctor. Uh, yeah. But I want to go to his 12? doctor. You know? yeah. <laughs> probably, his, probably his copay is probably in smokes. <laughs> yeah. This magazine is like a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, that's like a sleeve on the outside. There. The way they've done yeah. advertising in this thing is genius. You can't get around it. You have to look at... Lift things. Move it around. Tab A into slot B there. Wow. Good Lord. All right. It's a good magazine. It's not as good as uh, Sweetheart on the Cigar Snob. Is there, a center, is there a centerfold in this? There's actually... They feature <laughs> yeah. uh, usually two young ladies in every uh, edition. Oh. Because uh, the, one of the listeners... Centerfold. Let's see. What do they write in? Um, let's see. <laughs> Please hold up the centerfold, yeah. and, it, and it better be good. Is, so <laughs> it is yeah, really a fold-out. It's in there. It's not barely Oh, legal, it's a real fold-out? Yeah. Oh, these guys know what they're doing. When you read a magazine in your refractory period, it's a different reading experience. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, if you go to cigarsnobmagazine.com, they actually have a flippable PDF oh, that you can uh, you there can see go. this magazine and, and all the uh, editions on there. What's why happening? Didn't, why didn't you have me go here earlier? What's happening? <laughs> Uh-oh. That's what's happening. Uh, Hang on, let me hold it up to the camera so everybody can see. That's not as good, actually, as the one before. It's this one. Yeah, we don't know yet. She is on the cover. Speak into the microphone, Bevo. Jesus, how many times? Sorry. Oh, oh, it's so hot. This is the one right there. That's the one. Oh, see, she doesn't even have a top on anymore. Anymore. Oh yeah, poor girl. I need to save her with my arms. Brian pretending he doesn't notice. Got his hot, got his hot wife out there. There's a centerfold. I didn't. Oh yeah, I think there is a centerfold in that magazine. I'm holding it up to the webcam. Justin.tv/slash/brewing/network. Folks at home listening to the podcast. This is the kind of thing you miss out on unless you go buy Beer Snob. This will officially be, this might be the first broad that gets hung in the uh, BN studio, I think. I think I'm going to hang this girl up. Oh, I might need to pass it around. Hang Just on. Saying. Hang on. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really not quite done yet. <laughs> Almost there. In my pants. Yeah, check her out. All right. I didn't realize there was like a three-page spread. Yeah. They do that every month, huh? Wow. Every month they have a uh, feature smart. and a secondary. So actually, you haven't probably seen the other girl. Oh, there's a sec- so it's just like Playboy, really. Yeah, the, uh, I dig that. Oh. Bevo's real interested over there. Make sure you pass to the beef. She likes broads. She doesn't care for a for a heterosexual. She likes broads a lot. It's it surprises me sometimes how much she oh. likes chicks. See, that's a better one. Which one? That one. Nah, it's, it's no, not. Come though. on. What's wrong with you? Did you see a little more boob? You're a creepy weird dude. I am. She's like sitting on the back of a car, very conservative. Yeah, he goes, "Oh, I like that." Leaning forward. Yeah. I don't. I mean, come on, really, like Bevo? Which one do you like? There's that one with the boob, or there's that one in Ugh. the water going. Hey, she's pretending to be disgusted. Hold on a minute, I can't see. She needs her glasses. Oh, I have contacts in. Okay, next. <laughs> wow, what are those? <laughs> and then what's the third one? Oh, I don't know. That's it, or the, the cover. Uh, I didn't see the. Centerfold. Oh, the centerfold, right? Yeah, I like the one JP likes. Oh, yeah. All right. Grab that phone, B. We're going to take ourselves a break. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a little bit of a long break uh, because we're going to smoke. We're going to do that other pairing. 
Yes. So we're going to take about 10 minutes here. Podcasters at home, you won't even notice. It'll be a normal uh, four-minute break. That's a good I have a, I have a new favorite. That's a good one. Oh, that's the, great. It's the booty. Is this the secondary chick or the yeah, fr- yeah. the primary? That's the same chick. Same chick. You can pass that over here anytime, JP. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good man. I'm going to sign up for this magazine. I'm not going to read any of it. It's great. Cigarsnobmagazine.com. <laughs> what I mean the, is I'm going to get it for the articles. They have a list of uh, uh, cigar company Twitters. That's got to be better than any cool, Playboy man. I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, but not uh, Hustler. What? <laughs> but not quite as good as Hustler. All right, Brian hasn't noticed. His wife, his wife is listening in the other room. <laughs> she doesn't even speak English. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Brian, what is abroad? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, she's Dominican. She's not from uh, Sweden. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much have one accent. In this. Yeah, the problem is I picture every hot chick from Sweden, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. French Swede. Abroad is you, sweetheart. What oh. means what means cases? They do seem to like broads very much, so that's good. <laughs> Over there on El Network de Brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, quick break. That's uh, not so quick. Uh, we'll be back in about 12 minutes. We're going to go do this other cigar and beer pairing. We'll come back and wrap it up with Brian Berman from the CRA. Check it out at, uh, what's the website? It's uh, CigarRights.org. And for your listeners, if they click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and join CRA, they're going to get a free T-shirt as well. Got to type in oh. The Brewing Network. Yeah, that's right. There's a code word. It's The Brewing Network, all lowercase. Click on the microphone in the upper right at CigarRights.org. You're listening to The Brewcasters. Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. 
Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain for a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at HopTech.com anytime. HopTech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to HopTech.com. Visit HopTech today in Dublin, California and at HopTech.com. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. (laughs) I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. (laughs) (laughs) The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. All right, welcome back to the session. Uh, we're done smoking and fucking up my lungs a little more. 
I love it. It's nice, right? You're a cigar guy, JP. I was for a little bit, uh, and then uh, I kind of stopped, and uh, this is getting me back into it, man. It's getting me charged up again. It's been a long time since I've had a, a decent smoke. You like the pipe, too. Uh, yeah, the, the I, old crack pipe. I hit the I hit the pipe. A little no, bit. the real pipe, the tobacco yeah. pipe. You like that? Yeah, I, I like doing that. I kind of dropped out of that too a little bit. Uh, Brian, are you familiar with the hookah? I am, and the you know flavored uh, shisha and things like that. Yeah. What do you think about that in terms of uh, tobacco enjoyment? You know, I, I've had a hookah. You know, Raz. I think I smoked a Raz Paya. Was yeah. the name of the tobacco? It was enjoyable. Raz Paya. Uh, yeah, it was a papaya and raspberry. Yeah. Uh, that sounds real good. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, listen. I I I did that when I was younger. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I prefer a cigar now. Yeah. But uh, you know, well, you're a man now. You. Fire it up. Hook it yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'm ready to make the move to being a cigar guy yet. Well, you I, have a humidor. I do have it. Oh, in fact, I wanted to bring that in here because I wanted Brian to tell me what I have. I have some Cuban cigars in my humidor that were was, sent to, to me. They're a couple years old now. They have yeah. been in my humidor the whole time, but the temperature has fluctuated. Well, the humidity. The humidity's, the humidity's been okay. Yeah. I, I've kept an eye on that. Okay, so if you've maintained it, you know you probably have nicely aged cigars. Then, if, if the humidity's uh, been kept at about seventy percent and the temperature is about seventy degrees, and you can fluctuate maybe one two degrees either direction, one two percent either direction, uh, you probably got great cigars that are very wow. nicely aged. Then I don't. My humidity ranges between seventy five and eighty. I try to keep it up there. Um, just because when I put my the things I'm keeping it, uh, maybe we can talk about that. I think uh, we should. Jim, do me a favor because you know where to go. Otherwise, yeah. I would send uh, Scott. But yeah. uh, right by my room there, uh, on top of the German radio, is my humidor. Right. Will you grab that and bring it in the here? Whole humidor. Bring the. It's just a tiny one. Yeah, you got it. But uh, I have a shot glass of water in mm-hmm. it. So take that out first, would right. you? Because you don't want to spill that in the cedar. Right. I know that about humidors. There you go. Um, thanks, Jipper. So, one of our listeners, though, he sent us some Cuban cigars, and you know what? We just never got to them, so they've been sitting in there. But we're pretty cheap around here, so we don't ever run our air conditioning except for during the show. So, temperature has fluctuated a lot. But I've been pretty diligent about keeping it uh, between 75 and 80% humidity. I just always put this little, you know, they give you that little sponge mm-hmm. in a plastic container. Yeah. With your cheaper humidors, and sure. just to keep some humidity. So I'm not uh, confident that these cigars are still in great shape, but I would be curious to know what I have. So what I have would be on your right, um, as far as, as as what I was told were Cuban cigars. I think they're the money. Yeah, Chris you got goes. you got a yeah. This is a nice little toy box here. Um, I would say you need to get a digital hydrometer uh, to control your humidity in here. This one that's on the outside, yeah, that's not very reliable. It's no good. No. So, uh, you know, let's take a look at what you got. But uh, I see some Cohibas in here, uh, some Monte Cristos in here, which are delicious. Yeah, we got that uh, stuff while we were in Europe because you can buy, you know, Cuban yep. cigars over there. So we picked up a few of those things. Yeah, you, but you know the, it's more those bare ones that you're holding that were actually sent to me by somebody in Miami. Uh, who was a listener at the time. He owns a cigar shop, and he wanted to send us... He, I don't know anything about them, so they might not even be Cubans, but he told me, uh, hey, I'm going to send you some Cuban cigars to yeah, smoke. Yeah, you, you got a Boulevard Habano in here. This is a uh, Cuban box press, Robusto size. Uh, this, is, this, this is a Cuban cigar. It's a very nice uh, cigar. You've got some Cigalos in here, uh, looks like, uh, which is from Cohiba. Um See what else you got. And by the way, when I say I have Cuban cigars, I mean they're not really Cuban cigars. <laughs> <laughs> they're air quotes around right. this. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I see a part of Goss in here, which is a very nice cigar. It's a Lancero. Uh, That's a big ass cigar you got in your hand right there. Yeah, yeah. Hold that up to the yeah. yeah this Look is, at the uh, size of that. I could never smoke a cigar like that. Yeah, that's about what six seven inches long. Yeah. And uh, ring gauge is probably about a forty five. Uh, you know, it's long and skinny. And that's so. a Cuban. Uh, this one is yeah. This one looks like it. So have I fucked up some pretty good cigars in there? Uh, I, I will say it's a little bit dry in here. Yeah. Uh, so you 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 may be able to restore some of these. Not all of this is uh not all of this is ruined. I mean you you got they're all right, but uh they're on a little bit on the dry side. You can still save a lot of this. You I think so. I, I would. Uh, you need to get what's called fifty fifty solution. Throw away your shot glass. I had that to begin with the fifty fifty. Yep. The guy who sent me those sent me the fifty fifty. That's a great thing to use. But I ran out and I'm cheap. Yep. Get the fifty fifty. Get a digital hydrometer so you can really tell the temperature inside here. You got a small box, so it's just like a, like a jacuzzi versus a swimming pool. Swimming pool is easier to maintain. You have a large body of water. Yeah. So with this small humidor, it's a little bit difficult to maintain. The Spanish cedar actually acts as part of the humidification system. Okay. It acts as a sponge. Uh, but you got some great cigars in here. I, I, I would, you know, don't don't let these go to waste. So you think that if I did the proper humidification and maybe a little temp control over the next couple months, I could actually restore those cigars? Yeah, absolutely. You know, remember, cigars are nothing but natural leaves. So, you know, they, they have pliability to them. They're going to absorb and they're going to uh, give off uh, moisture. Uh, right now, you've given off a lot of moisture. So you may be able to restore them. Um, you may not. I think they look they look decent. So okay. you probably, probably save some of these. See, because I always wanted to have those, and I, and I mentioned it to all you guys, I got these Cuban cigars, and it just yeah. never came up after the show that we had time to do it. I hate to let them go to waste. I'll take them from you. So, I don't, I'm not trying to give them away, you shithead. I'm trying to share them with you. <laughs> yeah, these are going to be, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so I should try to restore the humidity, and you think we might actually enjoy those cigars. Yeah, I think so. Now, if they dry out, and then we sort of re-moisturize them, are there harsh flavors that come along with that, like a beer would? You're gonna get yeah. You're gonna get a flavor change. What, okay. what mostly you're gonna get is the leaves are gonna become brittle and they're gonna start crackling off. I see. So the wrapper's gonna start unwrapping, mm. and when you smoke it, it's gonna be very dry. Uh, it's gonna have a hotter burn, right? Because you have less moisture in there, so it's right. burning hotter. So that's gonna change the the flavor in the cigar. Uh, you don't want dry cigars. Okay. So uh, you know any any shape of the of the form or shape, you don't want them. So you want to put some humidity into these. All right. A digital. Digital hydrometer. Okay. 70 degrees is what you want to try and shoot for with 70% humidity. You can go a couple degrees either direction. Uh, so those of you guys who have your humidors at home, that's what you want to look for. But get a digital hydrometer. A lot of these humidors uh, have a real nice uh, analog hydrometer on the outside. It's more of a decoration. Don't rely on that. You okay. want to make sure you put a digital hydrometer. You can get one for like 20 bucks. Okay. So. Oh, well, that's nothing. I could do yeah. that. All right, now... I like how far we've come. Three years ago, I was like, $20? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is great. So I have been relying on the on the, on the humi- uh, humidor on the outside. And I like this. And, and I like the parallel, by the way. You know we use a hydrometer in brewing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we do. <laughs> Other people do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we measure uh, actually the uh, sugar, con- the sugar uh, content in solution. To, to see what the gravity of our beer is. Uh, you know what? I have to say that I have to make a confession that I tried brewing beer at home one time, and now I remember that. It was it looked like a long uh, hydrometer thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. floated up. That's, that's, that's the right. One. Yeah. I actually tried to, I was... Uh, that a boy. I was, grew, I was brewing in my, my bedroom when I lived with my parents, and I hid the thing behind my closet, you know, behind yeah. the yeah. closet. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> that's it was a awesome. disaster. No. It was a disaster. Yeah. I like how Moscow's like, really? You, you hid that behind Auntie, what's-her-name's closet? I can't... 
can't believe I can't it. Believe it. <laughs> I would have grown pot in that closet. I'm just saying. What's the deal? Uh, Brian's mom is your mom's no, sister. Brian's, Brian's dad is my mom's brother. I see. Yeah. One big happy family. Mm-hmm. Is Brian a Jew too? Uh, you know, no. Be- yeah, because by blood, uh, your mom has to be a Jew. Like you know, on a technicality, to be a real Jew. Yes, and his dad married a non-Jew. So no, Brian, despite his last name being very Jewy, he's not a Jew. But his dad's a Jew. No, no, he can. Well, I mean, by, yeah, by, blood, by blood, I guess. Yes, he's, yeah, yes. Yeah, right. But uh, but no, by he... lifestyle, uh, quite the opposite. <laughs> he, he, quite the he is a born again Christian, as it were. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes, yes. He's, as a matter of fact, he supplemented alcohol with Christ, right? Yeah, that's right. Not supplemented, but um, replaced. Replaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he started with alcohol and then he moved to Christ. That's, that's right. right. And then you did. You you mentioned that you, you you met your wife while doing mission work in uh, in on the island. That's right. It's hard yeah. to tell well out where alcohol stops and Christ begins. Really. Well, listen. <laughs> I just want to point out that uh, your your dad was having a lot more fun when it was alcohol than he was Christ. But it was probably less palatable for the rest of the family. Yeah. Listen, he's yeah he's uh, he's enjoying his life now yeah, more he's than a, ever. He's a great so. guy. He he has fun with whatever he does. Oh yeah, boy. Yeah. All right. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just no saying, no, you know. no. Listen, we're all just talking. Yeah. <laughs> the Bevo. <laughs> the Jews are not what easily I, offended. What I meant was Bevo. She's leering at me every anytime I mention <laughs> Jesus. She leers at me. She doesn't want me talking about her boy like that. You have a oh, microphone. Uh, sorry. No, that was my fault. Oh really? Yeah. Ahead, right. Go ahead. What'd you say? She doesn't. Because so, you never talk about it in a good way. I do talk. I like oh, Jesus. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He's my homeboy. Yeah, that's right. The the best uh, license plate frame I ever saw it said Jesus saves, Gretzky recovers and scores. Ah, I know that's JP not bad. will like that one. That's not bad. I like football. <laughs> While we're religious and political for a second, there was another sticker I saw the other day. Yeah. You know the uh support our troops ribbons? Yeah. They're on every vehicle in the world. Mm-hmm. There's this great one. It's the same ribbon. All the colors are the same, everything. And it just says, let's just pretend everything's fine. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Wait, wait, what color was it? It's uh, <laughs> oh. But it's perfect. Rainbow. Let's just pretend everything's fine. Let's do it. You know? Same with the support of our church. Look, I'm all about supporting the troops. But it's kind of a way are of you? saying, it's, all, it's kind of a way of saying, let's just pretend nothing's happening. No. Everything's good. It's the way I live my life. All right. After a few beers, it is all fine. That's our political moment for the for the moment. Question, Brian: Is an analog hydrometer on the inside of the humidor okay, or is digital the way to go? <laughs> you, you didn't know, even have to uh, answer before; it came through beforehand. That's right. You know, listen. Um, yeah, analog hydrometers can be reliable if they're on the inside, okay. uh, but you need to calibrate your analog hydrometer. I would say, listen, spend the twenty bucks, get a digital, and there's no guesswork. Okay. Hmm. Another question that came through, and by the way, we do the same in brewing too, where yep. we say, just get yourself a digital temp control, yeah, and then you don't have to fuck around with it. Yep. Although we all are about, we're still about uh, calibrating all of our you have to. instruments yeah, that we're measuring yeah. with, but uh, we re- we recommend digital on those things too. All right, uh, uh, Dakota Brewer says, uh, have you heard of, he's got a question specifically, so have you heard of Rocky... Patel cigars. Yeah. yeah, Rocky Patel. Matter of fact, Rocky Patel's on my board of directors. Uh, he's one of the most uh, well-known cigar guys. He spends 360 days on the road. Wow. Uh, you know, just doing autographs and signing. Uh, he's a very knowledgeable guy. He, he comes from a, a lawyer's background. He got into cigars several years ago. Uh, has an amazing factory uh, in Honduras. Okay. And uh, he's just come out with some great new stuff, some Patel Brothers in 1961. 
uh, blends that are just released, and they're phenomenal. He also has his 15th anniversary cigar uh, that he released at the uh, IPCPR International Trade Show last week. Beautiful. So um, if that person knows uh, Rocky Cigars, tell them that they would love that cigar. Well, the specific question, this person has vintage 90 and 92, 1990 and 92. Uh, I don't know if you know about those, but wants to know if you would recommend. I, I would. I actually have two boxes in my uh, humidor myself. Uh, they're box press cigars. It's a great cigar. It's a medium smoke, uh, as far um, you know, medium complexity, medium strength, and they're uh, phenomenal cigars. I prefer the 90, but the 92 is also a great, uh, great cigar. Look at this guy go, Moscow. Uh, he's um, just making everything up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my first time ever seeing a cigar. Now, when you say your humidor, what do you have? Well, is this a uh, room, a closet turned into a? It's cigar? pretty formidable. Oh, well, like, uh, because some guys yeah. have, you know, something like you and me, yeah. JP, right? Where yeah. we can just maintain. You know, you could put a bunch of cigars for us in that little box. Yeah. Other guys have a closet turned. What do you have? Uh, I've, my case holds about three thousand cigars. It's a uh, it's an entire cabinet that's, that's about eight feet tall. Yeah, and you know my philosophy is if you come over to my house, the cigars are on me. You bring the uh, the the craft beer or bottle right. of wine, and the cigars are on me. So, Looks like we're going to Brian's. You know, yeah, and you over. live uh, just off the twenty-four <laughs> at the what? Come on over. I don't I don't have a views from my balcony of the bay, but uh, right. you're we'll, welcome. We'll get you a picture of the. Bay. You're in L.A., right? I'm in L.A. Yeah. So you have views of the homeless. Yeah, that's we're, okay. We're <laughs> I got nice street views. Yeah. Right. You can see some nice graffiti. From yeah. His uh, balcony. Yeah. So this brings up another question. You know, some guys we have come through here. One of our own, Sean Paxton, who's about to do a show for us uh, starting this Thursday, the homebrewed chef. You know, he's got a beer collection that uh, it's formidable, and and he's a guy who travels around and spends a lot of money on beer. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of my question: You have your beer connoisseurs who who go out and they they really spend money to 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 keep. And have beer on hand in their cellar. Yeah. And some of these, I mean, we're talking anywhere from 500 bucks to 10 grand. Yeah. I've seen. I mean, I've seen some pretty serious sellers. So, what are we talking about when you go shopping for cigars? Are you really out there spending some cash on cigars? Yeah. You know, my personal philosophy, I could probably smoke any cigar in the industry if I made some phone calls. And uh, and I have never, to this day, asked for a complimentary cigar. Right. And, I, and, I, and I've been given a, quite a bit, you know, of course. Sure. But my personal philosophy is this is my passion. This is what I enjoy doing. That's why I work with Cigar Rights of America. And so I go to my local brick-and-mortar tobacconist. NK Cigars in Calabasas is uh, where you can find me most days of the week. And... Uh, uh, I run my tab up and I pay it off at the end of the night and I feel good about that. Yeah. And uh, I'm helping to support the industry. So, you know, I, I have cigars in my personal humidor that uh, range in value from $6 to probably 65 80 you know, up from there. Okay. Uh, you know, my thing is, is you want to age cigars and you want to keep some of your special stuff for special occasions, but I like smoking cigars. So and if you come over, let's smoke them. You and know? you're, see, now that's the thing. Same with, with, with the guy I mentioned, Sean Paxton, and these guys who keep the sellers. They're in the same boat. They they want to have a full cellar, but the idea is when when the people come over who will actually enjoy what's in the cellar, you crack it open. Yeah. I mean, beer expires. Uh, exactly. I, I imagine cigars do too, even if you are keeping them at the right temp. You or know, no? you could really keep them for years. Okay. I mean, some of the tobacco. Matter of fact, what we smoked, uh, we were going to talk about in just a little bit. I guess uh, yeah. that cigar is ten years aged. So you know, there's there's you can age tobacco, especially if you keep them at the right temperatures. Uh, they can be great. They could change their flavors over time. Uh, but you know, eventually enjoy them, get them out, you know, and pass them around to the guys and, and just uh, you know talk about them. 
Kind of like a McDonald's cheeseburger. That's right. Yeah. You can age it. You don't even need a uh, humidor. Except leave it right on the desk Except that the qualities don't change. It's, it's that, the exact same burger that you bought. Well, that's what I mean. You can, you, yeah. can, you can keep it for long periods of time. Yeah. And still experience that same great McDonald's house flavor. Right? Yeah. Take some notes on it. Yeah. Now, do you have like an air conditioning unit as well as a humidifier to keep temperature and humidity? I, I have uh, what's called a moist and easy. It's, uh, it's yeah. actually a pretty... No, 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 no. We're not talking about your wife. We're talking about the... <laughs> oh, Scott. Oh, really? He's allowed to. as his cousin. Not really? Wow. Still not, though. Wow. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, the moist and easy, you know, it's a rudimentary. It looks like someone built it in metal shop in the seventh grade. Yeah. You know, it's uh, basically... it's like it's sheet a, metal. Yeah, it's bailed out of sheet metal, and it's got a little fan on top, and you put water in it and it circulates that's my humidor and i think I doc could it. build that for us jp oh yeah, yeah I, have, I we have an old one at morbier doc could do that okay yeah and and then i keep the room you know i try and keep it about 70 degrees uh, my cigars are in my office which is on the second floor of my house so i i'm constantly battling with the heat rising and the room being hotter than downstairs yeah so i'm running my air conditioning bills just to keep my cigars or sure. <laughs> there you go uh, it's, it's tough but you know hey it's you gotta for, do what you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do so priorities all right, let's talk about this pairing we just did and then wrap it up. We've got to get to uh, some Drunk of the Week and all that important stuff at the end Great. here. Um, so tell me the cigar that we just enjoyed outside. Yeah, this is break. a brand new cigar. It's from the La Aurora factory in the Dominican Republic, uh, arguably the oldest factory in the world. They're 107 years old. Uh, Guillermo Leone, who's the current president, uh, was honored with a signature cigar that just came out. Uh, you're going to start to see it in stores. Uh, this cigar is very complex. It's a full-body cigar. Uh, but it's it's got an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Uh, it's got in the binder. It's a dual binder of Cameroon and Dominican Criojo, Criojo uh, tobacco. And then what makes it very unique is the fi- uh, the filler that's in the cigar is actually from four separate countries: Peru, Dominican Republic, Brazil, and Nicaragua. So um, it's a very complex cigar just from the construction of it, uh, let alone the properties of all the tobacco. So. <laughs> Only after you described all that to us outside smoking it could I agree with you about how complex it was. Because for an amateur cigar palate, it was actually muddy in the beginning. There was so much happening that it just, it was very bold, very intense on my palate, and um, a little stronger than I'm used to. But when you started to describe... It has a complex uh, cigar, and and describing the different tobaccos in it, and then we paired it with some beer. I could actually relate to it a lot better, yeah. and it didn't, and it stopped just kind of beating up my palate. Yeah, we talked about this as beer tasting before too, where if the brewer is the one describing the beer to us, we enjoy it a lot more. We're able to pick up the nuances of the beer, yeah. and in this sense, you helped me enjoy the cigar by describing where it came from. Yeah, it's interesting. This cigar, when Guillermo Leone was selecting this cigar, uh, he specifically chose it. Uh, he used to smoke the Cien Años cigar, and that was kind of his signature cigar, which is also from the La Roa factory. This was uh, blended specifically to his palate, and uh, he prefers a more complex cigar. He's uh, grown up in the cigar world, so you know he's. this is not a cigar I would smoke in the morning, but I would certainly enjoy this cigar uh, in the afternoon, uh, you know, maybe with a good meal. Um, and, and it's delicious, you know, and I think to, to your point, the complexities of the cigar uh, make for a very enjoyable experience, but you have to understand them. And that's why it's important. Go to your brick-and-mortar tobacconist and talk to them. Don't try and do this blind. Don't p- pretend you're an expert yeah. because you're just going to ruin your own experience. You know, Go and, and talk to your tobacconist and ask them to help select a cigar that fits your, your palate and your, and your desire. Well, for us, it's the same way. I've encouraged our listeners the same thing. To Not that they all have access to the brewers like we do, 
but they do via the show. And I've kind of said, you know, if you're listening to the guest on the show, try to find the beer because it really changes the experience of the beer. So it, it does make sense. Well, the first thing we did with this cigar was paired it with uh, uh, Meantime is the brewery. And uh, it's their London Porter that uh, uh, Scott picked up for us to pair with it. And what I'm going to like about this discussion, I think, is that JP has a different opinion and a different palate in terms of how this went. So I think this will be good. I think we should touch palettes one day. (laughs) (laughs) For me, uh, the meantime beer was not complex enough. It's a wonderful beer. Don't get me wrong. But the meantime uh, London Porter was not complex enough to pair with the cigar. So I got a a few puffs through it, and and we did the, the tasting. And it actually made the beer taste really bland. And the meantime, London Porter is not a bland beer. It's actually a really, it's a pretty complex porter. Yes. But it wasn't enough to go to go with the cigar. I, I actually really didn't enjoy the pairing. Um, so what I did was I went, I just, you know, Nate and I started to talk as we're out there about how the beer could actually be more bold, more rich, and more complex. You almost needed a more complex beer to stand up to this complex flavor from the... Yeah. Cigar. At which time JP noted, and I think he's right, mm-hmm. he said, you know what, you're just, you know, you're not a real cigar guy where you're looking for those strong tobacco and cigar flavors. And I think JP was right. You know, uh, what I was looking for is, is if a cigar starts to have rough edges on any, and, and I'm, I'm actually the same way with beer, if anything sticks out like a rough edge, it's not my favorite beer. I, I much prefer them to be melded together and rounded. And I think that's what JP was picking up on as I was trying to pair beer, is that if the cigar started to taste rough or pointy anywhere, I was looking for a beer that would... Cut it. Squash it, yeah. even. Cut it, squash mm-hmm. it, all of that. And so I went and dug up... A, um, we, I found an uh, old Rasputin 12. It was like a 12th anniversary... The barrel-aged old Rasputin. Barrel-aged yeah. old Rasputin. So a big imperial stout from North Coast that I knew would have a big chocolate flavor, mm-hmm. some oak flavor, and a high alcohol. And we, bu- we we broke that out and paired it with the cigar. And I thought it was perfect. Nate really enjoyed it, too. Had a nice, added all the chocolate complexity and to that beer. It was really nice. Yeah, the chocolate was even better in the beer. The cigar was better. It really... It kind of evened it all out for me. I agree. I enjoyed that pairing more. But I think JP's right. I think that it's because I don't enjoy the strong nuances of a cigar. Whereas a lighter pairing doesn't do it for me. I need something that complements and, 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 like he said, squashes, in some ways, the flavors of the cigar. Hmm. Well, I like the cigar. Uh, you know, especially as the more we kind of smoked it, which is kind of rare sometimes for me. Uh, I pick up a weird sulfury kind of thing sometimes halfway through the cigar. Uh, but this was great. It got better as it went along. But um, it was spicy, like peppery, spicy uh, for me. And I think drinking it with that meantime, um, it just eliminated everything from the beer except for uh, kind of a caramelized sugar which you know the the crystals coming through kind of like the the first beer the fiddler's elbow but it just took everything away from it except um those kind of almost brown sugar caramel notes 
Um, it, yeah, it really yeah. amplified that. It did. It, it really but, did. But it was weird how it hid for me everything else about that beer. Yes, because I think the cigar was so strong. The roasty or acrid or, or type of burnt type of notes you might expect from a porter. Yeah, none of it gone. It was and really I, interesting. Yeah, but I think because that cigar was so full bodied and so kind of spicy, it took over that part of the palate. Yeah, it yep. took over that. But but the 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 core of the palate, the the sweeter stuff, really came through um, a lot more. Whereas when we did it with the uh, with the uh, imperial stout the russian imperial stout yeah um that survived a lot more because it's a more robust beer and i think it's more robust than the cigar um and that squashed the cigar so it was kind of left right there was no in the middle yeah uh, for me so i liked it paired with the meantime right porter myself now see i think this is why i can dig on the english barley wine pairing that 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 bug eater was talking about because i can picture it as being strong and basementy and having a lot of those strong flavors to yeah. to really help the edginess of the cigar that I don't like, you know. But I think it's an example of both palettes that uh, makes cigar and beer pairing great. Mm-hmm. Because if you dig on the tobacco and the heat and the and the edginess, you're ready to go. And if you don't, I think you can still enjoy the cigar with the right beer. Yeah, you can yeah. find an even bigger, more complex beer. That Just go for it. Almost slightly overpower the cigar. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting that Old Rasputin had the hoppiest... Uh, IBU complexity of any of the other pairings that we had done. Right. And it was almost at that limit for me because ter- the hops would tend to clash and bring out some bitterness qualities in the cigar a little bit if you if you push it too much. But that was right about it what the upper limit I think that you would want. It had all the rest of the complexity of the beer to stand up to all these tobaccos from many different regions of the world. You could taste every every single uh, mouth of smoke that you got off of that cigar was different. Yeah. Every time it had this evolving compa- complexity which was really cool. Yeah. And that was really similar to a glass of old Rasputin is going to taste a little bit different every time. And I know? think the oily mouthfeel yep. contributes to that in, yeah, in mouth- what you and I are looking for. Definitely. It had a bigger mouthfeel yeah. and not just sweetness. The uh, The porter just seemed sweet Yeah, with paired with that cigar. It was pretty interesting that way. And even thin to me. Sweet yeah. and CO2, thin. Yeah. CO2, once again, Justin, I think was critical in that too because yeah. the old Rasputin had more CO2 whereas Got the porter it. had less. That's true. I think you're looking for that specific mouthfeel interaction with the CO2 and the and the tobacco. Yeah. Kind of like that Affligam triple right. earlier. You know, I, I chose this cigar specifically because of its complexity. It's rare. You know, m- many cigars are, you know, blended from different countries around the world. But to have four countries... That seems really rare. Know, ...represented in the filler, and then, you know, you've got another two uh, dual binders that are on there. I mean, this they, these have, they've just put a hodgepodge of stuff into this cigar. Yep. So I'm, I was interested to see, you know, how your palates and how you guys uh, experience this, because this is... Uh, I mean, this is a very complex experience, yeah. you know, just in itself for the cigar. The two beers made the wrapper taste really different, too. The first one that we tried, the porter, made the wrapper seem more sweet. And the imperial stout, it made the wrapper seem more neutral and brought out the rest of the the filler of the of the cigar a lot more, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed it a bunch. Uh, it was a good yeah. pairing. Yeah. And I think I learned a lot just about being able to do so, so... Yeah, there's a lot of times uh, out late night with brewers that I kind of shy away from the cigar, actually, thinking, nah, I don't need all that flavor right now. It's a ton of flavor. And now that I know to maybe pick out the right beer to make it palatable, I might do it a little more often. <laughs> you know? But then we notice how you even said that. Pick I, out the no, right beer right. to make it palatable. Oh, yeah. I agree with yeah. you 100%. Yeah. I think it's that just, the, the fact is I'm not a big cigar, uh, cigar it's just guy. It's interesting. That's but all, I do yeah. enjoy the, the act of smoking it and yeah. some of the flavors that come through. Yeah. So I do yeah. think you're absolutely right about 
me as a demographic. I'm uh, I'm just not a big cigar guy. And as much as I love IPAs, it made me realize how much that beer really wouldn't work yeah. well with many cigars yeah. at all. Yeah. And to never even think of really trying to it try in the yeah. future. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, or um, maybe not. I don't know. Especially with this last cigar, Possibly. spiciness. Possibly. It might it might go with like a Pliny or something like that, which does have you know some kind of not impossible, it. but it seems like a a tougher yeah tougher pairing yeah maybe like a Union Jack maybe I don't so. Know. All right, a couple questions that came through, Brian. Sure. Let's see. Do you know what a hygrometer is with a G? I think uh, they need to spell check. Well, they were asking the difference. <laughs> no, they were asking the difference between a hygrometer and a hydrometer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I do. You know, JP, what a hygrometer? I think it uh, doesn't it isn't like a I know a moisture and it don't they use it on like barometers? Isn't part of a barometer a hygrometer? Uh, I know you can buy one at Amazon. I just Google it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Instruments used for measure. Uh, oh, it still re- uh, it still measures relative humidity. So, all right, we don't know. Uh, stumped. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> stumped. If, uh, if we don't know, not a big deal. Just because I don't know what it is doesn't mean I'm lying. All right, here's a good question. We maybe should have asked Pete this too, but but maybe Home Brian back. can get in there. Um, listener assures us he's not being sarcastic. It's a serious question. Why do cigars cost so much when most of the tobaccos come from third world countries um, that you could assume are produced relatively cheaply? So he's curious about how it ends up. I, I love question. this question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've gotten this question. This is a great question. All right. Um, and, and, you know, let me answer that by saying this. First of all, uh, a cigar typically takes five years from the time that it's planted in a seed to the time that we enjoy it in, its, uh, in our hand and in our, in our, in our mouth. Uh, it takes over 200 pairs of hands. Every cigar is rolled by hand. Uh, we're talking premium cigars here. So 200 people have touched the, the seed, the process, the tobacco, the fermentation, the cultivation, everything to get that cigar to us. Uh, that's part of it. The second part of it is is the tobaccos, as far as consistently maintaining the brand, uh, you're growing a organic product that changes over time with changes over condition. If you have a rainy season, uh, the cigar industry is one of the most high-risk industries there is because if you have a rainy season uh, or a dry season or any type of other natural disaster, uh, you could lose your crop. And so uh, you have uh, tobacco limitations. That's why you have a lot of limited run stuff or smaller run stuff. Uh, as well is the box that you buy uh, that the cigars come in. Um, you're paying part of that price that you're paying for that cigar is for the box. Most of the boxes are very nice woods. They have uh, engraving or embossing or brass uh, pieces to them. Spanish cedar. These are all you know rare materials that you could get, and they're all put together. So it's definitely different than mass producing a box of uh, of cigarettes, for example, that come off of a machine in very high quantities with a plastic uh, or paper you know c- cigarette box. Okay. Uh, so all that together makes for the price of the cigar. And what about tax? I mean. Are you facing the same taxes that that cigarettes do too? So you have to tack that up. That's the second part of it. Okay. And, and taxes, for example, in California, thirty percent of the cigars taxed uh, that you pay is, is in taxes. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. We have uh, uh, places around the country that are taxed as high as seventy five percent of the cigar price. Like in New York, is in New taxes. York is real high. New York like that, is right? Uh, right now. Cigar Rights of America is heavily working in New York. Uh, the mayor there has banned flavored cigars. Uh, is one issue. Uh, they say it's marketing toward children uh, you know of course it's not but it's above and beyond that gangsters yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's what it is you know, you know above and beyond that Cherry Blunt, you know, son. 
They they have uh, banned smoking uh, throughout the city. They are taxing the cigars. They're, uh, virtually, they're trying to come up uh, and build their budget shortfall, and they're looking at tobacco as a sin tax. And yeah. So they're trying to build all that in there, and they're trying to tax it out of existence, but they're also trying to get the revenue. So um, that's a lot of the reason why the cigar is, is priced the way it is as well. Okay. So it's not the same listener, you know, asked, kind of wondered if, so it's not trying to keep cigars for the social elite. It's not trying to keep it out of the hands of, say, people like me. No, man. You know, that's one of the things I love about the cigar uh, call it industry, the cigar experience, is uh, you can sit, you could have a blue-collar worker uh, that's sitting next to a lawyer, docker, a doctor, accountant, and they can have a conversation. These two people would have never met each other, but over a nice cigar, they can really enjoy it and talk to each other. There's cigars at all price points. So, right. And an expensive cigar doesn't necessarily mean a great cigar. So okay. you can buy a, a medium-priced or low-priced uh, cigar and enjoy it, um, but no, it's not for the cigar elite. Matter of fact, with uh, many of the new brands like Tatuaje and Pete, you know these are reaching out to demographics other than these the social elite, if you will. Right. Okay. So. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our cigar and beer. Uh, we got a couple other things to do, and uh, those were our questions from the chat. But uh, you know, Brian, it was it was great to meet your wife. Uh, sorry, it was. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. <clears throat> I meant it was great to meet you. No, thanks for coming and hanging out. You were very yeah. generous with these cigars, and you really Absolutely. know what you're doing. So uh, you can go to, give us the website. Sure, it's cigarrights.org. And again, if you click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, and you type in The Brewing Network, all in lowercase, and you join CRA, uh, you're going to get a couple free cigars, but we're also going to throw in an extra T-shirt for you just to say thank you as a, as a Brewing Network listener. Beautiful. And uh, cigarrights.org, thanks so much. And it's once again, CRA is, is really just kind of working for your rights to, uh, you know... Be allowed to do what you should be allowed to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You can hurry up and give us you. all your yes. political messages I'm, in one. I'll give you two minutes. Did, did you, you play the, did you get the soapbox that I asked for? No. I don't feel right if I'm not I don't have on a soap, top of But it. I can give you, what do you want? Some sort of weird music? The, I need or like something? patriotic the music behind like me, please. Anthem would be great. I don't think yeah. I have. Pay- How about just some serious music? That's fine. Yes. Okay. All right. If you own a restaurant and you want to. That's no good. We should see. I can hum God Bless America. They derailed my train there. Let's try again. I don't think it left the station. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. All right. If you own a restaurant, you want to have a patio at your restaurant, allow cigar smokers to enjoy a nice uh, hand-rolled cigar after a porterhouse steak. The government says you can't do that. Not allowed to. No. Big uh, Big Brother's going to step in and say, impossible. It's against, uh, it's, it's not, not a basic right. No. You, uh, you don't live in America. You live in communist Germany. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, no, I would just uh, I I I never want to see the day that uh, that uh, people are told uh, what they can and cannot do with their business. And I I'm extremist. I I would like uh, if you Nate if you at your brewery wanted to post a sign out front that said no n words and no kikes. I'm okay with that. I would hope that the citizenry wouldn't support your brewery and you'd have to close your doors. But what I don't want is the government telling you you can't post a sign in the first place. So, Cigar, cigar Rights uh, is uh, it's, it's really just sort of a specific uh, entity of a general philosophy, which, should, which is what the founding fathers of this country wanted in the first place. Free enterprise, baby. You do what you want. You let the market decide what is and is not right. Thank you. Yes. Shove it up your ass. It's like Scott the Angry Jew now. I can't stand it. I don't. Scott, what's going on with the? Get away from me, psycho bitch. Get away from me, psycho. 
I would have liked to have done this before. Um, you know, seven or eight uh, beers. <laughs> so I could have been more concise <laughs> no, with my argument. Better. But I just, I really don't like the part where uh, we're told what we can and cannot do. Let the market dictate and the government stay out of people's business. Please. There's that passion after yeah. seven and eight. Yeah. Years. You know what's Come great on. is there's a Scott whole the section of the dial on the radio that you can listen to all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird that and the it's Jew in the room is a Republican. Do yeah. I have to be addicted to opiates to have these opinions? Or I think that so. Work? I don't know. Yeah. Addicted to money, which you are. <laughs> Jeff. What? He's such a racialist. Me? <laughs> a racialist. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm not even a cigar smoker necessarily. I enjoy them, and I'm learning about them, but I, I'm just really on board with the uh, the whole philosophy of, like I said, if you're a business owner, do what the fuck you want. And let the market decide. Let the consumers decide what is and is not okay. Yeah. Damn it. But it works like that with home brewing too, right? Like that poor guy in Alabama yeah. the forum was all a buzz about that was busted. I mean, I. Yeah, but really the South shouldn't be allowed to do much because they're not very smart at it. No, you know what I mean? So that's, that part I agree with. This is the serious part of the show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah got to get that in. This is where we get serious. All right, uh, Brian, thanks again. I do appreciate you coming in, and it's a good time. Thanks for sharing your cigars with us, too. Sure, anytime. Come back anytime, and uh, and, and your friend Pete as well. He was a good guy, so. Awesome. Thanks we for having us. Him. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Drunk of the Week, and um, that might be it. I got some Belgian candy sugar yep. to give away. Sure do. And uh, stuff like that. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll okay. be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This month, More Beer wants you to meet Darren Schleth. I've been with More Beer for 15 years. More Beer partner and manager of the manufacturing shop. I've been home brewing for 15 years. I've been all grain brewing for one year. I took home one of the flat 10-gallon systems to do some more of the testing with what we do at the shop. Darren heads R&D for all of More Beer's great innovations. My favorite part about working at More Beer is designing and coming up with new products, like our redesigned conicals with the pressurizable lid. Pretty excited about the way it turned out. So what five things are you going to put on sale for us this month, Darren? The five favorite things I like to brew with is uh, the Ultimate Conical. It has a little more cooling power. Beer Kit 2. Olin and I started with it. I like the fact that it has a carboy so you can see the ferment. The yeast harvester so you can collect your yeast for the next batch. Keg pressure engage to transfer beer keg to keg. Then the glass scrubber to clean glasses a little bit easier. Get to know Darren this month at morebeer.com. What's up, dude? Why the long face? Valentine's Day was awful. The World of Warcraft subscription was a strikeout. Ooh, yeah, I hear ya. A couple of years ago, the new Hoover I got my wife was a bomb, too. But last year, I found PlayfulEvenings.com. What? What's that? You know, Mrs. Badrock's store. It's awesome. Totally tasteful passion toys. Are you serious? Yeah. What's a passion toy? You know, it's, um... Central aid in the bedroom. Ooh. All kinds of stuff. Massage oils, couples games, lingerie, and books. Books? Yeah. Where do you think Ticklist Pickle came from? Yeah, boy. Seriously. Fun stuff, and Mrs. Badrock takes care of the BN Army with 10% off. Go to PlayfulEvenings.com and click on Shop Online now. Put BN Army in the coupon code. PlayfulEvenings.com. Thanks, Mrs. Badrock. You're a lifesaver. BN Army. It's Valentine's Day all year long at PlayfulEvenings.com. 
Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, Trish, you're on the air. What's happening? You there, Trish? Trish, I'm here. What's happening? Hi, Trish. How are you? How are you? I'm doing all right. Trish from Danville. Danville, California? Well, uh, not Danville, Kentucky or whatever that is. I don't know. (laughs) Trish, if if it's Danville. Okay, well, I I think this time I might be drunk of the week. Yeah. Only because, only because I, um, because David's birthday. Who the fuck is David? And yeah, do we don't know who David is. Shout out for Dave! Yay! But <laughs> honestly, what's up, Dave? I think she's helmet wearer over the week. Seriously. <laughs> So, I just want to point out to listeners across the country: being from Danville, Trish is either a milf. <laughs> or, um, or, or just, or, uh, just didn't have an or prepared. Just some, <laughs> think she's a milf. Just a milf. Rich broad. Yeah. Danville is, yeah, a, it's a limited demographic. Milf. Okay. All right. Well, Auburn is just going to tell you what I drank. This is my resume. Can I give you my resume? Oh, so it's a drunk of the week call. Got it. Yes. Okay. Get it. Re- resume. Okay. Um, well, okay. Uh, wake up. <laughs> have some of David's. What beer is gay. that? Ha- had some then, of his gay. David's gay. Wait, you, oh, David's gay. That's you, what I mean. You woke oh, up and you had some of his what? His IPA. <laughs> oh, IPA. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Got it. I'd be right. IPA. No. <laughs> no. 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 Carry on. What else? <laughs> okay. And then there's this West Coast. Then I went. Then I went. I went to uh, a pizza parlor, and then I had West Coast IPA. Just <laughs> David give him the beer. Seriously, Trish is. I, I feel really bad for David, whoever the fuck David is, <laughs> because Trish is one of these broads who's like, you know, she's she's telling a simple story, 
but every every detail is part of it, yeah. right? Like, how was your day? Well, first I went out to the car and I pushed the unlock button, but it wasn't working. And then I, I accidentally pushed the panic button. And then I stubbed then, my toe when but I then walked I, away. But then I stopped the panic and I held my toe and I got in the car and then I went. And really, we just want to know what the fuck happened with the beer. We don't even want to know that. We want to know fine. Right. That's a weird. How was your day? Fine. Fine. Right. Carry on with the resume, Trish. Let me talk, and I will tell you uh, uh, exactly what I drank. Okay, I'll be really quick. West Coast IPA, I had one. Yeah. And then I had a Lagunitas IPA, and then I had two Stone IPAs, and then I had David's, uh. two of David's IPAs, and I don't even know what percentage of those. But I think I am the drunk of the week, because... Did you have anything but an IPA? Because, yeah, yeah because I'm, <laughs> I'm way over the, like, a... <laughs> Turn Nate's mic on. She does sound. I, I am gonna now. As much as I'm making fun of poor Trish here, I do think she does sound qualified for drunk of the week. She is hammered. Yeah. She's there had a no lot. Of, she's had a lot of IPA today, yeah. and um, she's probably a nice lady. I don't know. She just uh, you know giving me every every but, but detail. You know what? Somebody else is gonna call in and be better. I sure. Well, at, can you get me to like look at me a little bit better on the on the computer so I can see his non. Non, uh, uh, non-hair. JP, would you please look into the camera for better. Trish a I'll little bit? I'll look let into me move, it better. Let me move aside. Look into the camera over. No, don't. No, I'm right here. No, come on, come you over can't... here and look into the camera That's for Trish. JP, look at you. Look at how he's so oh hot. Hey. I think she likes you. Look how handsome you are. Hey. <laughs> you're so handsome. All right, <laughs> we're done. We're done oh, with this. I love now, Trish, you could guarantee your spot uh, for Drunk of the Week by either throwing up or blowing David <laughs> on, the, on the air. Either one would, would get you it's, right in there. It is his, while it is his birthday. Either one would get <laughs> you guarantee at the top of the Drunk of the, the, month, of the yeah. week, list, week list. What do you think? This. I wore, I wore a heart. I had a heart on all day. Whoa. Wow. Um, <laughs> Is this Trish or Travis? Trish had a hard on all day. <laughs> all right. I have worn. I have had a hard on all day, and for David. You're not making this any better for me. <laughs> David. Put David on yeah. the phone. Give me David. It's his birthday. He should yeah. be more drunk. I'm surprised David could talk with two barrels in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me David. Oh. <laughs> what? Let me talk to David. Oh, he's here. Yeah, I'm right here. Let me, David, pick up the phone. <laughs> he sounds either really drunk or yeah. just really fed up. Really yeah. annoyed. Yeah. Annoyed and drunk. Good combo. Trish isn't giving up that phone. Come on, give, put David on the phone. I'm right here. <laughs> I think they're on speaker phone. Nah. Yeah, you want me to take it off speaker? <laughs> well, I just want to know if you're going to get any action out of this mess tonight. <laughs> Oh, then I won't be able to hear anything. <laughs> well, no, that's Wait, you're yeah, going to okay. hear anything? It's going to ear-fuck you? <laughs> oh, oh, this is like a reality show. All right. You're in the running, Trish. Thank you for the call. 888-401-BEER. <laughs> that's the number. I do appreciate the phone call. And by the way, you're at, you've got a good list, a good resume there. That was an IPA yeah. in the morning when she woke up or something. Wake up. And then, <laughs> and then David's gay. And, and then, it was a, then yeah. it was a Lagunitas IPA. Then it was two Stone IPAs. Then it was two more of, uh, two more homebrew of David's homebrew IPA. Yeah. So well, she's, she's doing well. And I'm sort of drunk, too, so you guys know. So Scott might hammered. be in the running. Yeah. 
Don't you have a hockey game today? No, I, I, uh, I, I, they, I got a fill-in goalie because I knew you know Brian's here, and I knew I was going to be you know drinking, right. smoking. So, is this Scott the new producer's first buzz in the show? <sighs> yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally all business, but now I got a buzz going. You know what happens? Your first buzz, we all rape you. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens? So all that yeah. other stuff was consensual. Is that yeah. what you're oh, telling yeah. me? Oh yeah, that was just you being a sucker. Uh, one listener, uh, Crotchrod, is telling me that she was drunk of the week just for thinking of JP. Because <laughs> she was thinking of you all day, she said. Oh, yeah, she was. Man. So. Great. She was real curious about your new shaven face. Yeah, I know. I shaved. Why well, did you do that anyway? You um, shaved like 80%, though. 80% is good. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I just it's kind of, uh, I don't know, got itchy one day, and I was like, you know what? I've had it for several months. I'm, I'll shave it and right. hang out for a little bit, and I'll go back. How's that working for you? It's all right. A lot of people don't believe you have a girlfriend now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Trust me, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, I I pinch myself every day. Yeah. Uh. All right. All right. Kyle, is that what we got? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle from Idaho. Oh God. Idaho. I don't. Yeah. Know. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, buddy. Yep. I have a feeling Ky- the name Kyle in Idaho is, <laughs> is like a really creative name. Yeah. It's either like a Matt or like a John. <laughs> you know, when the Kyle, like, Kyle. Kyle. You're like, oh my God, it's so cute. Your name yeah. is Kyle. Your parents must have been hippies. <laughs> Eat corn. Potato. My, my name is Kyle DeHoe. You know, when the Kyle. Right. What's up, Kyle DeHoe? I get it. <laughs> Why are you playing crickets? I thought it was really funny and clever. <laughs> I'm going to write it down. <laughs> Drunk of the week or what? Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, what's the resume like? The resume got uh, started out with the Russian River's Damnation. Yeah, yeah. Had some collateral collaboration, not litigation. The resume? Hey, turn, right. turn your radio down. Turn the radio hey, Kyle, down in the background. Kyle, do me a favor. Turn, turn your radio up as loud as it will go. <laughs> Just turn and then and then get put your, get really really close to it. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't hear you. Okay, I'll get as close as I possibly can. <laughs> turn it up real loud because we can't hear you very well. Fuck. Okay, sounds great. All right, Russian River Damnation. Uh, what was after that? Collaboration, uh, not litigation. Collaboration, not litigation. Yeah. Sixty minute IPA by Dogs for Shed. Uh, Jasmine IPA by Elysian. Pussy. Some older ass Putin. Uh, Cascadian Dark Ale that I homebrewed. Hmm. Um, a black IPA? <laughs> a black yeah, guy. whatever you guys yeah. want to call it. Whatever. Yeah. BHP? Yeah. I'm from the Northwest. Oh, Cascadian or bust. Idaho. Buster. Idaho, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Um, and then a. a the dead guy in the whiskey barrel, the John John. That's good beer. It's a lot of beer too. Yeah. What, what time did you start? Good stuff. Uh, when the show started at five. Mm-hmm. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Damn. See, and you notice the difference between how Trish started out her resume and how Kyle did. Trish, give me your resume. Well, I woke up. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, he started like a dude. Right. Yeah. He just gave us a beer yeah. name. Men and women be different. Why they be different? <laughs> women like chopping. Women be shopping. Women be chopping. What's this bottle right here, Nate? Is that yours? Yeah, Belgian single. boy. Yeah, have some. You're, You're hogging it. it. Yeah, You're hogging it. You know what I like about Nate being a, a new guest host? No, nothing, right? He, uh, he isn't over bringing beer yet. 
You know, the other guy's been around here for four years. Tasty and all those guys are still coming home from a beer festival. I think they're probably stoned in a ditch somewhere. I saw the Chabot. Oh, hey, I went to a beer festival yesterday and got so drunk. That I fell asleep oh, at like shit. six in the evening. Yeah. Woke up four hours later and thought it was the next morning and got all confused and told my <laughs> wife. I tried to figure out what she was doing and then she had to explain to me that it was still the same night and that <laughs> and that he was just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as it turned out, it was my guy friend, not my wife. <laughs> all right, I'm not even married. All right, Kyle, you're that's a good the, story, yeah. Kyle. <laughs> you're in there. Like, ah, ah. You're in the running. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, brother. All right. Kyle from Idaho. That's a real good story. <laughs> and I, she had to explain to me that it was still this. Can you imagine how that I conversation I woke up went? and she had to explain why she was blowing my brother. <laughs> it's okay. It's a parallel reality. <laughs> I think that would fry little Kyle's mom, Idaho mom. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's a good fucking answer, though. <laughs> This isn't. This is not the real reality. This is a parallel reality. Remember that last season of Lost? Yeah, nobody should. I tell you what. If I'm married and my old lady tells me that when I wake up drunk, I'm fucking buying it it's, because it's easier than the pain of waking up to For her sure, blowing yeah. some dude. And also, if you're that creative, you fucking earn oh, one. Yeah. It's yeah. a parallel pass. reality. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Great. I'm gonna go back to yeah. bed then. I'm gonna light your car on fire. <laughs> when you no, wake, I'll probably pay for it. When you I wake am, up, this will all be gone. Oh, exactly. Alright. Was Scott talking again? I couldn't tell. So we have uh, oh, Trish and Kyle in the running for Drunk of the Week so far. Um, I need to give away some Belgian candy sugar to whoever our Drunk of the Week is. That's a good beer, Nate. Uh, or to Scott. Three. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I measure up to either of those two. Although yeah, I do, I, I have a good buzz do. going, I'm telling you. Yeah, but that's not quite the same. It's either. not. All right, who's on the line now, Beavis? I just sent it to you, but it's Steve from Pennsylvania. Hi, Steve. Yo. What's up, Steve? What's happening, brother? Yo. Uh, I don't know. I've had a couple beers. Pennsylvania, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shitty state. Is it? <laughs> I yeah, liked I Pensa- was born there. I went through. Pe- well, yeah. listen, that's not evidence of it being a good state, Steve. But uh, hey, I've, I've I through. I liked it. Yeah, keep hey, talking. Hey, hey, we're working on trying to get good beer. You got that Pennsylvania Beer Week everyone talks about. That's pretty good. That's Philadelphia. Oh, hey, no, Philly, right. Philly Beer Week is awesome. Oh, never mind. You know, I think you're awesome. What's your resume looking like, man? Uh. I don't know. I started on dogfish head, uh, in, uh, sorry, sorry, chocolate vodka. Dogfish head chocolate vodka. Yeah, I started on, uh, something out of the distillery. All I right. drank a bunch of that. Um, then I went to homebrew. I I lost count after eight bottles. All right. I'm still, I'm still bottling. Awesome. But, uh, uh, bottle of ESB, uh, eight bottles of ESB. And then uh, I, figured I, I figured I'd cleanse my palate, bring something in from Cali, and uh, start drinking Torpedo. Torpedo, mm-hmm. good beer. Mm. Did he say eight bottles? Yeah. That's eight a lot. Eight bottles of homebrew. Eight bottles of homebrew. It's it's fair amount of bo- Yeah, fair amount. Now, this is over the course of my lifetime. Is that what you're talking about, right? My yeah. resume. Drunk of the life. Have you uh, have you stuck your wiener anywhere it doesn't belong tonight? 
Um, no, no, my wife actually went to help her mom move while yeah. I stayed home and drank. But that's where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, where it does that? belong. Nice. <laughs> so while she's gone... Wait so, a second. You gotta pick up on this for a second. Help her move. So, Pennsylvania aren't that his quick. mother-in-law is moving, and he doesn't even go help. His wife goes and helps <laughs> yeah. while he stays home Gets drinking. Drunk. I'll tell you what, I give the man points for this. Me too. Oh, yeah. That's balls. That's balls. That is balls. How did you get out oh, and not balls. happen to go help move the mother-in-law? Hey, no, I'm, I'm staying at home drinking. I'm going to listen to this radio show and drink eight bottles of ESB. You guys have fun. Explain <laughs> to me how that conversation went with your old lady before she left tonight. Um, she said, I'm going to help my mom move. I said, okay. <laughs> See ya. Call me when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. The balls of the week. No, no protest or anything? <laughs> so she knows oh, no, you're... no, no, So she knows you're a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I texted her and called her. I said, um... Or I texted her and said, I'm probably calling in for the OTW, uh... Listening to Jimmy Hill tonight. Or listening to Justin tonight. I see. So, in other words, you warned her about when right. she came home, the state you're going to be in. Oh, no, no. The state, when she comes in, the state I'll be in, I'll be fine because I'm going to work. Yeah, I see. All right, Steve, you're in the running, man. Thanks. I fucking dropped you. Hey. Uh, um, what? What? I think, just, I think he, he has dropped ter- the phone. I, oh, I thought Steve has Tourette's. <laughs> I, I, dropped, I dropped the call in the other way. Yeah. As then I dropped my phone. I see. All right, Steve, you're, you're in the running. Thanks. Yeah. All right, 888-401-BEER. <laughs> Steve from Pennsylvania is now in the running. We have three good, uh, this is a good Drunk That's of the Week good one, right? competition this yeah. week. So, when should we cut it off here? Like a holiday tomorrow soon. somewhere? How about we what? cut it off right now? It's 9 o'clock. Thank so, you. So uh, we're going to cut it off right now. All right, uh, Brian, you get to vote on this. It's all by hand, and uh, you just raise you know your hand. I mean? We have three contestants, and, uh, of course, uh, everybody else in the studio is in on this. Uh, winner is going to win some uh, Belgian candy sugar for your brewing, courtesy of Dark Candy Inc. You can go to darkcandyinc.com and check it out. They'll make yourself a, make yourself a great Belgian beer. Like, like Nate's here. Yeah. Like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. 3% alcohol. It's nice. Really? What? Yeah, nice refreshing summer beverage. Wow. Yeah, very banana-y. It is nice. WLP 500 and Pilsner Malt. That's it. Dig it. A little bit of hops. 3%? Is there any yeah. commercial beer that's 3%? They don't yeah, go that low. Yeah, do they don't go that low, no. really, no. A, yeah. That's kind of why I like to make it, just for fun. Just, like, sit at home and drink liters of Can, yeah. Do you make any like negative alcohol beers that make you more sober <laughs> as you drink it? <laughs> Maybe you have to do that one. It's a good idea. You know, you get two weeks off after this, this is pretty show, close, Nate. Yes, perfect. Uh, yeah. I like how this is Nate's second show in some, a row. I'll have to do some brewing for, uh, <laughs> and he's already getting time off. He gets two weeks off after this. I'll do some brewing for Can You Brew It? Then, in the meantime, we'll, we'll still be working for the BN. That's how it goes. Still slaving. That's right. Y'all get two weeks off after this. Yeah, we have no show. Well, you know, you're, you're going to be at Journey. the Eat Real Festival next Sunday for us. Yeah, I'm going to be working this whole week. There will be no Sunday show now for, now for two weeks though. But maybe a mixtape show. Maybe a mixtape show. Mm-hmm. Oh, week. yeah. I'll be hanging out in the desert somewhere with my wiener out. Good. Well, no one nice. will see. All right. Do you shave your pubes for that so the dust doesn't get stuck in it? I don't actually get naked at Burning Man. Really? No. I don't blame you. I'm not much of a naked guy. I'm pretty ugly naked. Mm. It, imagine me with clothes on. You're looking at me now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, naked, it's not very good. We no. don't, you don't have to have that disgusted look on your face. <laughs> 
I mean, you could agree with me in a polite way, but to to leer at me in a in a I'm just I just threw up in my mouth kind of way is not really polite. I'm sorry. Or conducive she to your would, employment. She have no idea how big your balls or are. Volunteerism, really? <laughs> she has. She has a, a very good idea how big my balls I've are. I've seen his balls. Mm. You know who does shave his privates? Who? Brian. Entirely? Yes. Totally bald, Brian. He's, he's, he's not going to shake in his head. I'm, I'm drunk and it's a radio show. And and it's, it's good radio. You might not like it and CRA might not like it, but he created a uh, an organization called Shave Nation. Is that right? To which I still have a card. He created cards. And literally, uh, it's a it's like a, the, the logo is like a stick figure guy walking uh, a lawnmower. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we both have that tattoo. Is the wiener yeah, so That's what, the, yeah, yeah, your, your you woman's tattoo? tattoo. Yeah, we both do. Let yeah. me see the tattoo. We have to be the only two people on the planet that have this tattoo. It's it's the only two guys, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. For it's sure. a real tattoo? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, Where yeah. is it on your body? Crotch. Don't want to see it. I think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. You yeah. have tattoos of stick Poor figures. Brian. He didn't sign up for this. But yeah, it's uh, he's been to the shaving. <laughs> this is his lifestyle. The cigars and shaving. Brian, what's your, what's your wife's name again? <laughs> Porky doesn't Brian want. left. <laughs> Brian left. There is no Brian. This is all fictitious. They're watching on the webcam. They know you didn't leave. Give her this microphone right here. Yeah. No, Carolina, not into it. Carolina wants to. I don't it. think you'll have no. nothing to do I with just this. Wanna, I just want you to confirm or deny yes. if this tattoo exists. Thumbs up. Just give us the... She She's pissed. <laughs> That's your confirmation right there. Yeah, it's true. She's disgusted by the tattoo. It probably. Use the microphone. I at least want to hear it. Yeah, what? No, she didn't want to do it. She, she's embarrassed of her English. Yeah. I don't, know, just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Best answer ever. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Yeah. This is all true, though. I'm, I'm not kidding. Not if, a my, word. if my husband had a retarded tattoo on his crotch, I would say I don't speak English also. <laughs> it's not even a bad thing. No, it's good. It's a is lifestyle. It? Is yes. it? I love that you just said your husband. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, hey, it's legal. Shave nations. Right. It's California. All right. I took one more call, just to so just we can continue the pain. So it's Robert read. from I forgot. I want to get out of uh, here. Idaho, Idaho. Robert, what's happening? Ohio, what's up? What's happening, oh, man? How's it going? Drunk of the week or what? Uh, yes. Resume. <laughs> I have. I started out with the uh, twenty. Or God damn it, the uh, Sierra Nevada. 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the box. And, uh, then I started in with the, or then I went into this hemp hop rye. I don't even want to know what's in it. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then I went to, uh, it's got that had, heavy breathing uh, thing that you get when you're real drunk, you know? He's like, <laughs> and then I just, I just ran from my couch to the refrigerator. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thought real hard about the next beer. What else you got, Robert? <laughs> then I uh, I had three of the dogfish head ninety minutes. All right. And now I'm on uh, a watermelon wheat, which I didn't like before I was drunk. <laughs> but now you love it. <laughs> but now you're digging it. Oh, Sully's calling in next. It is tasty right now. Yeah. All right. That's a good <laughs> resume. We got a lot of good uh, contestants tonight. Yeah. yeah. All right, and have you, uh, you know, done anything strange this evening? Uh, not yet. Okay. I'm working on living it. in Ohio. <laughs> right. Yes, living in Ohio, that's one of the weird things. All right. 
Robert, do you have anything to say to Brian's non-English speaking <laughs> wife? I don't smoke. I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't smoke. Okay. Thank you, Robert. You're in the running. All right. Not a bad call. I, I, this is this one's tough. It yeah. is real tough. But I'll tell you what. It's not only resume, but it's actions, right? Yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, yeah. I thought we were, is this philosophy Lay down the now? Rules. Maybe. Uh, what actions did we have? Well, uh, there was um, the thir- who was the third guy? Uh, Steve, Steve from PA. From PA. The second guy, Kyle. Kyle. He was pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Because he acted messed up. Oh, you know what I mean? I see. Trish acted real messed up. Kyle acted real messed up. The other two guys were pretty, still pretty sober. They had good resumes. Right. But they weren't drunk. I think Robert was pretty drunk. The you guy think we so? just had? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I cut him short, but he was pretty hammered. But I see yeah, your point. No, you're right. I yeah, see your point. Yeah. But Robert was, you know. Like, for example, when you're hammered, JP, we don't get much out of you either. Yeah. We just know you're hammered. But yeah. it's not as if you're urinating on, you know, someone's fence. That's why I don't really get drunk anymore. Because <laughs> that happens. Yeah. All right. So we're going to put it to a vote. You have four contestants. Keep them in mind. I will uh, give you your four contestants right now so you can think them over, and then you will vote afterward. First, we had Trish from Danville. Uh, who uh, had a bunch of IPA uh, from three different breweries. And uh, maybe some Dave Seaman later. We'll and then some, some some of her own husband's <laughs> IPA, and then maybe some Dave Seaman. Then we had Kyle from... Uh, what the fuck was Kyle? Idaho. From? Thank you. Fucking Utah, whatever. doesn't matter. He actually has the longest list in front of me. And it's the best. Was he the guy with the eight homebrews? No, yeah, that, that was, was Steve, third, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was Steve. Steve. He had like the dead guy and the sixty minutes and the mm. damnation, the collaboration, yeah. old yeah. Rasputin, Jasmine IPA, which J- JP really liked that one. Yeah, and he and he started it all at five when the show started. Then we had Steve from Pennsylvania who had the dogfish head, something or other, eight homebrews and a torpedo. And then we just had Robert, who had the Sierra 30th and some other IPA and a Dogfish 90. And then, of course, the watermelon wheat, which he was enjoying thoroughly. But only after he had already been completely shit-faced. Right. Don't bother answering that phone call, Bebo. So, those are your contestants. (laughs) Uh, Feel free to raise your hand for who you vote for. We will start with... Raise your hand if Trish is the drunk of the week. Really? Wow, it's unanimous other than me. All right. Then it's not unanimous. Let me, let me write that down. Uh, raise your hand if it's Kyle from uh, Idaho. Idaho? Idaho. Yeah. Bevo exercises her second vote. <laughs> Cascadian okay. Dark Kyle. Raise your hand hope. if it's Steve from Pennsylvania. Oh, totally. Can your nipples still vote like last week, Bevo? Okay. God damn it. <laughs> and then raise your hand if it's Robert. All right. Trish from oh, Danville gosh. is our... Uh, Drunk of the week today. I voted for Steve because eight homebrews. That's it's impressive. Scott People... really just outed his cousin about a crotch tattoo. Oh though. please, he's proud of it. That's true. <laughs> I should have put Scott in that list, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. People in Danville are if pretty I wealthy. Put, uh, Brian, if I put Scott in that list, would you have voted for Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he, then he changes ah, his vote. See. Changes yeah. my vote too. Another week, I'll I'll get my medal. I'm sure there's there's plenty of time for Brian to get his medal. All right. Thanks, everybody. Brian, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, go check out... Uh, give Cigar me the website. Rights. Yeah, Cigar Rights of America. Uh, CigarRights.org. It's the CRA and uh, helping you not get shut down by the man. Yes. All the time. 
thank you to Pete Johnson of Tatuaje Cigars. And he was a cool guy, fun to have on the show. And his cigar was, was amazing. So look for Tatuaje Cigars. And, um, yeah, check them out. Smoke them. Live life. Love it. Whatever. Whatever you're into, man. Hey. Shove them up your ass. Whatever, Whatever you want to do. Shove it up. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Bevo, great job over there tonight. Eh, uh, you know, iffy. giving us all dirty looks and uh, doing it's just your the way my face looks. Doing your thing. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, next week, there is no show. The week after that, there is no show. Woo! Two weeks off. That's right. Yes. There's a Paxson show on Thursday, though. There is the Sean Paxson, the home-brewed chef on Thursday at 6 p.m., and then, of course, we'll be at the Eat Real Festival this weekend. You can come join us there and check it all out. Yep. Nate, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Cheers, everybody. And See you later. And a quick happy birthday to Grodd. Oh, happy birthday, Grodd. Yeah, suck it. suck it. <laughs> later. Love of that home brew can't get enough of it. Home brew blows my mind.